fine. I'll tell you what I'm doing this weekend. I'm getting laid. 1990s and nobody's getting laid. I'm the only man in America who was getting laid this weekend and I haven't been laid that much. Six girls in college, maybe seven. How long have you been standing there? Forever. What did you hear me just say? Six girls in college, maybe seven. Seven. Eight! Mary Kelly. This is the one I like. Jonah, the fact is, you're not going to like any woman because it isn't your mother. How do you know? What's wrong with Annie? Oh, Jonah, shut up! Shut up? Shut up? Mom never said shut up to me. Mom never yelled at me. The conversation is finished. Why can't we go to New York? There is no way that we are going on a plane to meet some woman who could be a crazy, sick lunatic. Didn't you see Fatal Attraction? You wouldn't let me. Well, I saw it. And it scared the shit out of me. It scared the shit out of every man in America. It's so important to make someone happy. Make just one someone happy. Make just one heart to heart you. You sing to one. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does. I think what it says in the tin. It's best film ever, my. I'm Liam. And I'm Ethan. Hey, and uh, we're here today to do episode number 178, I think it is. Wow. Sleepless in Seattle. That's good job you didn't ask me. I was thinking I was about 140 something. (laughs) I'm trying to think of something alliterative that describes this weather. Oh, man, it is hot. It's, it's, uh, hot. And before I hear any Americans, because I've been on Twitter this week and I keep seeing Americans be like, oh, that's not that hot. That, that's a number that we're so, we have a different climate. Our houses aren't built for this. That's the big one. Yeah. Our houses aren't built for this. So we don't have insulation. So as a result, there's nothing that keeps the hot air out. We, we have, we have, we have brick. Yep, and you know what brick does? That, absorb the heat that's an oven <laughs> it's, it's built to absorb what we've just described is an oven so, <laughs> that's our homes they don't have air conditioning so the best you can hope for is really you get a fan and that's just going to blow kind of warm air about yeah i did see this thing and i think i'm gonna buy one this year oh it's halfway between a fan and an air conditioner okay oh it's that you sort of put cold water into this like uh, reservoir the thing mm-hmm. has and it uses the water to help bring down the temperature of the air that it recycles oh so i'm like that i could get on board with if That's i go on amazon and see any sort of positive review for something like this where it's not just like a trap yeah then, <laughs> then i'm gonna pull the trigger because <laughs> my house gets hot and it is uh and canadians will laugh too it's only 28 degrees 28 29 which by canadians are like oh you got another eight nine degrees that you could theoretically go but again no insulation in the walls yeah it's not yeah. wood it's brick it is an oven so when liam got here i was saying my whole my whole weekend has been about heat management <laughs> don't turn the lights on Nope. Try to leave cooking dinner for as late of the day as possible. Curtains closed. Salads. Curtain. Oh yeah, all, all day long closed. Day. I only just open the door. Yeah. Because you think, oh, open the door gets to get some get some air in. No, no, because no, it, no. brings, brings it brings it brings the heat in as well. Yeah. So it, it's been really about kind of keeping it down until at least until the sun goes down. Yeah. And then trying to figure that out. So um, I yeah. Live in a three floor house, townhouse. If you're in the UK, I don't know if they have the equivalent in in the US. But it's meant yeah. for the the more stairs I go up, the warmer I get. 
It's not. It's not fun at all. Well, we had to delay. Uh, oh, for anybody interested, Georgia should be joining us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got an audition, and she's it's run long. Yes, Dwayne Smith, that's you. <laughs> yeah, Dwayne. He's, <laughs> let's, he's let's, be, let's be honest, he's already turned it off. <laughs> oh, Dwayne, <laughs> come back. <laughs> uh, but, um, oh, oh, so because because she was going to be delayed by about an hour, we went, okay, well, if we delay it 30 minutes, we can do some of the preamble, and then she could maybe get in right on the start of the film. Kind of like we, we, we did last, last week. Yeah, last week, yeah, yeah. And so I thought, since I have this half hour, I was like, all right, my grass is like ridiculously overgrown. I'm going to give it a go. Trust you to take on more. What can I, <laughs> bless you. What can I do in 30 minutes? Oh, it's, it's nice to say that. I look at my place sometimes and I'm like, oh, I get nothing done. I'm such a disaster as an adult. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I was like, I got 30 minutes. I, I can try and get the grass. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it just meant like. I wasn't working that hard. And when I was outside, because of the air, you're like, oh, it doesn't feel that bad. <laughs> yeah. And then you start moving. Yeah. And that's the great that's the great equalizer. It, it's not the heat. No. It's the humidity. It's or the in humidity. this case, it's both. Mm, we get a lot of humidity, <laughs> don't we? We do. I mean, uh, where I'm from in Canada, gets a lot of humidity as well. The, the, hum- the humidity index is pretty comparable as yeah. far as, like, the percentage of humidity. It's not like we live in Phoenix when it was a dry heat. Yeah, like, dry, yeah, yeah. dry heat, you can cope with more. Well, to a degree. I mean, when it gets yeah, to, like, 38, 39, 40, that's hot. I don't care how dry right. or not yeah, dry. Yeah, yeah. My mom used to tell me, oh, it gets cold in the desert at night. So I was like, oh, at least the nights will be refreshing. She lied. <laughs> it is still hot at night. It yeah. might be get cold in the desert in like winter time but no it's not like it's like you know 40 degrees celsius 110 uh in daytime and then goes down to like i don't know what's a cold temperature eight degrees celsius 45 degrees fahrenheit well i've been in vegas um when that was 40 degrees heat that was yeah. hot yeah you just a uh, hotel jump yeah um, and they even have these things on the street, they spit water at you. Oh, and they got with the water and spitters, the, uh, and the things. hotel lobbies are like a oh. wall of aircon oh, when you yeah, hit yeah, it. Yeah. Oh. Um, but I've also been there when it's been like 14, 15 degrees, and that was like, I felt freezing. Oh, did it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that felt, that felt weird. You should have stopped walking into the spritzer. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't think, did I? <laughs> I'm in Vegas. You gotta walk the spritzer. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, let's talk about what we did last week. If you didn't catch it, we did the Truman Show. Um, numbers are good. Well, do reflections, corrections in a minute. Uh, we also did the one with Ross's new girlfriend over on the uh, Friends of the Podcast. We released an episode of that. When it's warm out, the paper, which is so paper, well, paper thin, huh? uh, it, it, like the moisture like makes it even more flimsy. <laughs> when the ink starts to run, I'll know it's time to upgrade. Absolutely. Uh, no need to upgrade these people. They are already top level. We're talking about our friends of the podcast, our Patreon backers. Woo. I'm talking about Julene, yeah. Hermes, All right. James DeGuzman, Lena Oberholzer, Anthony and Davies. That's what I'm talking about. Chris Peterson, Ooh. Randall Silva, yeah. Dwayne Smith, Dwayne Smith, the Yeetmeister, Reverend Bruce, oh, yeah. Nate the Great, That's what I'm talking about. Andy Dixon, yeah. Holly Callum, <laughs> Come on. Cheesy, with a fish on a bike, uh, Richard, uh, the cool cat himself, Ryan Kukat. And Canadian Chris Dykstra. Oh, Ooh, Canada. Canada. <laughs> that was pretty much like every rehearsal we ever had. Where you're looking at me for where the notes <laughs> going to go next. And going, <laughs> are we good? And I'm making sure you're with me before I move on. <laughs> I didn't do too bad. Did. I did. I was all right. That's not okay. Yeah, so there we go. Have you, I don't know if it's what it is. Do you know that like there's like a 50% chance on Reverend Bruce that you'll say, hell yeah? Really? Yes, but like nobody else will you? 
I had no it idea. It just seems weird. You might get bored of the woos. Yeah, you always go, uh, <laughs> hell yeah. See, maybe I have a certain pattern with how I do things. Maybe it is, but it just seems to be Reverend Bruce's that gets the hell yeah. I'm sorry, Reverend Bruce. <laughs> I'll give um, you a woo next time. So if you want to know how you can keep the lights on, actually right now we got them off, but if you yeah. want to know, because heat management, but if you want to know how you can keep the, the, the lights on and the fans running here at the studio <laughs> of awesomeness uh, and help keep that sweet, sweet BFE content coming from the microphone to your ears two times a week please consider joining the patreon you can get in the door for as little as three pounds a month that's just over uh, under four dollars u.s and just around five dollars canadian other currencies are available you can find out all that information at patreon.com forward slash bfe we kept it simple for you what is it in yen I feel like I want to know. I don't know. I was like, I probably should have something a bit more standard to say all the time. (laughs) So I was like, I'll do this. (laughs) Now, how many euros it is? I don't know how many. uh, They don't do like marks or scudos or that's all. It's all euros now, isn't it? You know how we kroner? Don't know how many kroner it is. Kroner. You know how we have pounds, right? There's no one else have pounds, right? Not that I'm aware of. No, but dollars. Hang on. Do the Irish have pounds? Yeah, oh, no, or do the Irish, Irish use the euro? Our, Southern Ireland use euro. Northern euro. Ireland use um, sterling English. Pound, pound sterling, yeah, pound it would be the same as we do. Okay, because yeah, yeah. I didn't know because when I was a kid, I went to Ireland and they still had Irish pounds. Yeah, but yeah. that was before yeah, yeah, yeah. the euro came in as a currency. So anyway, yeah. you were saying pounds? Where dollars? Am I thinking you get Canadian dollars? Yep. You get American dollars. Yep. Australian dollars. Yep. Is there any other dollars? I imagine New Zealand any? has dollars. How am I doing on that, Ethan? He's giving me a thumbs up. He's muted, but he's eating his David, flipping ice sorry, cream. Sorry, I was finishing. Don't, I was, no, no, don't, 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 no, no, finish it, finish it. Don't do that. Oh, it just sounds gross. So the monetary value is different. In, yes, in the yeah. Dollars. So a Canadian dollar does not equal an American dollar. It's about they're both called dollars. It's the fact that they're the Canadian currency versus the American currency. Can yes. you use? You can call them rainbow coins if you wanted to. It doesn't you know, matter. Yeah, well, you know, like over here, we can use um, Scottish coins and notes and yes you know yeah. can you use canadian dollars with american dollars and you can dollars? but they don't count one for one like so so the way it works is that british the pound sterling yeah is kind of the same in northern ireland and wales and scotland yep, in yep. england we just put different like pictures for lack of a better word on it yep so if they say bank of england they'll say bank of scotland but in essence it's yep. the same thing yep it's like when you use a commemorative coin that's got someone else's face on it yep you know what i mean mm-hmm even though it's not the exact same as the one we're used to, we go. We all acknowledge this is worth the same. But you can take Canadian dollars across the border uh, and use them. Maybe some American border towns will do it, but Canadians will pretty much always accept American currency. Oh, okay. There'll usually be a sign located somewhere that says "We accept American currency at," and they'll put like some sort of a uh, exchange rate that'll accept that at. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not bad, but I think the best thing is always if you're traveling, just try and. Try and get the right currency. Try and get the right where, currency. Wherever you go. In yeah. When I went to Cuba, you had to buy Cuban currency but they have a special currency mm-hmm. that only um only works in their retail industry not retail their uh what's what i'm looking for here hospitality industry yep so it's like this fake made up currency see you can't really tipping your employees in this currency doesn't make their lives any better <laughs> because they can't spend it because yeah. it's like it's like it's like it's like you know wally world bucks you know what i mean (laughs) but they make it up and so me everything gets gets sent to me in this in this made-up currency but it has no international like nowhere outside of cuba acknowledges this thing like actually has value yeah so you know the best thing to do is like to tip um i mean if you want to bring some u.s dollars you can tip in u.s dollars 
and that'll have some value down there. But other than that, like bring like toiletries and stuff. We are, we're always told. It's weird because whenever you watch movies and TV shows, they often exchange um, American dollars. Yep. In in a lot of countries, whatever mm-hmm. they're doing, and I just thought I was. You can pretty much use U.S. dollars anywhere. That's everybody seems to be cool. With yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. It's probably the world's dominant currency. It probably yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah the greenback. So. The greenback, and they haven't changed. In my capacity. Well, in the fact that you know ours have gone from being like a linen uh, kind of. No, there's still cotton. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And ours has now. There's gone lots to... more color. I mean, those called greenback. There's a lot of color on them now. Yeah. To try and. But they, but they, where we have different colors to associate different. Currency. I mean, here it's weird. You have different sizes here. Yeah, yeah different sizes. In different Canada, colors. same size. Oh, wow. Always the same size. Oh, yeah. That's weird. That is, it is weird it? that we have different... In the UK, <laughs> we have different sizes. It's like... What, even Monopoly. People say it's Monopoly money. Even Monopoly has, like, the decency to make it all the same They're size. All the same size. It really is stupid. <laughs> a five-pound note man. compared to, like, a 20 is... Yeah. It's, it's horrific. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just dumb. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess it was just to show you how what size is is what how much it's more. I in. imagine it's a. If you're being honest, if I'm, you're blind, or I something. imagine it's supposed to be if you use some sort of vision impairment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think American Canadian dollars I know have like braille. Oh, do they? So you can yeah, there's bumps on it, so you can feel it, and it will it will distinguish what the difference is. Oh, there is some on the English ones. Is there? There's some, but it's just one more bumps. thing, one yeah, more yeah. way to help. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So color, size, and of course. Hopefully you can read the numbers. Yeah. But there's a, there's a few ways. <laughs> but in America, man, it's dangerous. Like, there's all sorts of stories of people who thought they gave someone something and it was something else. Carl, my biggest fear when I went over there was, because um, you know how we have tax incorporated into everything we, we buy? Yes. So you go to get a can of Coke. So the price in the sticker is the price you pay. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that threw in me. In Canada and the US, no, no, no. Whoa. I don't know why. That threw I really me. don't. I think it's so much simpler if the consumer, I guess it's a w- I, I don't want to be so mean-spirited, but I think it's a way of tricking the consumer into spending more money than maybe they can afford. Oh, okay. So they Probably walk away going, oh, wow, that was more than I thought. Yeah. Because, you know, you would have stopped yeah, yeah, if yeah. you'd known how much it was going to. But if you can sort of take the tax off, it feels like you're getting a better deal. Yeah, because yeah, you forgot about the tax on the back yeah. end. And the tax can be, I mean, at one point in Canada, it was 15%. Wow. Whoa. So, so I know my multiples are 15 pretty well, because for years we just got used to it, right? If it's yeah, six, yeah. it's going to be 90 cents, right? Yeah, yeah. It just is what it is. So if you think you're paying six bucks, you're really paying seven wow you know what i mean yeah. so uh yeah the, 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 that made some moves to move that down a bit but still it's just like man i'm getting hosed especially because overnight it went from eight to 15 percent. that's nuts they oh. introduced something called the gst yeah do you know what i noticed today i noticed today that um at the garage that i work fuel prices so unleaded fuel has not changed on our board for months which is unusual what do you mean the price of the fuel the price of the fuel that yeah, is yeah, unusual because yeah. it usually fluctuates it does normally and um and a lot of people going oh that's that's good that hasn't moved that's brilliant right but the diesel has come down like 12p to the equivalent yeah. of the same as unleaded in canada and the morning radio shows i'm sorry at some point we will start talking about movies yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you're sleepless just plop this preamble sleepless. on it'll help you get to sleep sleepless as hell. <laughs> so um but no, in the, in the morning radio shows will tell you like where cheap petrol is in the, in, in the region. Like so, so and so on this corner has the cheap gas today at blah blah blah. And the you're best okay. place is where, and, where, and where you are, and they'll tell you where you can. Um, they'll tell you where you can. Uh, what tomorrow's price will be? Fill up today because tomorrow we hear it's going up too, and they have insider knowledge somehow. I don't know how. Yeah, well, well, what? the neighboring town where you are, um, there's a uh, uh, one thirty eight where I work. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, we've got some sheep pet shop by us. That's like what? Yeah, I don't that's know like why. Eight pence difference. There was always a place on the way to go drive, drive down and visit, visit my sister, and it was like that's where you fill up. Yeah, they had the cheapest petrol around always by, by like a few cents. Yeah, that's and when nuts. you're filling up like 50, 60 liters, I mean that's a couple of bucks in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's my coffee. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was at a wedding, and uh, it, was a, it was an old housemate of mine who was getting married, and this girl came up to me fairly inebriated one might say <laughs> and she was like you probably don't remember me and that's always an interesting way to start a conversation it is an interesting <laughs> way. and i go i'm gonna be honest with you i don't <laughs> <laughs> because i'm also i wasn't I, I was driving so yeah. i was like i'm not touching anything so i'm kind of you watch everybody have like a really good sort of slightly drunken good time yeah and you're like it's more like you're sort of like just watching as a spectator than like really participate. It was a lovely day, but it wasn't this thing like I got to keep a distance from what's going on. Yeah. And she was like, um, I met you doing a, I was at uni, I was doing a school placement and she's friends of the best. She's the sister of the best man. Yep. And she must have stayed with us for in the house share we were doing for a week yep. while she was doing this work experience. And she joked around going. You said something about how this is very drunk. Yeah. <laughs> We're all stupid because we drive bit manuals. I said, Did I really call you stupid? That sounds a bit harsh. Yeah. And she was like, I think her I think her vocabulary is shrank with the amount of alcohol she had. <laughs> and she went, No, no, but it was something about how you can't drive a stick because that's the coffee hand. <laughs> Well, that's what you that's what you eat. That's your eating hand. I said, no, I said, that all I sounds eat like you. Coffee hand. Absolutely. That is your coffee yeah, hand. That sounds like it, you. I can't hold my coffee and, and go through the gears. That yeah. is not possible. So absolutely. But I said, what a weird thing to hang on to. And yeah. I've changed visually considerably. But to be able to notice me and go, he said something about driving. And that's the memory. <laughs> that's the I, coffee That's guy. the memory. Do you know the funny thing, though, right? You just said that she asked you whether, do you remember me? Yep. And you went, nope. Yep. I don't. Is that majority of the time you do that? Somebody goes, hey. You know if it's someone who's probably, a, nine times out of ten, if someone asks me, it's probably someone I taught. So I don't want to hurt their feelings. So I will try and fake my way through it. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. And people come to me all the time and go, oh, how you doing? You right, Liam? And I'm like, uh, and I cover. Yeah. I have no idea no. who these people are. <laughs> At the wedding, I think I felt safe going. There's probably, there's probably a bunch of people in this room I've probably met like once. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of them I used to work with. So it was like, yeah, I was your colleague for four years. That would be bad. That <laughs> would be but, bad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, no, it was just, uh, yeah, it was just, yeah, I, I, I saw you once for a week and just yeah. in passing. Yeah. And then we never saw each other again. Wow. So yeah, it was that. So there we go. Well, good wedding. Um, where are we at here? Uh, just a couple of announcements really quickly. We got some Patreon gifts going out later this month. Ooh. So if you're at the best friend level, we got a double hit of some goodies for you. And if you're BFF, we got we got we got we got, we got the same two things and a premium gift headed your way. So I'm gonna say premium gift. I think we're gonna find we're gonna move ever so slightly away from the t-shirt. Ooh. For people who have been there for a year, may already have like two or three t-shirts, shorts, crop top, <laughs> swimming costume, socks, socks. I'm just gonna post them, Ethan. <laughs> Ethan's gonna live with them for a couple of weeks. Gloves. <laughs> uh, I, I'm Let's announce the next media madness, shall we? Yeah, yeah. So the next media madness uh, recording date TBD to be determined or TBC to be confirmed. To be confirmed. 
Uh, the next media madness. I tell you what, the most recent one. Numbers are great. Oh, good, like nice. fantastic. It's a lot of fun. It is, and you know what? It gets numbers at the same level as a Tuesday release. Really? Which we haven't found. The next closest thing was always the Real Roundtable. And I will but say that, this: the Real Roundtable is a lot of work for it, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. I'm not opposed to doing them, but they are a lot of work. So yeah. cause you gotta keep track. Of everybody's. Uh, chipping in and what are we doing here and then usually I do some sort of an intro <laughs> oh and it's a lot of work they should just cut some stuff out put in a ball dude you do a lot of stuff so you know <laughs> so don't be so hard on yourself <laughs> may was the 15 year anniversary of the marvel cinematic universe yeah would you would you believe there are exactly 32 films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's nuts. We do knockout tournaments of 32 films. We do. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do the MCU. We're going to do, we're going to do a media madness tournament on the MCU. I can't this, wait to this, see. This will be interesting. This, because people have some, feelings about the MCU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those feelings may have even changed and over as, time. And as we've seen in the past mm-hmm. in these, you know, big hitters get knocked out. Because really they're drawn against yeah. each other. <laughs> Oasis versus U2, round one. I know. So, you know. So what I happens? What's going to happen if, like, Endgame comes up against, like, Civil War in round one? Yeah, it could happen. And then you get, like, the Eternals versus, I don't know, the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love the Eternals. I'm like the one guy. Uh, Color palette sucked, but the film itself. Was you will good. have your chance to. I, yeah. I will let you stump for the Eternals. So what we're going to do is we're going to. Usually we would have our our friends of the podcast, depending on what tier they are. They would get to bring nominations to the table. Yep. Obviously, we got a set bracket. Of th- well, set bracket. We got 32 films that are going to be in. But we are going to say, please go ahead. We're going to put the form out. Endorse them. So yeah. we're still able to say, brought to us by so and so. We have brought to us by Ethan. <laughs> we have. <laughs> Eternals! Yeah, so we have like two or three people. So people can still go ahead and sort of, film, yeah. you know, you, you'll have that feeling of still, this is my endorsement. Yeah, yeah. It's always yeah. more fun to go, is my, is my pick still in? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. All, it's always a good time. In the case of me and the rock bands, no. <laughs> <laughs> After round one, they were all on the floor. <laughs> You're not bitter about that at all. No, I, I, you know what I'm most bitter about is Georgia putting in McFly, McFly. <laughs> and we got rid of the Who. No, <laughs> I'm not jo- like the three fact, days off. The fact that recorded. who doesn't qualify, like it didn't even take place because McFly got a seat at the oh, table. It's yeah. like, hey, Pete Townsend, yeah, off you go, yeah, off you go. You'll find this is this, this is teeny bopper sort of crap. Yeah, it's a teenage wasteland, don't you know? I almost, I almost, <laughs> I almost brought the who to the table. Yeah, you know, because I'm going to see them later. It was year. real close on mine too. Yeah, real same. close. Yeah, but the thing is, with the who, I'm very much their early stuff, their early first few albums. Then after that, they kind of wane a little. What I like about the Who is they kind of knew when to stop making new music. Yeah, and just like terrible. the Stones, every now and then we'll like make an album. You're like, boys, we really just want to hear the first five albums worth yeah, of stuff. Yeah, the yeah. Who figured that out. Well, look at Billy Joel. Yeah, Billy Joel he doesn't do new music. Anything? No, he just he just tours off. One ninety two. Yeah, bless him. Good good shout. Yeah. I've already written the songs people are going to remember me for. Why bother? Exactly. Noel Gallagher apparently was on stage at some festival recently. He's got a new album out, actually. He has. And I haven't. Cancel Skies. I haven't bought it yet. I have. I need to. I need to. Um, and so. Uh, but he was on stage somewhere. The thing he went, okay, these next few songs, they're just for me. You, you won't care about them at all. But after that, I got some songs that'll make all of you in bucket hats really, really happy. So it's the idea that he knows. No one's coming here hoping to hear the stuff off my album. No, no. They, I'll get to the Oasis stuff in a bit. And, and like the, the, the first two or three albums. It's yeah. the same with Liam, though, isn't it? 
Oh, well, but yeah, but he doesn't write songs, does he? No. no. <laughs> so it's even, it's even worse. Because every time he sings them, he has to give royalties to uh, Oh, yeah. I know. He sits back and goes, sing, <laughs> sing my songs, brother. Sing my songs all day long. Oh, bless him. As we think there's going to be a reunion, it looks like. Yeah, I It looks so. like it. Talk about, you want to talk about the most expensive ticket. Oh. It's be really interesting how working class, you know, hero, Nolan, especially Noel. Noel's yeah. always been working class guy. What's going to happen when those ticket prices come out? Because there's no way. We're going though, right? Yeah. We're going. Yeah. Because I've got to see them together. I think I want a seat. Yeah. I think, I think I'm too old. I think we're, I want a seat. that age now. <laughs> I don't want to be in the crowd. I really don't. <laughs> Unless I can be right up at the front, but that's a lot of dedication to get that far. Unless I'm in the wings, then I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> Liam and Noel, if you're listening. There you go. We want to be in the wings. It'd be great. Hey, I don't think Noel sobered up yet. Manchester City wins the Champions League. At oh, some point, we will talk yeah. about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It was playing for free. Uh, BT Sports YouTube channel was yeah, playing for they, free. Wow. They always show the final on YouTube for whatever reason. I guess to get more customers. Get in. It's not working. I'm just sitting here going, thanks, thanks for the only game I cared about for free. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Cool um where are we at now uh i guess let's do some reflections and corrections thank you very much uh you did this on 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 twitter but it's worth which is nuts i was like what liam figured out how to use twitter again (laughs) (laughs) russell the did ask did you guys ever watch the souvenir part two which was the movie liam was an extra in at the majestic when they filmed in king's lynn here heard you talk about it very briefly about i guess the majestic uh, about it all about you acting at the beginning of the episode suddenly made you remember it um yeah um that's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, we yeah, yeah. Have you seen I, it? I haven't seen it, no. When I think about the film you made me watch. Oh, my God. That was dreadful, wasn't that, it? Where your scene got cut. Yeah. And it was a terrible <laughs> film. I'm glad my scene did get <laughs> This film, I looked it up today. Right. You want to know something bizarre? Gone. Eligible. Really? Yeah. Oh. But it's streaming. So uh, it's very niche. Oh, okay. It might be a fun summertime one to drop as like a bonus midweek. Yeah, it'd be where interesting we, where we just see. get together on like a Wednesday and record something that'd be or, interesting or a, or a see Tuesday. If I'm in it. Yeah, see if I made the cut. See if you made the cut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's available on Amazon Prime, but it's also part two. So I'm like, do I got to watch part one to get what's going on in exactly. this? Exactly. Do you have to? Oh, oh, that's a lot of commitment to it's, see just is. if just to see if you're in a background <laughs> shot. <laughs> but I did get to meet Tilda Swinton. That's so. cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about Andy Dixon, who goes, when Ian was saying about doing my fifth chair in a Scottish accent, I said out loud, dare you? And he started to before it went a bit Irish, and it ha- but it did have me laughing out loud. Uh, yeah, he said just in general, I was, I was all right at the start. So there we go. There we and are. I picked up when it went Irish. I was like, oh, no, that's gone. Yeah. I've lost it. Why is it with Canadians and uh, being able to do this? A bad Scottish, Scottish accent? Yeah. Uh, I think it's probably how big the Mike Myers films were. Mm. You know? Shrek and Fat Bastard, you know what I mean? Like he's done those two characters, and they were both heavily mimicked at that time. Wasn't his father or mother a English? English, English. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were Scottish. No, I think they're English. Um, He talks about the education that he had growing up in his household. Uh, Oh, maybe it was Scottish. You might be right there. You might be right there. I'm trying to think because he he also did a character on it in uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh, okay. Where he ran a Scottish shop, and I was like, if it's not Scottish, (laughs) it's crap. It's really funny. Uh, so I know, but I think, because the reason why I think I'm wrong, and you're right, is because I believe in So I Married an Axe Murderer. He plays oh, his own father, film. and I believe his father in the film is based off his father in real life. Yeah. And I remember this, this great monologue about how 
um, KFC. That's how they. That's how they hook you. It's with the herbs and the spices. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that Nancy Travis in Sorry, Married? Yeah, Nancy very good. Yeah. Uh, she of uh, uh, Three Men of the Baby fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, David from Scriptical said, uh, a movie like this, this would be The Truman Show, makes me think of a famous thought experiment called The Boltzmann Brain, which suggests that there might be, the sun's starting to go down, I'm having a hard time reading this, might be more likely for a single brain to spontaneously form in a void, complete with a memory of having existed in our universe, than rather than the entire universe, to come about in the manner cosmologists think it actually did. So are any of us real? So I guess the question is, is the universe just about one person and their brain and everything else is just something they've created as a concept no it's a toilet lid there we are <laughs> uh, we went back and forth on, on, on a few things it's interesting things to say uh but it would literally just turn into just me just reading feedback so i said i, can't, <laughs> I hope, hope you realize i can't share all this on the pod. <laughs> it's just it's just you know it's, it's a great conversation to have but but as far as i'd just be here just going <laughs> uh, let's do some shout outs uh shout out to jen nixon who i think is a new reader so uh, reader listener so hello jen yeah hello there we are ethan you can be rude hello. you can say hello. there we go thank you thank sorry, you, sorry. <laughs> Jeez, he's sorry, like, no. like uh, here i'm giving this away already he's jonah when we cast this he's jonah <laughs> he is okay uh, i like jonah <laughs> I, well i don't <laughs> I, I say that. <laughs> a big shout out to Stu from swo productions uh love you Stu. yeah uh, thanks for uh thanks for beating the drum of the bfa uh lestat doesn't know how Yay. he missed that we did scott pilgrim versus the world I don't know how you missed it either, bro. No. But thanks for uh, thanks for giving us some love on the, on the backside. He, he won't like my take on it. No, he won't. <laughs> uh, he says he says, he says always good with Georgia because Georgia liked it. Oh, and I said careful. She doesn't like Truman Show. Yeah. So hopefully she's gonna. We're gonna give her a chance if she makes it back to talk about it we'll in time. Uh, Roy Kent's perm, uh, <laughs> who is the at C underscore Kant. <laughs> Uh, changing their uh, their Twitter handle says thanks for all your hard work entertaining us. Hey, thanks a lot. Oh, Appreciate that. You, yeah. yeah, a little bit more from t- uh, David from School says I don't want to be that guy. You are that guy, David. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm saying that with love and affection, but you are that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but last week, someone got a podium spot for a keyboard, which is not a piano. Ian is getting soft. Well, first off. <clears throat> It's a podium spot in it. I mean, hey, this is whose line. It's all made up in the points. Don't matter. <laughs> but I guess we do give an award at the end. Well, we just say someone won the year. It was yeah. Anthony and Davies. And we try and rig it against against Hermes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's just call Spade a Spade right now. It's, it's totally, like, it's this totally was, rigged. This whole thing's set up just to frustrate Hermes. <laughs> Who's on assignment and won't hear us for a month. So there we go. Uh, <laughs> that means on the other end, laughing. Laugh <laughs> Um, Dwayne Smith says that someone. Smith. Oh, thank you. Says that someone was me, and I would say a keyboard is indeed an electric piano. If I said describe what a, what a, what a piano looks like, well, sorry, describe what a piano is. Piano is a lot of white keys and black keys and a wooden box. Okay, so generally, maybe not, maybe <laughs> not the wood, maybe the plot, but you generally just describe for a large part of what the aesthetic for a keyboard is. Yes, of yes. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without the piano, you wouldn't have the keyboard, would you? Because it is is because it takes it emulates the sound that we think a piano should make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The in traveling the, man's piano. In, in, the, in the same way that I think an electric guitar, although it does make some sort of a sound. It's more of a synthesizer type thing, isn't you, it? It's uh, the keyboard's more of a synthesizer because yeah, the electric yeah. guitar does create some acoustic sound, yeah. whereas a keyboard does not. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but yeah, I mean, I, 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 am I getting soft? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Nah. We'll see. 
See, they get the win. Jeez. It's all a conspiracy. Um, <laughs> random word last week was, remember what it was? Uh, random word was... Ethan started singing a song and I got on. grumpy about what it. What was it? Oh, boat? Yeah, it was boat. <laughs> <laughs> so no one played that gift because, because Ethan ruined people's fun. Uh, it's hard mode this time. There we go. Uh, so Andy Dixon, I mean, it was, it was strong this week. Some Ooh. weeks I'm like, it's not that good. This week was not it. Andy Dixon did a T, like someone in one of those T-Rex suits. Yeah. Doing a somersault and landed into a fishing boat. Nice. That's impressive. That is cool. Uh, Nate the Great did the bit where Forrest Gump waves and falls into the water. I and we're love do- that. And we're doing a Tom Hanks movie this week. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do like that one. But that's him getting off a boat. Yes, that's mm. true. Anthony and Davies did just one where it was a, a speedboat and there's this like buxom lady in the front. They're kind of like, yeah, party, sort of, whatever. But it's all like time lapsed. And they hit the waves <laughs> and she just like gets thrown off the wheel, like smashes into the side. Very funny. Uh, uh, David from Skeptical did a Splash reference. Again, Tom, well, Hanks, Tom Hanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. I hate Splash. You do. I do hate Splash. <laughs> well, I think there's something fishy going on there. Uh, <laughs> can't seem to crack it anymore. <laughs> uh, there we go. See, there we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said anymore because Dixon Voss got to it. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. We're going to need a bigger boat. Oh, uh, that's good. That's an all-timer, isn't it? Yeah. We've not done Jaws yet. We've not we? done Jaws yet. Oh. Um, Russell the Posty, for the second time in two weeks, went with Muppets. Ooh. Three Muppets on a boat. I like Muppets. Yeah. I like Muppets. I also like diversity. <laughs> we do, yeah. You got to mix it up. Yeah. You got to mix it up. If you had Muppets. I do like Muppets. I if do. If you had Muppets doing wrestling on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll we tell win. you what, though. Russell, like, Russell's playing the player. I respect that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know who else was, was playing the player? Chris Peterson. Ah. Uh, Chandler Bing in a bubble bath playing with a boat. <laughs> I'm still a man because I got my boat. Got my boat. <laughs> and finally, Josh, your next favorite movie. I don't know what the flippity dippity this was. Someone has made a uh, combination, a deep fake, I guess, of the Miles Morales animated Spider-Man character being uh, being I'm the king of the world. Yep. Next to Fabrizio. <laughs> so everything else looks like it's real Titanic, and there's just Spider-Man's with him. <laughs> Which is I like, gotta look at this. It's so bizarre. That sounds it's bizarre. So bizarre. That's so weird. Uh, I'm gonna go. It's really strong this week. I'm gonna go bronze medal to Chris Peterson, Chandler Bing in a bubble bath with a boat. Good cool. Silver medal, Nate the Great, forest waves and falls. Yeah, he's getting off the boat, not getting Still in the boat. Makes me laugh though. Uh, apologies. Uh, yeah, if you do splash, you're not getting anything. Uh, gold <laughs> goes to. We're gonna need a bigger boat. I That's mean, so good. It's, it's it's. I saw it and went okay. It's, it's, yeah. I, I may as well put the, the sheer Lebouf kind of clapping gif back at him because I was like, this is that good. Unless somebody else used it, that yeah, cancel itself out. But now it. we got them all in one. Pl- I'll give Hermes this since we've put them all in one place. A lot less of that happening. Yeah, a lot good. less of that happening. Good, so, good, good, good. so Hermes is good for something. Yeah, yeah. See? <laughs> yeah. Le- you know, logistical organization. That's his strength. See, that's his strength. We found his spot. There we are. <laughs> The whole podcast thing he does. And the, uh, I think it's more organization. That's a strong point, buddy. Yeah. Go there. On the side pod, though, he does have a podcast called the Scuttlebutt Podcast. Which is a fantastic. It's a fantastic listen. Yeah, yeah, he's great. carried by his co-host, but it's a fantastic <laughs> listen. <laughs> and Kenny's laughing. Look at her. <laughs> he's at the gym going, oh, shaking Ian. his head. <laughs> Can we talk about this for two minutes? Well, I got to set the first one because, uh, you know, they're not here. Ooh. 
I don't know where they are. Oh, you mean the keys? You I'm mean. talking about Georgia, not the keys. Oh, oh, Georgia. But I guess I will do... Checking in with the morning ah. I love how you do this. Later in the program, we'll talk about Georgia and why she hates the Truman Show. But also in other <laughs> news, uh, let's, uh, my Christmas tree is still kind of lit. Look behind you. It so is. It so is. It's got like, it's, it's not much. But it, it is that that is definitely illuminated. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. And it I'm is, not even squinting. It is June eleventh. June eleventh. Wow. This is nuts. <laughs> I, I we're halfway. I, like part of me is going. Like I'm just so frustrated having it out. But I am going. <laughs> I said I would do this. You did. I guess I could put it in a different room. Like it's you still plugged be. in. Yeah. No. I thought about taking the battery out and seeing if it's got some weird, like, solar thing where it's, like, storing a bit of energy. Because that would yeah. be the ultimate joke. Don't, don't. But then I'm like, the minute I take out the battery, then I yes, kind of je- I kind of violated the experiment. You have, you have. So you it's can't really bizarre. We should maybe put a bet on uh, how long this is going to go for. Oh, I would have laughed. This thing, this thing and will- they say the candles burn three times as bright. Or oh, I can't remember the Hanukkah. Yeah, this is Hanukkah. <laughs> this is nuts. The, the oil that should have only lasted one night lasted for eight whole nights. <laughs> oh, I got it so Everything- wrong. My- <laughs> just, just call it a spade a spade. Am I? Am I sort of? Am I sort of helping your people out there, a bit, buddy? As opposed to what you're yeah, bringing to the table. My, yeah, okay. my grandma's looking down at me, very yeah. disappointed right now. Yeah. <laughs> Because everything I know about about Hanukkah, I pretty much learned from Adam Sandler and Friends. Friends, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Eight crazy nights, right? <laughs> Never saw it, but I heard enough rap- the Hanukkah song. I'm aware of it. Aye. So there we go. Uh, let's do uh, this. So uh, weight game, weight game. Let's all play the weight game. Oh, the weight game. I've joined Slimming World. Oh, I thought you meant weight. Is oh, in like no, no, okay, no. Let's we're, wait. Well, we're, we're also doing that for Georgia. So <laughs> two two weight games in one. <laughs> I joined Slimming World, so uh, I'm you know you know me, and if I have absolute rules, dude. I when you stick your mind to things, yeah. you are like uh, y- y- nothing can get in your way. I'm trying to find things that I enjoy eating. Yeah, and so Even food isn't frozen meals. So food isn't boring. No, no, no. I haven't done that. Like, I, like you can have all the pasta you want. That's fine. You can have tomatoes, and you can have oh, uh, tomatoes. most. You know, so so pasta is still up. I can basically make my. I have to, there's like points, like Weight Watchers have points, and then we'll call them sins, whatever you want, yada, 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 oh, right? Okay. S-Y-N, it makes yes. me angry. It's not, it's not actually a reference to anything religious if it's got a Y in it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's like when Liam says, hell yeah, for Reverend Bruce, it's got a Y in there as well. Yeah. doesn't count. And Love so, you, Reverend Bruce. So, um, and so, like, I can do a couple I'm allowed so many a day. I'm allowed like 35 points a day, yeah. right? So if I use two What's tablespoons, well, it depends, it depends what we're talking about. But like, oh. let's put it this way: a, a tablespoon of olive oil, yeah, six. Whoa, yeah. It's like mad. if I have like a sandwich at work, it's like 19 cents because white bread is like the worst thing for you on this. That's nuts. But I can have all the potatoes I want. Yeah, it's as long as I don't cook them in oil or lather them in butter. You know what I mean? So carbs is okay. Certain carbs are okay. What are the bad so carbs? I can't. I can't have bread. I can't have bagels. I can't have crumpets. Also, like yeasty, bready type. Yeah, kind of yeast is probably the bigger problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm allowed a little bit of, of like some some wholemeal bread or you know, things like that. It's, it's like it's called a healthy option. Rye bread. I have a little bit of that. I have a little bit of dairy, okay. but only up to a certain point. Anything past that, then it's got like those points I have to count against. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I've been eating a lot of jack potatoes. Oh, I love jack oh, potatoes. Oh hell yeah, they're good. With like a lot of baked beans. Baked beans are free. Do you know what? Right. 
Jack potato, you know when you've cooked them, if you leave them for a bit and then warm them up again? Yeah, they're all right. Oh. Uh, I can have zero-fat yogurt, so I'm using yogurt as a sour cream substitute. Yep. And I'm mixing in some sriracha with that and kind of just Coco having some of that. Coco sriracha. If I take the, the, the fat off, I can have bacon. Oh, bacon. So that's all right. Yeah, I can have most meat still. That's okay, as long as it's not smoked bacon. Um, so I can have all the, I can have all the, as far as meat, I can have low fat mints. I can have, you know, as long as it's not like, I prefer low fat mints anyway, cause that's just less messy. Oh, the flavor is so much better in fatty mm. mints. It is. It well, just is. Yeah. So you better have your, you better have your spice cupboard stocked up, but mine is thankfully. So I'm okay. I love spices. Now. So yeah, so that's, that's it. Like so I'm hoping though. I'll be able to kind of. I'm hoping by sort of making these sort of things accountable, I'm go doing it with someone who I work with. How long are you doing this for? Well, I'm going, it's kind of like an ongoing lifestyle sort of thing. Oh. So I'm going to go ahead and see kind of where it goes, because I did it previously with someone who I worked with, yep. and it worked well until they quit. Oh, okay. And then I went for a few weeks without them, and then you find reasons not to go. Yeah. So it's the accountability about showing up, and also the accountability then, and they, they work in my office. Their desk's literally beside mine. And so I'm hoping they'll go, hey, what are you doing eating that donut? Yeah, because I'm fine with that. People can absolutely say yeah, that, yeah. but I'm I'm pretty like you said. Like if I say I'm not doing this, I don't do that thing. No, you're pretty good at that. Yeah. So, but I know what you mean about the the accountability because I joined the gym three years ago and I used to go to the gym with a friend of mine, and she stopped going now, and I've stopped going yeah. because she stopped going because it's boring. It's yeah, it's amazing how much easier it is when you got someone who you're in there with. But when I go swimming, yeah. I do I do uh, a few lengths of the pool and then I do like an water aerobics class where they're telling you what to do. Yeah. So you know it, it's easier. Yeah. So I, I tend to do more swimming these days than um, gym. Really. My mum's been doing the slimming world as well, so I'm kind of doing it by proxy because it's the same house. Yeah. Cool. I'm not good on the like the frozen meals that they do. They're just not my thing. But the recipe books are actually yeah, surprisingly like- decent. Yeah. Like Liam, you know me. I I cook a fair bit, so you do. Yeah, and you're a great cook. Quick dude. things and more elaborate things. But as far as the quick things go, it's just about going. Okay, what are some easy things I can have in the house? If you hadn't been a teacher, you'd have been a chef. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh. <laughs> uh, some I'm, of the stuff you've exposed me to is brilliant. I might have gone. If, I think I was born about ten years too late for something like this. But if oh. I if I thought of the right time, I'd have loved to try some sort of YouTube thing where you're like doing stuff with food and hosting a show. What's that or, thing I really like that you do? That paprikash. Oh, and that was just because I went on on, on a holiday to. Uh, to to crack off, no, not crack off, uh, Budapest, yeah, and saw it at a food market and went, oh, I want to try that before I go, and I had it, and I yeah, was like, yeah. ooh, ooh, I really like that. Ooh. I'm going to learn how to make that when I get home. Absolutely, and I haven't made it forever actually. That reminds me, I so I will, I will. Like there's certain times when you'll do various things, and it's like, yeah, yeah what, what are we going to do here? So at some point, I'll have that. But it's like everything that you could get wrong isn't like heavy cream is like <laughs> no, you don't yeah. have any. but the benefit is you can like bank all your points on, so I can have like five days worth of points in one day if I want. Oh, okay. And then just not do points. Then, as long as my weekly total adds up to thirty-five times seven, so that's two hundred and forty-five. Yeah. I'm okay. But I just, I'm just tired of looking at pictures. Going, yeah, I'm going to shake it off this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to shake it off this year. No, you, know? you pretty- and then and then a couple of years go by, and then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm another, I'm another twenty pounds heavier than I was maybe yeah. four years ago. It comes in like twenty pound batches, and then it stays with me. And then uh, I'll do another 20-pound batch. And I'm looking at myself. We had pictures of work for some group thing. And I'm like, man, I just look way big compared to even where I was a couple of years ago. And I'm like, why is it looking so significantly? Okay, I got to do something. Yeah. I'm 43. Yeah, same. And you, you know what? This you got to look and go, look, I'm not a young guy anymore. Like, no. you know, if it gets, if get you get 10 years down the road. Yeah. And some, and, you know, if I were to have like some sort of health issue and drop dead. And they went, oh, well, you know. 53 yeah. Yeah, they go yep yeah, makes sense that's kind of what the science tells us yeah so this is me trying to make a make a healthy change in the world yeah me too though i yep. mean this is the heaviest i've ever weighed 
Oh, geez, don't tell me that. You are. Oh, no, I did. I know, I know, I know. And for you, it's fine because you're on your journey as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, for me, I, I mean, you know, I'm now what? Since we did Greece. Yep. I am now, what was that? Eight years ago? Uh, it was 2015. Yeah, eight years ago. Jeez. Yeah, 2015. Eight years ago. Okay. So, 20 years ago, I was two stone like. Oh, I did my ankle in. So, I don't even want. maybe when i lose some i'll be happy saying what the number is or how much i've gained since then but like i did my ankle in i I was in the best shape of my life yeah when we did grease i was getting up before work and running a 5k and then going to work i was you were were, yeah yeah so there we go uh to be so like i used to be like too small i think back in like 2019 2020 i was when we did business you were i wouldn't want to see any smaller than that no yeah like i was i was already put pretty slim and then like uh lockdown <laughs> and i kind of went back up and i'm in this like teetering place where i'm nearly where i want to be but i just need to get back in shape and it's uh it, that's that's the worst that's the worst part when you can't oh sorry i was <laughs> more after cans uh, so did I. <laughs> sorry <laughs> that was that was a weight i'll tell you a weight. <laughs> a different way yeah two kinds of weight we gotta drop um uh, the worst part is when i go for a run because I know I used to be able to do 5K in 20, what was my quickest? 20, like 22 minutes in like 35 seconds. That's amazing. Like like, like really quite quick. I did it in 34 minutes and, and that killed me. Yeah, like if I did over 30, I'd be like, oh, something's wrong with me today. Like oh. very rarely would I be above 30. Usually yeah, yeah, it was yeah. about that 25 minute sort of barrier was, was my big push. Yeah. And I did, maybe it was more like 24 minutes anyway. But I remember I did a 10K once in 52. That was just an unofficial. I, wow. got, I got my Nike sort of app going and I ran 10K and it was 52. I've done an official timed group run under an hour. I did the gear one year. Yep. And now I go and I go for a run. I just hate myself every moment because I'm like, I used to be, I used to be good at this. Yeah. And I feel every extra pound I'm carrying now. And that's the hard part is that once you lose the weight, it actually becomes really easy to do that run. So when you, when you, um, uh, lose this weight that you're doing yep. on this program, that's a lifestyle thing you're doing now. Will you then start to run again? Will you start to, um, well, the goal is to even during the summer is, is to run, but like I used to run like five, seven times a week. Yes. Yeah, and really yeah. enjoyed it. It was something yeah. I used to identify myself as one of the things I tell myself is I am a runner. Yeah. And it was not feeling like um imposter syndrome saying so i was like no no i run this was something that i do i enjoy it i'm good at it i get that runner's high all that stuff i don't I, I think having the, i think having the dog helped because the yeah. dog would come to me and be like let's go for a run and i'd be like yeah okay cool because the days you're like i don't want to run and then he comes and puts his paw on your lap yeah you're like i can't rationalize to him through my laziness so, okay no. out we go and then you feel great cause you've been out you've been out for a run yeah but at one point i would do it i was doing 10k a day and I would wow. do either a 10K all at once, or I'd do five in the morning, five in the afternoon. But I would never take the dog for both, because I'd do one. And then he'd be like, we did like today, a really warm day. He'd be yeah. like laying. We had this lovely, cool sort of hardwood floor. Yeah. So he'd just lay down on that for the day. And he's like, I'm done. And I'm like, I'll be back. <laughs> well, for the second one, I'll be back. And halfway, he'd look at me and be like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Put his head back down. He was once you give him that first five k, he was pretty much going to sleep the rest of the day. So it was great. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. So uh, there we are. Um. So there's that. Uh, and then finally, it's about oh, George and I revealed our big interview that's coming down the pipe on the ooh. on the friends of the podcast feed. Well, same feed, different oh, different sideshow. What a, what a great. Yeah, it's a, it was it was a good get. We got Larry Hankin. Oh. for an interview mr heckles himself yeah that's brilliant so we'll be putting in part of the interview on the part that's friend centric on it with our next episode which is the one where heckles dies fittingly enough yeah and then we'll put the whole kitten caboodle out as a giant interview 
I don't bother the week following that. We'll put the whole thing out. We talked about such a lovely guy. We talked about Pretty Woman. We talked about Seinfeld. We talked about a short film that he wrote and directed. Wow. Uh, We've talked about what he's doing now. He's he's become somewhat of an of an an author. So we we, we're to talk about that. Uh, Lots of really good stuff actually. Cool though. And the life of a working actor. A little snippet. He said he never wanted to be an actor. An actor was the thing he did to pay the bills to do the things (laughs) that he loved, which is the irony of life. Because how many of us would kill to be an actor yeah 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 Still and to so, this day we would. Gr- it's a great story because he knows michael richards uh the guy who played kramer yeah um oh and so they would later um he would he would be on seinfeld they would make the show within the show they were gonna make a show about seinfeld called jerry yeah <laughs> and larry hankin gets cast as the kramer character so he's interacting that. with michael richards and actually he was sharing a story about how the two of them we're in a different project together. Wow. And couldn't get on the same page. So it was really, that's, I'm like, this is very much, so you do it for, for later on. That's just art imitating. He's like, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lovely gentleman uh, would gladly, uh, he said he was keen to talk to us again. We very much be keen to talk oh, to him again. Oh, yeah. But no. that's dropping in the next couple of weeks. We'll have the, the friends bit, and then the week following, we'll do the full kit and caboodle. So there we go. Oh, I'd love to talk to the guy. It was great. It was, yeah. it was surreal. It was one of those ones where I'm like, like if you, you could go back to your you younger about, self yeah who was watching friends oh and so you're gonna just talk to that guy be like shut up yeah 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 yeah, yeah. nuts that it? and simon callow are, oh. are two big pinch me moments because i'm going simon callow. You know, simon callow commander of the order of the british empire you know oh. what i mean like the guy's the guy's an acting insti- institution like there's so many places where he just pops up he's lovely and he was so lovely and generous with yes. us, wasn't he and then you got Larry Hankin, who isn't that, because his passion wasn't acting in the same way, but it was, yeah, yeah. you know, because um, um, Simon Callow, you know, stage. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. He talked to us about that. But then you go to a random person, you say, Mr. Heckles. Yeah. They know who Mr. Heckles is. Yeah. So, yep. oh, had a great story about Home Alone. Oh, so much good oh, stuff. Oh, really? So much good oh, stuff. Wow. And the role he almost had in Home Alone. Ooh. The role he had, and he ended up with, he played a police officer. But originally, it was supposed to be was potentially a much bigger role. That's all I'll say. That's Ooh. all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Oh, so, I want to know now. <laughs> I'm gonna because I haven't heard this either. There we so, go. No, you no, haven't. Yeah, and you've not it's, said it's much been, to me about it either. Been, it's been sitting in a in a. I should be honest with you. I sort of did it, and my life's been so busy for the last couple of months. I haven't even really listened to any of it yet. I have to do some editing on it, which is probably part of the reason why I haven't listened to it again. Because I'm I, I'm a bit of a procrastinator. I hate editing. Yeah. It's the worst part of the gig. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why are we doing this? We said we were going to do all three movies in one year. We did. Yeah. So we're doing all three movies in one year. And we're going to save best to last. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> so let's do the pitch. Uh, the pitch is uh, a recently... Oh, why am I doing this? I have it set up here. Yeah. <laughs> Felix normally does it. Yeah, he just so, the heat's getting to your head. He does so much work. Yeah, my, my bad. Yeah, I just skipped on. Let me go ahead and hit the button right here. A recently widowed man's son calls a radio talk show in an attempt to find his father a partner. Ah, short and sweet. Yeah, they're getting short. Yeah, aren't they? I think it's hot, and he's just not recorded much. He's like, I'm I'm bouncing. (laughs) So I probably could have done it. Like, it wasn't that much. But anyway, uh, this was co-written and directed by Nora Ephron, who wrote When Harry Met Sally. Ah. Was the writer-director of Michael. Yeah, oh, it's a good movie. It's that. a nice movie. A nice I don't movie. think it knew how to end. No, no. <laughs> it's a great idea. Yeah, then, yeah. So what does it all mean? <laughs> Michael and Phenomenon, two John Travolta films, oh, both brilliant. don't really know how to end. They don't. No, but that's two good movies. Yes. Uh, writer and director of You've Got Mail. Yep. Oh. Uh-huh. Writer and director of Julie and Julia. 
Oh, oh, my girlfriend liked this movie. Film. I've never seen this. Apparently that's Meryl really... Streep, Amy Adams, right? Yeah, yeah and apparently really um, the book is really good as well. Yeah. Sweet as in like the cooking they do, Ethan, or sweet as in uh, just the tone? A little tell. bit of both. A little bit of both? I still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's she um the the Julie the Julie woman I think she passed away just a, a few months ago like suddenly it was really sad oh what, the Amy Adams character yeah oh okay oh. I was I was like genuinely shocked um co-written by David S Ward who was the writer for The Sting wow I don't know so that one the it, Paul Newman yeah it's like it's like Hollywood royalty kind of like that that's a big sixties oh, okay. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, late 60s early 70s maybe yeah yeah um academy nominated i want to say for screenplay um and i went on to write and direct major league wow went on to write and direct king ralph (laughs) (laughs) went on major league is okay but king ralph uh, yeah king ralph's bad he's bad the movie i went and saw rather than go see home alone oh what's because i was too mature what when's home alone home alone's 1990 90 90 is that i think it's 90 isn't it 91, I maybe? I wanted to say 96, but I might... No, 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 no. <laughs> 96, I've been 17. There's it's, no way. <laughs> it's 90 or 91. That's 90, yeah, it's it's 1990, and then... Like 90 and probably carried into 91 yeah, as a result yeah, yeah, yeah. of, yeah. yeah. So I I'm... Where I got 96 from. I'm 11. Yeah. And at 11, I'm going, this is... No, I'm not going to see that. We're the that same. That is juvenile. We're the same We're the same age, age. yeah. I, 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 as Macaulay Culkin. I, are we really? We are. There we go. I'm older than Thor. I was like, shut up. <laughs> so there we are. Um, what else do we have here? Oh, he also wrote Flyboys. I like Flyboys. You ever see it? No. James Franco. It's about uh, the Americans who came over to help fly planes in World War One before the Americans got involved. Oh, yeah. I might like that. It's actually really. It's, it's actually a really nice little movie, actually. I quite like James Franco. Probably if I gave it the BFE treatment, I'd go over some flaws here, some flaws there. Yeah, but, but overall, yeah, yeah. it's just a nice little movie. Like, it's... You're never going to go, you have to say, it's a great movie. No, but you're going to go, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a good time with it. Is it, have you, have you ever seen Red Tails? No. I was about to mention Red Tails. That's weird, because um, that's a pretty good movie, and that's, that sounds similar. That's what George Lucas's last film, I think. Was it? Red yeah. Tails is good. Uh, this was co-written by a guy called Jeff Arch, who is also the sole story by credit. Oh, okay. It's a story by Jeff Arch, and then the three of them all kind of give various goes of the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, cinematography by Sven Nyquist, whose first credit is 1949. Whoa. Big oh, Lass wow. of, Deba, of Desbo, which is a uh, Swedish film. Yep. His last film was 1998 Celebrity. Oh, the, it's kind of a weird one with it's Woody Allen, but it's kind of like following a bunch of random people for not much time. Yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, so that's literally a 50 year career. Wow. Oh, 49 year career. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there we go. He also, though, was the uh, cinematographer for uh, a lot of his stuff. I'm like, you've done so much stuff, but none of which I've really heard of. And then he gets to the 90s and he ends on a pretty good run. What he do, uh, So he does this. He does What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Yep. Oh, okay. I didn't like the movie, but. Leonardo DiCaprio in that is phenomenal. He does something to talk about with Julia Roberts and... <sighs> something to talk about. Quaid? Ra- Ra- not Randy Quaid. Who's the who's the serious Quaid? Not Dennis like, Quaid. No, Dennis Quaid's the serious one? The one who married Meg Ryan. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's that one. And then uh, With Honors, which I think, again, is a lovely little film. With Honors. I've seen that. Joe Pesci and Brendan Fraser. Oh. And a very young McDreamy. What's his name? Oh, it's going to bug me now. I can't remember what it is. I've seen Patrick that. Dempsey? That's it. 
Oh, uh, yeah. I yeah. like Patrick Dempsey. It's a great little film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister had like a poster of it, like a full size one. And it was at the top of our stairs. I'd always walk up every morning and see Joe Pesci smiling at me. Uh, <laughs> and a very <laughs> unpopular film I watched years ago called Happy Together. That's got Patrick Dempsey in it. Does I think. it? Yeah. I know very little of Patrick Dempsey before he was on Grace. Uh, uh, first time I saw this, oh, this is one that we had. Yeah. And I don't know why we had it. I don't know when we had it. Um, it's weird. This feels to me like it should be earlier. This comes out, this is after a League of Their Own, and it feels like it should be before a League of Their Own in my head. Mm, no, because no, I'm thinking more. I, I think League of Their Own definitely before this because the it's weird. Was, I don't know why I put. I always, almost always default to thinking this is 1990. It's not 1990, no. but, I th- but, but I think it's 1990. I don't yeah, know why it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, to I, me, he looks younger in this than he looks in League of Their Own. Yeah, but he's made to look like a uh, hard, yeah. alcoholic guy. At the time, you know what it is? Here's why I think League of Their Own's afterwards. Ready for this? Go on. It's because this is kind of that 80s Tom Hanksy kind of schmaltzy kind of stuff. Yeah, but he like it's not as as small as the eighties was, but no. it feels like it's more of that. Whereas League of Their Own was but him he, actually having to go at a proper character. For he's once. a grown up smulch. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean, yeah. now where he was a child smulch in in the eighties, because <laughs> um, <laughs> he does have a bit of a run of these uh, rom coms, doesn't he? Yeah, from from there on in. Yep, uh, which is basically his nineties career. Um, Big big movies apart from like um, well he's about Forrest to Gump and he's about to do some massive like you know, ninety four once he hits with the exception of you got mail yeah, yeah, yeah. once ninety four and Forrest Gump happens he's now serious actor Tom Cruise yeah yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise not Tom he, Hanks Jeez. but he still does he still does uh, yeah Tom Hanks he still does um, Hanks for that <laughs> Hanks for the memories yeah <laughs> but he still but he still does the um, he, he's not afraid to do the the, the rom coms the throwaway movies um. But I think that is just breathe films. Do you know what I mean? Ain't got to do too much heavy lifting. Ain't got to do too much uh, dramaticness, I think. I think that's what he... Because he's a nice guy in Hollywood, isn't he? I'll tell you what, there's some stories from this film. Really? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Although, do you ever watch that um, End of the War... Uh, oh, what's that thing where Ricky Gervais hosts... Was it the Oscars? Or? Golden Globes. Golden Globes. Oh, he comes out and kind of Roast puts him in his place. Yeah, 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 yeah. And did you, you all see the reactions of Tom Hanks? <laughs> yeah. I don't think he gets it. No, but then but then he comes up and he sort of like puts... He sort of stands up for the celebrities. And I'm like, okay, come on. Dude, take, come on. Take a joke at your own it's expense every now and then. Yeah. Absolutely. Jeez. Absolutely. Oh, no, it wasn't him. I think it was Robert Downey Jr. who puts him in his place. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he says, how's everybody doing? I said, outside of, uh, uh, you know, general mean-spirited nature. I think it's been a fun night overall. Oh. And it's like, yeah. Come on. They don't get it at all, do they? Nah, they don't. <laughs> Humility is kind of like... It's... Yeah. It, it's so un-American. Yeah. It's so un-American to do that. In America, you elevate people in that, and they're the special people. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Whereas this, like, I'm going to bring you down. We're nothing special. Like that sort of like, let's bring people. Uh, no, let's remind them that they're just regular people like us. That's a very Canadian slash British thing. But Brits are meaner about it. But uh, but it's not mean in a mean way. It's just uh, it's just. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, Ricky Gervais. He's not saying anything untrue. That's the thing. But the yeah, thing yeah, is, yeah. okay. So is the wedding the time you get up and and tell everybody the truth about the groom? You know what I mean? Or, or do you save a nice thing? Or at the funeral, is it the time you tell the honest account? Or is it the time you give it, maybe it's a bit of a shame. I would rather shader. people be honest, because I was a bit annoyed when I went to my mate's funeral. Um, I won't give his name, but we were close uh, for about three or four years. We worked, we worked at two places the same, which is weird. And 
long story short, he he became a drug addict and he passed away uh, really early. Right. That's and, if you just ignore that part. That's that's a bit different. And I they think, completely yeah. ignored it. And you know, he was a shoplifter towards the end of his life. You know, he did go down that road. He yep. did do all these bad things. He did, you know, try and mug people. Which you know, I, I, I he's not the guy I knew. Yep. You know, but they completely glossed over it. And I was like, seriously, this should be a warning to other people. Yep. This could happen to you. So don't do it. I think Ricky Gervais was almost like a warning of can- of like accountability and cancel culture coming. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's like, nothing's forgotten in the internet age. Here's the personification of it in uh, in Ricky Gervais. I, I love Ricky Gervais. You know, whatever you, people think about him or whatever. Because I was one of these people who was never... I like a stand-up. I like a stand-up. He's clever. I like a stand-up. I, d- I don't care for the British office really at all. Do you um, think Will Smith would have come and slapped him if he had said what he'd said? What Chris Rock said. Chris Rock said. No. No, I think Will Smith slaps Chris Rock because there's a personal relationship there. Yeah. I think it was many people that slapped Because I don't, I don't think he I think the overall majority of people, if they're standing there, he doesn't do it. Yeah. And part of it's that Will Smith, uh, that Chris Rock's, you know, he's a little man. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, Ricky Gervais would have been too intellectual for Will Smith to answer back. He'd have ripped him to shreds. Yep. Where I think uh, with Chris Rock, he was just genuine shock because, like he said, he he adored the guy. Yeah. Um, Ethan, you remember the first time you saw this? Today. Oh, really? Oh, okay, wow. that's interesting. I, I've, I, I'm not really, like, the biggest rom-com guy anyway. I, like, when when we get to the, the third and final part, the first time I see that as well, I, I like, the Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, like, era, uh, never, never, like, I went, oh, yeah, I really got to see that, really got to see that. Yeah, sometimes just yeah, it's interesting. I still don't know. Well, I never thought I have to see this. I was just in a house where it was on. Yeah, <laughs> and it was on a, a fair bit. Well, to be fair, I mean, I was too young to see it at the cinema. I was never. It was never a thing that I went to the cinema to see that. Yeah, what's this? Ninety two, ninety three, ninety three. Was okay. It? So that's I'm I'm thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, yeah. so I'm not going. <laughs> if I am going, it's not for Sleepless in Seattle. No, <laughs> no, no. So I'm thinking. I still saw this in the nineties. I think so. I'm pretty sure I probably saw it in my late teens. That was probably my first watch. I think it was part of our collection pretty early. I think it was one of those rentals that then became like a Christmas gift. I would imagine it is. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. Uh, George is getting ready to join. She uh, arrived. There we are. She she literally just whoop whooped. What was I doing? With the other nine day? lives T-shirt. Someone Ooh. referred to raising the roof. What was this? And I went. He did not just say raising the roof, did he? I was <laughs> like, that is not a. Th- I gotta remember what that was. Oh, it was horrendous. I remember. I need to go talk to someone about this, and it didn't. And I didn't get a chance to because it was like I think it was, I, was, I think it was something work related. And I was like, are we really looking the other way on the raising the roof thing? Are we not going to say anything? <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah, Georgia, the lights are off because we're trying to keep the heat out. Okay. Oh, your, your, your mic's off. We, we wouldn't have turned you uh, on. Uh, there you go. And Dwayne Smith has just tuned back in. <laughs> we'll have to put a timestamp on for Dwayne Smith so he knows where to pick it back up. Uh, oh, George just moved the door, which means that my you light. Can't see. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't even think about that. Uh, <laughs> we're heat managing. Yeah, we are heat managing. Uh, yeah, no, it was very, very hot today, so I'm all good. I can imagine. That. Before I jump into so two questions for you. Number one, mm-hmm. let's do this one first. We've promised people that you would have a chance to talk, although you didn't submit a grade because you didn't watch it fresh. Yep. We would give you a chance to explain your dislike of the Truman Show. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you a chance to kind 
trying to say your bit and let's say let's aim for three minutes yeah and then i might ask a couple of questions we're going to try and get through this and back to the film that we're supposed to be reviewing today, <laughs> which we haven't even started which has been we're just about to say the context corner okay so oh no we haven't even got through the last of the uh of the peeps so still we still have to talk about the music uh, <laughs> my bad. so we're one hour two one minutes hour, in two minutes in yeah but we have sort of that started the deep dive but george why okay. don't you go ahead and talk to us about truman show Okay, so Truman Show was one of the films that before the podcast, when we used to go to Debbie's and watch films, we did like, we'd sit and watch them as a group. And it was one, I can't remember who suggested it, probably you to be fair. Probably me. Um, and they were like, oh, it's this great film. It's blah, 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 blah. It's really cool. It's interesting. But I didn't know anything about the story. So when the twist happens, I was completely, it, it was as big for me as it was for Truman, because I didn't see it coming. I saw hang, nothing. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Man, I'm, I'm not usually, I was going to give you three minutes straight. There's no twist. The film tells you in the first 30 seconds, this is what it is. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I, or I can't remember how I processed it, but okay. I obviously, I either didn't realize what was happening or it hit me at one point towards the end. I can't remember. Okay. I think it's when it, like, maybe when he opens the door or when it starts to bit ramp up, it like. When he hit the wall. Maybe, maybe when he gets in the water and they try and kill him. I don't know, but yeah. I can't remember when it was, but there was a point when I just went, I don't like this. Like, and it, it's, it was, it, I described it after we finished watching it. It was like, it's like my genuine worst nightmare. As someone who has like weird existential anxieties about things, this concept plays through my brain. Even before I'd seen the Truman Show, I knew what it was about. Like, what if, what if everyone's lying to me? What if this isn't real? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to be that person who's going to pick up on the continuity error. Okay. So you said when the twist happened, it really threw you. But now you've just said years before you saw the Truman Show, you knew what it was about. No, not what the Truman Show was about. I'm saying I've thought about these sorts of things without even knowing what the Truman Show was about. Oh, okay. So like I've had like these thoughts of like, you know, look, what if I'm actually just a sim and someone's controlling me? Or what if everyone else, what if everything's yeah. fake? What Georgia, if no one actually likes me? <laughs> like all of these feelings. Yeah. And then to see it played out like this in this film... I I just completely turned off it. I could not process how much I disliked it because it set off some sort of like weird, holy shit, what if that's me? You're in a virtual sort of response to it. Actually, we, we did mention not. how there was an outbreak of these sorts of incidents where pe- people were reporting themselves as being the center of a fictionalized thing to their psychiatrist after this. Oh, uh, was there? So there was yeah. a, bit of a, bit, a bit of a ramp up in a phenomenon. I've never yeah. thought this in my life. I said, I, I thought last week, what if I'm the only one who's real? Mm. and not that but like you guys just don't exist you walk out so basically we're not like a glorified holodeck i'm real but you guys do, you guys and your thoughts that don't exist once you leave you're just you're just like characters in my life mine's like the opposite of that it's like what if everyone else is real and i'm just not I'm, oh no i don't actually exist in this realm i'm real <laughs> i don't have that confidence you do no, i'm not real so no. yeah no i completely turned on it like someone asked in the <laughs> patreon like is it a you don't like it because you don't like Jim mm-hmm. Carrey, or is it more of a train spotting situation? Listen, it's more of a train spotting situation sure. where the film just no. I'm too clever to be fake. <laughs> Simple as. Surely that being more clever would make you more likely to be no, okay. because you wouldn't program someone to be <laughs> okay. to be aware of their own smugness. If I was the Gaston character, you wouldn't make him aware he's smug. You know, you know, we were trying to see the light through the door. Yeah, that big head of yours is blocking the light. <laughs> uh, we should mention music by Mark Shymanks, and I did not write down. If he, I think this is all he's done, really. Oh, I can't be right. I no. have a check for you. Will you take a look at that? Jersey. Yeah, I said probably got distracted by something. Um, so, uh, context. Oh, was this the first time you'd seen the film? 
Yes. Okay. Uh, in 1989, Sleepers in Seattle was conceived by Jeff Arch, a struggling writer and former cinematographer who was working as an English teacher and a Taekwondo teacher at the time. Recalling like <laughs> that was Taekwondo stuff so much. <laughs> Recalling that the film was largely conceived out of frustration with his career, Arch had experienced little to no success as a writer prior to his film, conceding he simultaneously had little reason to continue writing. However, it was also meant he had little left to lose. Following the birth of his son, he convinced himself to write at least three films in one year, the second of which was Sleepless in Seattle, which began as a play about two people falling in love over the telephone without meeting in person. See, the next film we'll do in this trilogy. Uh, struggling to develop an original love story, Arch initially found most of the reasons he conceived to keep the couple apart unconvincing. He ultimately decided that unlike typical romance plots in which the main characters bicker for most of the film after the meet-cute, this couple would not meet until the end of the film. Feeling unprecedentedly confident after that, uh, that the film would be successful as long as he could, quote, get these people to the top of the Empire State Building on Valentine's Day. I've got some songs if you want. Some uh, music. I don't want songs. I want to know if you know who the composer was. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, originally, writer on Saturday Night Live. Didn't expect that. Uh, He's done music for When uh, When Harry Met Sally. Oh, that makes sense. sense. Misery. Oh, that don't make sense. City Slickers. (laughs) Of course. Sister Act. (laughs) Uh, A Few Good Men. Ooh. The American President. Uh, I do, I like the music American President. Pat Adams. Yeah. yeah. Mary Poppins Returns. And he also Love Mary Poppins uh, Returns. wrote the uh the music and lyrics to the musical hairspray. Oh. Wow. What do you know what? I don't like any of the movies. The first movie Even though it's got Travolta in it. Yeah. Yep. And Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh that's the one character I don't like her in. But anyway, um <laughs> the first movie I didn't even get halfway through. It just I just couldn't do it. A second movie, um, I got through it, but I didn't enjoy it. Now the musical stage version, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Pivoting back, uh, Arch, <laughs> thank you, Vad Ethan. Arch recounted no the worries. film's remaining ideas formed organically after looking up at the starlit sky one night and assured himself that for every star in the sky, there's a good idea. Aww, cheesy as fuck. You can tell he's American. Uh, Arch was also inspired by motivational speaker Tony Robbins, completing the script in early 1990, shortly after attending one of his seminars. Hmm. He's just a go-believe-you-can-do-it kind of guy. Uh, I only know him from Family Guy. It's a wall of text. Look at that. Wow. Wow. That is a wall of text. (laughs) I've cut this down. Uh, Despite Arch believing in Simpson Seattle's success wholeheartedly, several parties warned him about the unlikelihood of the film being made because there weren't enough scenes shared by the lead couple, which makes a lot of sense. Like, traditionally, you don't do this. He pitched the film to at least six studios, all of whom rejected it, claiming audiences wouldn't be interested in a movie where the main couple doesn't meet. Desperate, uh, his agent submitted the script to a producer called Gary Foster in 1990. Foster usually discards scripts that don't captivate him in the first 25 pages, but he mistakenly passed page 25 and didn't notice. He wasn't enthralled by it. He just didn't realize he'd passed page 25. Yeah. And by the time he actually made it to the end, he was crying over the pages. So immediately noticing the script's potential, he hoped Sleepers in Seattle would serve as his breakthrough film as a producer and submitted the script to TriStar Pictures. Uh, he was able to uh, sort of strong arm um, the, an executive over at TriStar into reading it because at first he passed it on to his, his junior people as they do. who didn't realize that because it was unconventional, they thought it was crap. And he went, no, no, you read this. Yeah. And when he read it, he actually got the uh, 
got 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 the word for it. So as a result, this is the first script that. Uh, I think it was David Arch was his name. Uh, where he he uh, was optioned as a film. Tristar, no, just sorry, Jeff Arch. Uh, Tristar insisted that the wistful script be rewritten to make the film and each character edgier and quirkier, particularly Sam and Annie, who were felt were a little too schmaltzy. Um, Foster, the producer, felt the script lacked sophistication and completely, uh, I'm sorry, complexity required to elevate this sentimental story beyond treacle. <laughs> uh, so he informed Arch we're interested in changing writers to sharpen the script. So congratulations, your film's being made. Your film's made into a movie. We don't want you to do anything else with it. Wow, it's the opposite of Boondocks. So, yeah. <laughs> so does he get paid well for it though? Yeah, yeah, he still gets story by credit, and he'll get like a percentage. I think it's something like. A, is it two percent? There's some metric. Maybe zero point five percent. There's some metric where you get so much of the. Of the revenue. Now, he'll have a story credit, so I think that's half the writing, his yeah. story, and then he'll get a third of the other half. So I guess he gets, oh, now I have to go into tenths. Wait, a third of the other half. Oh, my, I have to do a third of a half. That's a sixth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a sixth. So he'll get four sixths. Oh, two thirds. There you go. Oh, yeah. Math. <laughs> I can do it. Uh, I look forward to someone telling me how I got this wrong with like a big tweet coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Take a picture. <laughs> Um, uh, where we are. So he was kicked off his own movie in replace of a writer whose work he was not pleased with. And they were going to do things like, let's move the whole film to New York, but we won't put the Empire State Building in it. You go put the Empire So you lose the cross country thing, and the cool bit at the end, you get rid of that. So that's kind of, eh. So Jeff Arch begged Foster and the, the, at the time director, Nick Castle, to hire a better writer who's going to take this way up to the next level because he admitted the script was not funny enough. So they interviewed at least 10 potential writers before hiring a guy called David S. Ward to rewrite the script. Um, his big change that he did was he's the one who got Jonah to call the radio station. Oh, okay. mm. Up until this point, Sam had just done it himself. Yeah, and what reason is like a, a you know a, a regular guy? The quote is: "No self-respecting man would deliberately call a radio show to share his emotional grievances." <laughs> although, although when he does and he finds out, he doesn't really put much to fight, put much of a fight for it, does he? He goes, oh, "All right, sit yeah, down. but cool. at least it's a more organic reason than just this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ward's like this couldn't work in in the UK. No, no. <laughs> Ward suggested that Sam be concerned, coerced by Jonah and Rivi and how he feels about his late wife to several single women throughout the country, including Annie. That didn't obviously make it in. Uh, Arch credits Ward with convincing the studio to not give up on the film, believing his Academy Award for writing The Sting, nineteen seventy three, helped them take it, the film seriously as a film. Uh, as a film. Uh, how the studio can t- still push for an edgier and quirkier film and. And therefore, uh, they went, we need to go further. And so they hired Nora Ephron. Um, the, the, the producer, Mr. Ward, had been a fan of her work on Harry Met Sally. So she was the first choice to um, rewrite the script, but she wasn't available at the time. But now she is. So she was looking for script doctoring jobs because she just made her directorial re- re- debut and it bombed. So she <laughs> was like, I need some money. I need to rebuild my yeah. um, reputation Rep- in Hollywood. Yeah. She said, yeah, this is fun, and I can make some money. So that was her whole point for doing it. She found the original version simple and unfunny, uh, but she did like the romantic ending with the Empire State Building and was interested in several ideas discussed in Ward's second draft, such as how movies affect people's perception about romance, a very meta, a movie about romance movies, in a Mm -hmm. sense. Um, 
she assured Foster she could rewrite the script within three weeks and make it a funnier version without it making it into a comedy, still keeping it as a romance. Uh, she specifically uh, improved Annie and Jonah's roles, and uh, according to uh, insiders, contributed most of the film's dialogue while de-emphasizing much of the sentimentality in the original script. Um. The, the original writer, uh, Jeff Arch, did not think all of Efren's ideas particularly elevated the film, describing them to be quite different as writers. They, he likened it to a parent and a step-parent of the same kid. <laughs> However, they shared a strong love for classic films, and Efren admitted she once considered an affair to remember to be the greatest movie ever uh, she'd ever seen. Uh, Efren said the final film did turn out funnier than even she had imagined. Uh, the studio's director, Nick Castle, was uh, left over disagreements with the edgier script. He was the only one besides, I guess, the original writer who didn't like it. He felt that it stripped the film of emotion. So uh, as a result, she was then asked, well, do you want to direct it? And she was like, yeah, all right, and recruited her sister, Delia, to help improve several scenes. Her sister's put down as an assistant producer and not with any screenwriting credit. Um, they consider Sleepless in Seattle to be a secret present to their late parents, who were also screenwriters, as well as a love letter to classic Hollywood movies. Quote, a movie about love that was also about movies about love. Ephra named to direct a timeless film in which audiences could watch for several years without feeling like it was made in 1993. The internet's going to make that very difficult with the premise no, of this film. It felt, it felt very 90s. Uh, Premier reported that once Ephraim became involved, the film changed from a script everyone turned down into one that everybody wanted to be involved with, and the list is long. Wow. Although Arch did not agree that Ephraim saved the film, he understood that sometimes you're not the star, but if you keep doing your job right, you will be the star, and maintains that several scenes ultimately remained almost exactly how he'd envisioned them in his first draft, despite several rewrites. I'd say to Mr. Arch, look, you're kind of attached to this thing forever as your one big breakout thing. Yeah. Take the win. Take it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that's the the very long. Sometimes we have short context corners. Sometimes context corner is more like a city block rather than a corner. <laughs> Can you imagine if Phoenix did that? This, I mean, this could be a film unto itself. Like the story of how this gets made. Yeah, like it really could. A lot of them could take in there. A movie, especially if you had a romantic interest, you could have a love movie about a love movie that's about Hollywood love movies. <laughs> <laughs> could get very meta. Uh, so we begin our deep dive. We get TriStar on the prologue, and I don't remember this at all. Oh, I love TriStar. I don't remember this. At, I remember TriStar. I don't remember the bit in Chicago. Not for a moment. No, I don't think I did either. I don't remember anything before Jonah's, before Jonah phones in. Yeah, I think you're right. So we were in Chicago, and he just goes, we hear this voice going, Mommy got sick, and it happened just like that. And he says, we start asking why, we'll go crazy. And it's this beautiful shot of Chicago in the background. This is like, if you're going to die in Chicago, this is where you want to be buried. And do you know how I always know it's um, Chicago? Because I call it the Taser Tower. Is it the Sears Tower? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I call it the Taser Tower because I look like a Taser. Does it look like a Taser? <laughs> yeah. As opposed to the Tizer Tower. Tizer. What is Tizer? It's like a red soda, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What yeah. is it? It's an old, old fizzy drink, I think, isn't it? Well, Over here. I, I think yeah, so, yeah. but what's the flavor? Uh, that is the question. Uh, red apple. I'll find apple out. Tizer or am I no, 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 this is something either. different. It's got like, oh, almost okay. like a little demonic face on it, doesn't uh, it? Red colored citrus flavored, it says, but... <laughs> Mm. Unspecific citrus. It's like Gatorade Blue. What's in it? Blue. Blue. <laughs> uh, where are we at here? Um, so we. Uh, so it is just the boy and his dad on one side, all the mourners on the other, and uh, we meet. Uh, we meet Sam, played by Tom Hanks. His ninth appearance on the pod. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now undisputed number one. 
yeah as it currently sits can you name the other nine eight okay uh poly 13 yep uh league of their own league of their own job versus the volcano that's three yeah um first camp four uh toy story toy story five big six uh i don't know what i thought uh oh I don't know. Okay. Uh, why are we always meeting at Christmas? Mm. You want to hear a joke? Knock, knock. Oh, catch me if you can. Oh, someone, someone go, who's there? Why do, who's, who's there? there? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> why do I always get that one? And that's one of the brilliant movies. The composer for this also did the Broadway adaptation oh. of Catch Me If You Can, so yeah. Terminal. No, we haven't done, we haven't done Terminal. Have we? No. When did I watch that then? Uh, probably, no, when, we did, probably when we did probably when we did the hanks for the, for the memories the, uh, the round table. Okay, yeah. what if i went how did we get here i brought you here for i'm spartacus oh 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 oh, oh that thing you do, do, yes. do, do, do. What I, I, I could do the intro drum beat to that thing what right? I, like, <laughs> I, yeah, I love that film yeah so written and directed by tom hanks himself yeah, so yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. we got there yeah yeah um, so, and uh, his wife's in this as well isn't she yes yeah, she is jeff arch had written sam with a different actor in mind Mm. Who actually could have done this? Um, let me. Think. Who was who was really big in the early nineties? Probably the biggest actor in Hollywood in the early nineties. Mel Gibson. Nope. I can tell how tired my I am because my brain um, went to Hillary Clinton. Where does that come nope. from? <laughs> nope. I don't know. Um, Tom Cruise. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Wrong kind of movie. Yeah. Someone yeah, who could have pulled this off. Of no, biggest biggest star, and it would have worked. It's not Leo, is it? No, no, Leo, no. no. I don't know. I don't know time frames. Um, is is Depp big in the 90s? No, no he's not old not enough. Right. It's got to be someone who's around 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the or mid-30s to early 40s in the early 90s. Give us a, give us a movie they might uh, Well, if I give you the movie, you're going to get it instantly. So I'm going to try and Bruce go. Willis. I'm going to try and go somewhere else. <laughs> no. Uh, what if I did? You know it's true. Everything I do. Yeah. Kevin Costner. Yeah, Kevin Costner. Yeah, he could have I don't even know. Who is... He's oh. Robin Hood and Robin Hood. Yeah. Uh, he's, bodyguard. But the, yeah, he's in the bodyguard. The he is the bodyguard in the bodyguard. Yeah. Uh, he's not Dances with Wolves in... Well, yeah, actually, Dances he, with Wolves. He is Dances with Wolves. They call yeah. it, yeah. He's, yeah, he's yeah. Dances with Wolves and Dances with Wolves. He's the postman and the postman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've seen any of those films, so I feel a bit bad. Well, he's not Waterworld in Waterworld. <laughs> I haven't seen the postman. I haven't seen Waterworld. I've never seen Dances with Wolves all the way through. Do you know what? I think Waterworld get a bad rap. Because I watched that probably three or four years ago, and that wasn't as bad as I remember it. But Kevin Costner was the undisputed king of the box office. Yeah, he was. For about three years. Yeah. Three, four years. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Perfect and World. Don't know that one. No, Clint Eastwood, I think I was. But he would but he would have been fine in this. He'd he have been great. Done. He would have done. Yeah. Yep. A little bit stoic, because that's who Sam is, basically. Especially what? if he was going a little bit more sentimental and not as funny, he'd be really great in Do this. you know something? I think I'd probably like it more if it was him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a different pair of actors had originally been envisioned in the two lead roles, but once they, once Nora Ephron came on, they actually removed them. I couldn't find out who these two people were. Oh. Probably because you don't want to say, yeah, we got rid of these people because they wouldn't be funny. Um, having grown weary of playing goofy, immature characters by this point in his career, Hanks initially turned down the role because he was unhappy with the original script, but was drawn towards Ephron's revisions because he felt her version of Sam was more serious than the previous roles he'd played. Despite her interest in Hanks, Efren wasn't sure he could play a romantic leading man in the vein of Cary Grant until she met him for the first time. Now, well, after he's cast, Hanks does go to Efren and say, look, the character's underwritten. 
mm. what you've got for Sam is not good enough. Yeah. There's some, and he, he, yeah. So Hanks and Efren agreed his character wasn't underwritten. Uh, Efren invites, invited him to help rewrite his character, which ultimately resulted in a grumpier, funnier Sam. So I think anytime he gets snarky, yeah. I think we have to consider that a Hanks rewrite. Oh, okay. Um, Hanks did not truly commit to the role until he, Efren, and Delia, uh, Delia Efren, uh, re- reviewed his character scene by scene, improving his part. Wow. <laughs> He comes off as a little bit of a diva here. He does, doesn't he? Uh, it's going to get worse. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Hanks and Efren sometimes disagreed over his character's actions, with Hanks accusing the director of making Sam too wimpy by writing him from a woman's perspective. I got no issue with that. I'm oh. not. No. Well, hang on, Ethan, because what we saw is the, is the version that was, that was changed. Yeah. So he was going, you're making, he's like, you're writing a role where Sam is Jonah's mum. Yeah. It's a maternal role. He says you need to keep the, the idea that this is a paternal role. And he's he 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 misses this and he realizes his son's missing this maternal role. Yeah. And you don't do that by turning him into the mom. Now it's a very much it's he's nineteen not a clownfish. It's nineteen ninety two, right? Gender three. roles are three. Gender roles are very specific still, as we're gonna find out. There's a couple of lines in this movie that don't there age well. Yep. Yeah. Um and so they go with that. Uh, he also complained that better lines have been written for the kid <laughs> and lobbied for Sam and Jonah's relationship. I said to be more paternal than maternal. Yeah. He on his days off, probably why he's not very happy on his days off. He's going and he's doing the voice work for Woody in Toy Story. Oh. And if you remember, the original script for Toy Story is actually really mean spirited. It was. Yeah. We talked about this where he yeah. was like, this guy's not likable. So yeah. you're doing that on your days off and you're coming back to this. So yeah. I think he's just like, he's a hardworking guy, Tom Hanks. Yeah. And he's always had like a producer's kind of perspective. So yeah. Yeah, he has, hasn't he? Yeah. Mm. At work, some guy gives Sam the card for a shrink. And I'm like, the guy's just trying to give you, like, hey, you're struggling. Let me give you Trying this. Trying to help you, yeah. And he comes you don't with, have to do anything with it. Like, no, you can just take it and go, thank you very thank much. Thank you, yeah. Like, a small thing would be, uh, when I lost my mom, uh, I chose to go back to work, like, the next day. Yeah. And they were like, why are you in? And I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm in because, what am I going to do, sit at home and, and like, I can't fly home? No. What am I going to do? Because it was COVID, right? Well, what am I going to do? Yep. Yeah. Right? Uh, at best, I can... I can run off a, 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 a tarmac, get into a space where I can't hug my family. Yeah. And then go spend two day, two weeks in quarantine. It's like be closer to your family, but not actually be able to be no. with them. And then, yeah. and then have to wait, get two weeks quarantine on the way back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so if it was like, my family was like, don't come. Um, we can't do a proper memorial, anything like that uh, in the, in the term as it is. So that was that. And so I remember I told the students, like, I'm going home. Mom's not well, yada, yada, yada. And then when I was back in, I went, I think you guys can probably figure out what's happened. They went, yeah, okay, yeah. And That's, then they, they sound really good. And then at Christmas, this one boy came up to me, last lesson before Christmas break. Yeah. He goes, I hope, I hope your mom gets better, sir. Oh. Now, there's two oh. things I could have done. Yeah. I could have, I could have yelled and screamed and gone, how, how can you be so insensitive? How do you not pick up on this? Or I could go, this is someone who, even though he's he's wrong. Yeah. The sentiment was still He's trying to give me a sense of, oh, jeez. Says it's got limited space remaining. Oh, okay. That's okay. I can fix that. Uh, let me finish the story. <laughs> I didn't know how urgent it was. Sorry. 12 minutes left. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. Well done, we, we missed that last week. Last week, we just went, oh, stop recording. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, and so he comes up to me and he goes... 
So she says that, and I'm going, I can either put him in his place and go, no, you realize, or go, oh, no, they didn't. And so I just went, thanks a lot, I appreciate that. And he, he went off, and I went, because his heart wasn't in a bad place. No, it wasn't. His heart no. was in a good place. Yeah. And I can deal with most things in life if the heart in, in, is, is in a good place. Now, Tom Hanks, on the other hand, not so much. And part of this is just to show the frustration of all these people who are like taught. I think part of it's about men. Part of this film is about men not talking about their feelings. That's a huge part of this film. Because who finally gets him to talk is when Jonah interferes. Yeah, but the thing is, whether you're either an asshole about it or you're not, aren't you? I mean, like you said, the the kid got it wrong, but you still said thank you very much. You know, if you was if I was Tom Hanks and I'd gone through that, I'd gone. I appreciate you know what you you know the sentiment, but I need to figure this out myself. All right, and so yeah, uh, what did you? Yeah, so you know he's grieving. Yeah, it's what's happening. He's grieving, and that so he's not responding well. Maybe this is how he was reacting backstage to people, and they just thought, just write it in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I'll tell you what, the worst doesn't come yet. Oh no! Oh, no. Uh, depending on how you feel about it, but definitely something where you're like, ooh, it's supposed to be the didn't nice know guy Tom Hanks. Didn't know Tom yeah. Hanks was this guy. Uh, he's got a couple of spin doctors yes uh sam kind of snaps at the guy he thinks what they need is a change and he goes yeah go camp and he goes no no real change i get a new city where everything everywhere i look it doesn't remind me of of her and i can't relate to this in the sense of having a partner die i can refer to a divorce mm-hmm. and go i had to move i'm like i need to get out of here because the walls are just like full of memories yeah but i see things differently I redo stuff and with other people and create new memories. Right. But so, but yes, yeah, so my thought was I didn't move country or anything like that or, or city, but I was like, I need to move out of this house. Cause oh, that yeah, room, yeah, yeah, that I remember the happy memory there and, and, and the he, bad fight there. And the thing he was oh, yeah. talking about like street corners and cafes and delis and different yeah, it just gives him a, it gives our film a scope. So does that mean he'll never go back to Chicago again? Yes. Oh, well, not now. Theoretically. Yeah um where are we at here uh place doesn't remind him of maggie and there's a flashback i don't remember maggie being in this film at all and she shows up a couple of times in this yeah. film i don't either so maggie sam and jonah are going to wrigley field with the cubs i'm going to see the cubs when they come to london in a couple hey, of weeks fantastic uh he wants to move to seattle and then we f- boom he's in seattle they're <laughs> at the airport why and- seattle because you, you just yeah. moved from the windy city yep to the rainy city there you go <laughs> when because you like, you know he likes to complain about the weather yeah. <laughs> uh, we meet Susie, played by rita wilson her second appearance in the pod the first time was oh another tom hanks movie gotta be yeah i think you do say that thing you do because she's married to tom she's that super hot waitress she is. and i'll say this that's she like is. that's like two or three years after this yes she's way hotter in that than she is in this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. like she i'm like tom hanks lucky man in that thing you do yeah in this one i'm like oh she looks old but she looks like she does now kind of I yeah think. Like, i don't think she's aged since this no no she's aged really well rita wilson yeah as is tom hanks to a degree he knows who he is yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say he, I'm not saying he has an age. I'm saying he's aged well. Like he was a goofy looking guy in his twenties. He, he was, yeah, 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 you're right. Um, and so we meet Peter Wilson. Um, so Hanks's wife, Rita Wilson, originally auditioned for another part in this film, but mm-hmm. Ephraim preferred her for this role instead, which is apparently Sam's sister, yep. which isn't made really that clear. They just no, hug it. It's like of, they're friends. You, yeah, you kind yeah. of 
think that. Uh, Which the director found particularly convenient because Wilson would already be in Seattle because her husband's Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she gives her husband guidance about... So, Rita Wilson is giving her real-life husband guidance about when to start dating new people rather than grieve his fictional wife. That's weird, isn't it? Love that. Just a weird thing that only happens in Hollywood, yeah. I guess. Sam snaps back that he's not going to just meet a new girl and then grow a new heart. And her husband's like, hey, she didn't mean it like that. <laughs> did you recognize the husband? Um, no. I feel like I did. This is Victor Garber. <gasps> yes, yes, I do. Yeah, he's from The Flash. Is he? Flash? He's from Alias. Um, I don't know that. Not Flash, is he? What's that thing where... Uh, You're the one trying to tell me, so I have no idea. Some DC I thing. I'll Google him. Um, oh, oh. Le- Legends, this, maybe? No. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he's he's Dr. Martin in The Flash. The Flash. See, The Flash. Yeah. But I can tell you that it's his second appearance on the pod. Oh, God. And I can't hit the table for this one because it's not that thing you do. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I've seen it because I just saw his IMDb, so I'm abstaining. I'm sorry I didn't build you a stronger boat. Uh, oh. Oh, that, uh, that sounds familiar. Oh, my word. Really? Is it? It's not Jaws, is it? No. Oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the full line. Miss Rose, I'm sorry I didn't build you a stronger boat. Ah, uh, of course, uh, Titanic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah he's the engineer. He plays, yeah, 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 yeah. Who's built the boat and he's there because he wants to be there on the first yes. sort of rush, yeah, and he apologizes yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's just bewildered. He just stays kind he, of... He plays Bruce, doesn't he? Bruce is, is me. Yeah, and he just yeah, sort of yeah. stands... When everything comes through, he stands in the, uh, the, the bottom of the staircase, kind yeah. of, or he just stands there. He doesn't yeah. move. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so... Um, like that. He said, and so he's like, "Come on, Jamila." He goes, "Yeah, I know, but it just doesn't happen like that twice." Mm. And so we get the title sequence. Uh, it's Jimmy Durante. As time goes by, love Jimmy Durante. He's the oh. guy whose name I couldn't come up with and, last week. And whenever you hear that sort of music or Louis Armstrong, you think of New York, don't you? Yeah. I just think of old, like old school America. I yeah, like that, yeah. where men wore hats and trench coats and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, each actor and crew member was uh, put beside a star in the sky. I mean, a map of the U.S. is placed in front of us and is illuminating as the sun goes on and the sun's rising behind the horizon. And this 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 map of the U.S. will be a thing in the movie. I really quite like this. I liked it as a way to go. Here's where we are. Here's where we're going. I like How come it didn't have um, California travel by map? Did it not? there's a branchy bit that comes down of california oh no hang on by the time it branches down and goes down now you're in mexico are you when it splits you're in mexico oh yeah yeah, very much so that's why it's not then oh i didn't know that that's the mexican part of california so california is mexico is it no california is the united states but there's another part that's still can it's still called california the bit that splits and there's a little bit of water between it yeah yeah, yeah. that's in mexico oh no in the mainland there is no separation on the southern border because i was like that don't look right to me yeah because it's missing yeah it's missing so you used to see this like part of like a North American overall map. Yeah. So you would see that bit chipping down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's that, that's that's uh, makes sense. That's now. make a make a race for the border. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so um, we Baltimore. Eighteen months later, and good we meet, morning, Baltimore. And we meet uh, Annie, played by Meg Ryan. Her third appearance on the pod. Georgia, any ideas? Joe versus volcano is one. The other one, I don't know. Top Gun. Top Gun's right. Uh, is she the the lady in Top Gun? She's no, the she's the wife. She's she the wife of the guy who dies. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, take me home and make love to me, or lose yeah. me forever. Yeah, take me to bed. Or leave take me, me to forever. bed or lose me forever. <laughs> They're adorable. Uh-huh. Those two. She's so much better than, uh, than Kelly McGillis is so in that film, better. and she has so much better chemistry with Tom. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They should have. 
if I could go back, and plus she's short, if I could go back and redo it, could she play the brassy like I'm from the government type? I'd like to see her try. Hard to know, though. Kelly McGillis is good at the I work for the government the sort of side, bit, yeah. but she's not so good when it's just her and Tom. No. Nah. But when you, if you remember, if did you see Maverick, Top Gun Maverick? Yeah. Yeah. When they did the flashbacks, yep. Kelly McGillis was- Is not in it. No, I saw- no, I the saw back of her Ryan. head. Yep. Yeah. Efren promised uh, Foster, the producer, that her revised screenplay would be deserving enough for actors like Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, the latter with whom Efren had written the character of Annie in mind, as had Jeff Arch, both based on a performance in When Harry Met Sally, which, remember, Nora Efren was a writer on. I have to say. The writer for, sorry. When Harry Met Sally is a great movie. Great movie. Great little movie. We'll do it at some point without question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, several actresses pursued the role of Annie once they learned of Efren's involvement, including, guess. what do you got? Sandra Bullock. No, it's before she's big. Oh, okay. Speed's still a couple of years away. Oh, is it? Speed's 94? Uh, a year or two then. Yeah. Uh, so, Julia Roberts. Yep. Kim Basinger. Yep. Fives. Oh, I love Fives. She couldn't have done this. <sighs> she could not have done this. Sharon Stone could not have done this. No way. Jodie Foster. Definitely could have done this. Yeah, you got have that kind of. Um, Julia Roberts maybe, maybe could have done this. Demi Moore, I think could have done this. I do. Yeah, Madonna. No way no. could she have done this. No. What I got to play this like introspective demure? Yeah, no, it's not happening. I do like Madonna as an actress, though. No, but I agree. I just don't think she knows necessarily where she's best situated. No. But Ephraim was determined to cast Ryan, having worked with her and enjoying working with her on Harry Met Sally. Ryan initially expected the star in the film opposite her then-husband, Dennis Quaid. Can you imagine that? Wow. Yeah. Who is Dennis Quaid? Uh, we talked about a little bit, before, I think, before, must have been before you got here. Um, they were in a film together called Inner Space, I think. Sure. He was never be- He was never box office. He was never big, oh, okay. was he? No. He was more like... Um, Tom Hanks was big. Yeah. <laughs> 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 He was more um, supportive. He was, he was like Bill Pullman. Because we talked about him with something to talk about, didn't we? Yeah. With Julia Roberts, when really it's about her. It's her. He's just the guy on the poster next to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, he's, he's a fine actor, but yeah. he's, he's not box office. No. Uh, however, Efren felt Quaid was not funny enough to play Sam, a role she in the studio thought was more suitable for Hanks. I also think he's a bit older. Mm. I think Hanks has got like five to ten years on him. Yeah, I think he has. I think. The film's costume designer, Judy Ruskin, was careful to dress Ryan in modest, loose-fitting clothing to demonstrate Annie's pure heart, as per Efren's direction. Yeah. So there we go. According to Nora Efren, you can't, uh, you can't have cleavage and be a good person. Damn it. Damn. You can. <laughs> I, I, I get what they're going for. Yeah, I get what yeah, they're going yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Some of the, some of, like, some of the verbiage in this film, I don't know about that, yeah, but yeah. yeah same. <laughs> Let's meet Walter, played by Bill Pullman. I think it's really hard to convince me Bill Pullman's a, a nerd. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> I think the film struggled when the guy who you could have put in that role was right there. Yep. But we'll get to him in a minute. So uh, Bill Pullman originally assumed he would have a larger role in the film as Walter, since Sleepless in Seattle had been pitched to him as a love triangle, similar to a film called The Philadelphia Story. Uh, envisioned himself as the James Stewart character to Hanks' Cary Grant and Ryan's Catherine Hepburn. There you go, classic Hollywood fans. Yeah, uh, He's trying to figure out who would be who, and they're going to go to Christmas. He's going to meet the family. He's done his research. Bless him. Like He's not a bad guy in this. I feel bad. No, and he takes it really well. I'm going to talk about that when we get there. Yeah, too well. Megs. 
<laughs> jumping ahead just a bit there. Sorry. No, no, but you're right. Um, no, he's just, he, he, he's not, his crime is he's not who she wants. Yeah. That's not his mm-hmm. fault. And she needs to be a lot more honest a lot sooner than she is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the film goes out of its way with multiple characters telling us, no, you're okay. Yeah. And I'm not sure. Linus, yeah. I'm not sure about this at all, but we'll, we'll talk about that. His worst crime is being allergic to strawberries. Yeah, he's just allergic to stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They go to Christmas dinner and Annie has an announcement. It's just like, oh, well, we have an announcement. We're engaged. There's like no preamble. No, nothing. Just cut right to the chase. <laughs> I feel if you're meeting the family and the parents for the first time, how I can't remember if they say how long they've been together. I know this is a movie thing and I, I, like times have changed. I, I've never been imagined being like, I'm engaged before meeting someone's parents. It's America, dude. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's. I mean, if we're looking at the UK, how far are you away from your parents in most situations, I suppose? That is true. You know what I mean? Like, you're within a geographic... Like, America's a big place. It is. Yeah. So... Um, drive one end of... Like, hours. She's in that car for hours. Clearly, yeah. we see. Yeah. Even, like, mm. the UK, but on the UK to the top is, what, like, 12 hours total, isn't it? Like, like, where are they... She's driving to Washington. I forget where her parents live. She's in Baltimore. Like these the are these are cons- like this is a lot of it's not like England where these towns are like thirty minutes away from each other. Where she lives though is a really nice place. What her house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought her house was her parents' house. And I thought, no, no, no. Well, this is the parents' house. It's much yeah. bigger. Yeah, but she- <laughs> but her place was fine too. It was lovely, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. So uh, I don't know if anybody else saw him, but Niles Crane is in the background. Yeah, I I, I wasn't expecting to see Niles. I got very happy and thought he'd be a bigger part. Again, David Hyde Pierce. I'm trying to think if he's been in anything else that you'd know, George. Treasure George Planet. Me- he's well, okay. The- that doesn't really help with the yeah. face, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Treasure Planet. He's the loser who wins the, the goat guy. He's the goat guy who ends up with the captain oh. at the end of it. He's also the stick insect in A Bug's Life. Ah. Yeah. So I know it's, I, I recognize the name, but I was like, I don't know. Is he a stick insect? I think he's a stick insect. Yeah, because he's always saying about Shakespeare. He's so. in Frasier. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also see Frances Conroy talking about bees. Her husband's allergic to bees. Frances Conroy, it's her second appearance in the pod. If you figure out who, where she's also been in, prize for you. Because <sighs> we're going back to episode five. Oh, my God. She plays the mum and Joker. Wow. So we're going 25 years later. Whoa. Yeah. I can't believe that was an early one we did. That's Joker. A, episode, we did Dark Knight episode four, and I was yeah. like, let's compare them. And we did. Because wow. <laughs> we didn't know we'd still be here on episode 178. Who knew? Yeah. Hey, who so knew? I was like, if we're only going to be here for so long, let's get some of them out of the. Let's, let's, do, let's do big movies. <laughs> big, big, big movies. And then it was like, oh, shoot, we need to have a couple left in the chamber. So yeah. then it was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know what we're doing for 200. I'll say that much. The joke is on us. Oh. I do know what we're doing for the Bicentennial. Ooh. You Excite- are. How about telling you? Exciting. Um, oh, by the way, do you remember you had to pick a movie for, for next week? Yep. Okay, there we go. Oh. We, we, we had, uh, because of um, his deployment or mission or whatever, wherever he is right now, the person who would have been joining us on a BFF of the BFE episode, we're just going to reschedule it for later in the summer. And so therefore, whose turn was? You know what the last film that someone picked was? No. You ready for this? 11-minute car chase. <laughs> no. That was Bullet. Bullet. How long ago was Bullet? That was ages ago. It was, I it was just like, moved into my house. It was like late last year. Yeah. 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 Like October, November time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like not Christmas time either. Yeah. So it's been like seven months and someone got to pick something. Wow. Yeah. There we are. Well done. 
So we'll see what Georgia comes up with. Oh, can't whoop, wait. Whoop. Um, and so um, he's allergic to everything, not salmon, we find out, but he's allergic to strawberries. That's quite common, to be fair, though. Well, to be allergic to strawberries. Yeah. Okay. And tomatoes. I hear a lot of that. Yeah. Mm. And I hear today, 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 today. I can say myself, 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 the luckiest man, man, man on the face of the earth. Earth, 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 earth. earth. <laughs> which they say, oh, Pride of the Yankees, which is a movie, but I'm, all, I'm way more familiar with it from the actual footage of Lou Gehrig doing the speech at the baseball game. I don't know if you guys would be, because you're obviously not yeah, from no. North America. Nope. But, you know, Lou Gehrig, who, a, a, ADS, yeah, is named after, um, which we call Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's my knowledge of the guy. Oh, uh, is that like, uh, a form of stuttering or something. Oh, no. Lou Gehrig's disease kills him. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. But today, 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 today. Oh. That's the sound of an old microphone going through the stadium. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. Like, like, he doesn't have like miss, a tremor or something. I misinterpreted. Miss <laughs> no, that's his voice carrying around and hitting all the walls. Oh, I see. <laughs> that's funny. Uh. Off the harvest that. Uh, where are we at here? Uh, so they start planning... Um, the wedding and the uh, the wedding for both of them and the dress for uh, Annie, which I think they're both like way too. You could do this, you could do this, or I could have fun planning my own wedding. Yeah. Um, and then we get uh, they're both um, they're both ordered the oh, so the, the the story behind them is they both ordered the same boring sandwich, lettuce and tomato, but mine was on white and his was on brown and they got mixed up. Oh, funny! That's uh, cute. And he goes, oh, it's like destiny. And she goes, no, mom, destiny doesn't exist. It's just coincidence. And I'm like, which I'd love if she doesn't abandon all of this, like literally like two <laughs> minutes later. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think there is things like this, like couples find things like they're just little coincidences that you're bound to have in common once you dig deep enough with somebody. Of course. If, if I were to dig deep enough with you, I will find something that we have in common. On a, on a very specific, oh yeah, but on a very specific <laughs> level, where you'll go, oh, this must be destiny then, because we wouldn't surely would have this. And I don't want to crap on people's stuff. I know people who have done it because they, you know, their teach their fourth grade teacher had the same last name, and they go, oh, that's that's a, that's a sign. No, no, it's just if you dig deep enough, you'll find one coincidence in there. Who'd have thought that day you walked into the hall, you looked up on that stage? Did you ever at one point go, I'm going to be good mates with him? And have a podcast. <laughs> I was more What's thinking this 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 radiator is so hot. That's weird how things turn out, though, isn't it? Yeah. My my girlfriend and I went to like the same three comic conventions, like back to back, and someone was like, "Oh, it's like Destiny." I was like, no, we both just are like nerds. That make you have a common interest. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah, went to the. You're saying that two nerds went to the biggest convention in the country. Whoa. Yeah, um, like I remember one of my, my first serious girlfriend. She was born on the day I was baptized, and we're like, "Oh, it's a, it's a little sign." No, <laughs> it's no, a, it's a coincidence. Yeah. We're both we were both in the same year group as school, so it's only so many days it could be. It wasn't my birthday. It was uh it was then like my my baptismal day, which I only knew that well because in Quebec you got baptismal certificates which acted in place of your birth certificate at that point in time in history. Mm-hmm. So I had to know, so so I was, I was very much aware of my baptismal date because it was listed there and it lists my birth date as well, but it was it was like a legal document that proved who I was. Mm-hmm. There was a girl I went to school with um, in my junior year and high school and we were born on the same day. It was half an hour between us 
and her dad and my dad used to knock about as kids when they were younger. Yeah. But we didn't meet until, you know, we were probably, I don't know, seven, that sort of age. And uh, we thought, oh, we're born on the same yeah. day. Our dads know each other. Let's get together. <laughs> didn't really work. When we tried again in high school, <laughs> didn't really work. <laughs> my mum and my stepdad got divorced from their original marriages on the exact same day. Wow. And felt, and felt that was like, a, I'm like, can it really be a sign when it's about your old marriages ending? <laughs> oh, it's, we were being freed up for each other. I'm like, I don't think it's how it works. <laughs> Talking of uh, baptismal days, I knew this was in my camera roll. Um, this is my christening cake. You see the date I was christened on it? Aww. Oh, what day was it? It was the 23rd of January. Wow, they waited a while. Yeah, yeah, you, it was about six months. In fact, yeah, it, like it's exactly six months of the day. Okay, cool beans. So I think I got it was a, it was, a, was, like it was an eclipse, four. huh? It was an eclipse day. Total eclipse yeah. of the heart. Jim Steinman. Here we are. <laughs> uh, where are we at here? Um, you were. Yeah, doesn't believe in destiny. Oh, so yeah. Annie's mum tells her, her engagement story. And I appreciate the fact she went, oh, I know I've probably told you this a hundred times, but I don't care. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. Here comes exposition, and I'm going to make sure that they acknowledge I would have already yeah, told you the audience. story. Here we go. I was, I was okay with it. I was yeah, like, no, 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 yeah. if you're going to do it, at least. Your daughter's become engaged. Of course, she'll share your story as well. Yeah. yeah. And she asked, what was, she already asked, how did you meet? So now she's sharing her story. I'm totally cool with that. And it must be like this. And she's like, it's like magic. And you can see from <laughs> Annie's face instantly. Like, oh, oh I, haven't, I haven't had this. No. Mum starts talking about their sex life. <laughs> and Annie seems to respond in a positive manner. So how is it going? Like, clock, like clockwork. And I'm like, is that a good sign? Is it a bad sign? It's not really established for us. No. Um, but they hug and uh, there's a split seam. And instantly she goes, oh, no, it's a sign. She goes, I didn't believe in signs. It's been about 45 seconds. <laughs> <This> dress. <laughs> it's supposed to be her mum's, right? Grandma's. Grandma. No, I mean, come on. That wouldn't look that hey, It was like shiny. Shiny, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. You would have had to take it in to get like a dry cleaner. I don't care how well you've presented it. This uh, thing was like. And I call bullshit that she had fit into it that snug. Oh, it's well, a perfect fit. Yeah. You all saw when I wore, I wore my mum's for wedding dress for 12th night. night yeah. we? Like that was, it was an ivory color anyway, but that was like pretty grim around the bottom and those sorts of things. Cause yeah. it was like 25 years old. Sure. So yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. keep that well. No. No, not not, not that color. Yeah. No. No. Uh, so then, um, mom's like, Oh, Walter, it's a funny name. Is it, is he called anything else? It's formal. And she goes, Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe. And then we find out that nope, nope, that wasn't anything else. And they commute to Washington. And for some reason, she needs to send them ahead. I don't understand. I guess this is just for the setup of when she stops for a cup of tea. She can have that moment with the other people in the in the yeah because in the old school diner cafe. She needs to be dreamy over the in, in the car on her own. Yeah, but she? they're if driving talk- separate cars anyway. Yep. Um, yeah. True. She goes I guess back to get so, something, doesn't she? Yeah. yeah, but I think that's just to create space. I guess it must only be for this part for the part where she goes into the diner it has to be because otherwise maybe he'd see she was getting on the off-ramp and would go with yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. so uh on the computer washington she sings along badly i've got my old meg ryan's adorable in the car she is she ejects the tape and we get dr marcia fieldstone I-, I love talk radio i always have okay i want to know one thing yeah this dr marcia yep is she broadcast around the whole of america yes because I got the feeling it was a localized thing until... No. So what would happen is this would be something that would be picked up by a network of radio stations that would go coast to coast. Oh, okay. Because in the same way that we have network television, 
yeah. that would go from coast to coast, NBC or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, it's based on the same principle that radio has. You'd have a, you know, WNBC, K, you know, it was originally a, 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 a radio channel. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. the TV come, comes out of it. Same with CBS, I believe. Same with ABC. Yeah, Fox yeah. is the, is the TV only. They come in later. Yep. So they would have that, or even still, like even independent radio stations could, you could buy the rights to have this show here. So for instance, every Saturday morning, I woke up to Rick D's in the weekly top 40, <laughs> which was a program done out of LA, Yeah, but various radio stations across North America would, would carry that. Now, I don't think that was live, but it could have been live. Oh, okay. But yeah, it just depends if, if there's a great story that Bob McCowan, who I've frequently said was one of the... Uh, I don't know if inspiration is the right word I'm looking for. Influences maybe on me in doing this, in doing the, doing the pod. Yeah. His style. And there was a bit where he did it for Toronto Sports Radio, the Fan 590, but there was also a, a network that he would go to, which the fan was part of. And he said once they knew the baseball, the, the Toronto feed was getting preempted because there was a baseball game on. So he knew what he was doing wasn't getting it covered in Toronto. Yep. But he said they'd been on the air for about 45 minutes before someone ran in and they realized no one was playing them. Huh. Like they're supposed to be going across the country, and everyone's got something else on right now. So we're not actually being broadcast. So to be a situation like like this now, would they all carry it live? Maybe, especially if you want a call and feature. Sure, You'd have to. But no, the, these these things do exist. Yeah, so it's oh, not like one okay. radio tower is reaching the whole the whole country at once. That That's just seemed a bit odd. Yeah. No, no. Can I ask a potentially probably really stupid question? Sure. When you say coast to coast, I assume that goes up and down as well, and not just left to right. No, because America doesn't have a coast on the top. No, because. But does it reach, like, it doesn't literally just, like, do... Oh, no, do I go... No, when I say coast to coast, I mean nationwide. Yeah, it's just a phrase that goes, yeah, that means yeah, yeah, yeah. nationwide. I yeah. thought it was, but I was just kind of, like, because yeah. it, it didn't really know. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, it means everywhere. Whoever would whoever would, would buy into that sort of thing. Yeah. So it would be beamed and re-beamed across all over, and that would be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where are we at here? Split the wedding dress. Split the wedding dress. Oh, she's in the drive, right? So she ejects tape. We get Dr. Marsha Fieldstone. I love talk radio. Uh, talk radio is the is the precursor to podcasting is what it is. Of course it is, yeah. All it's done is it's made, it's not live, but in the same breath, you don't have to wait for it to come on. It gets delivered right to your device. Mm. And then that plays for you. It really is kind of a an interesting time so everything i know about podcasts and the things that i bring to this is based on hearing people talk about why what's effective in talk radio yeah and i've just sort of tried to apply it to this um she goes through the stations and then eventually and this is the thing back in the day you guys don't appreciate because you've always had unlimited music at your disposal it probably (laughs) feels like but um Back in the day, if your one cassette that you had wasn't doing the job and like, you know, they had to push the presets on an analog, <laughs> I've saved my stations. Yeah, yeah. And if they're not working, you don't even have the digital seek button yet. No. So, you, you know, unless you're going to you twiddle with the knob the whole time, yeah, twiddle them in, yeah. you'll go back to, okay, great, I'll go back and to this channel. And if you're traveling quite a distance, yeah. you, you've got to tune into different radio stations. Oh, because you'll lose signal. You'll lose signal. So yeah. there was a play uh, two different cities for two different universities for two different degrees but uh, they're both about three four hour drives and so yeah i would lose my stations at a certain point yep. so uh things like talk radio podcast it changed changed the game because when you really get far enough away you're like oh i'm gonna find a whole bunch of brand new radio stations yep. i don't know i don't know what to, what, what to do with where we are <laughs> so yeah as opposed to here where it feels like it's just the, i mean here's very much the other example it's the same five channels are just broadcast on different frequencies so you say mm. this when we were um, when I went up to Worcester with my friend Kaylee at the weekend last weekend, um, we were literally we had when we were like pulling back out into Worcester. 
she had Hart and Hart has localised stations as well. Yep. So once we were pulling, what, driving through Worcester in the city, she was like, oh, look, Hart Worcester's kicked in. Like, because it is, it's slightly different, like, presenters and, yep. like, news fees and stuff. So, so they, they, they generally, still... generally play the same music, yep. but they'll have different voices so it feels local. Yeah. Which you know is what? the problem, we, we lost KLFM in King's Lynn. We yeah. did. Is that now we have Greatest Hits Radio, yeah. and they'll have a couple of people going, they'll mention things about King's Lynn to trick you into thinking it's still local, but it's not, it's not local. Not, it's just a couple of people just sort of beaming in. When I was a kid, my dad had this, um, what do you call it, a boombox type thing? I don't know. Sure. With like cassettes and yep. uh, things and the radio yep and he used to mark on the top different radio stations oh, where, where they were on the dial yeah, yeah yeah right and one of them was called long wave radio atlantic 252 okay and i used to love it i think i was a german one i'm not sure but it was across the across the ocean anyway and um yeah and i used to tune into this and that's amazing how you could get long distance radio mm-hmm. and that used to because I just thought it was a localised thing, you know, an aerial, like you're just trying to get whatever masters up, whatever, because there's one in near the the cut bridges. Um, and I just think that was around just in local areas. And then to actually get something further a distance, it was great. Mum bought us when we were moving from the UK back to uh, Canada. Mm-hmm. She bought us like these Walkmans, but they didn't have cassettes and they didn't have cds it was before cds well not before cds are mainstream yeah um it was just radio so it was like a little portable device you could listen to radio with headphones and all that oh, stuff oh i think I and her thought, dials uh yeah probably yeah, yeah it was yellow i remember that much yeah, yeah. <laughs> i had one of those and her thought was as we went across the atlantic we could pick up different radio stations <laughs> that's fine except for we're way too you, far up you know too, what i mean yeah but even going across the atlantic there's nothing there yeah it's just water as it's well just the best we can hope for is, is we might catch the azores at some point <laughs> but actually the way it flies it's more like you're hitting iceland and greenland iceland, and then um, coming yeah, down yeah, yeah, of course. so yeah such as we had one of those at home and the only good thing well not the only good thing because klfm was brilliant but klfm's jingle and tagline was its frequency it was KLFM yeah. 96.7. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So because I knew that, like I was able to always choose Most stations would oh. try to put it in there. Like the fan was the fan 590 because on the AM dial it would be 590. Uh, you know, I can tell you all the old ones. Mix 99.9 doesn't exist anymore. Hasn't for years. <laughs> 102.1 The Edge in Toronto. One. one of the few, one of the few independent rock ones still available in cool. back home. Yeah. 102.1 that's the one that's the one station after oasis stopped being popular that would still play oasis oh, cool. <laughs> i was like give me up come on <laughs> they had to do a big uh they had to do a referendum of its listenership when remember when uh how was it called was it chasing cars is that what it's called chasing cars if i stay yeah. here yeah so they actually had a thing because it was popular and then, but it was like people were hating on the on the song, thinking it was too soft, it was too corporate, it was too mainstream. So they did a referendum. Okay, I think internet ages exist, but if you if you if you don't like it, we'll get rid of it. Yeah, but I, I think enough people voted to keep it. But it was like one of those big like we hate this song. It, it, song. it didn't. Re- it doesn't really fit the mo of it, of one two point one. The edge. Oh, okay. The edge isn't hard. The edge is alternative. Yeah. So as a result, this felt very mainstream. Oh, okay. They'd be like, hey there, Delilah. Great song. <laughs> is it alternative? No. No, not really. Yeah, he's a great song. Though. So the idea was one kind of played the stuff that no one else would play. They were they were people who would cultivate and curate music for you. You would discover new bands through this yeah. station. So it was like that. I'm going to have to turn the light on, so so much for the heat. 
Because <laughs> it's starting lights, to cool down now. Lights, so. Yeah, that's true. I'll get a little bit further. Joey, off, just trying to talk on your pages. So we don't nah, turn on. <laughs> Should be all right. Do you want um, me to turn the light on? Uh, no, I'll be all right. I'll just wait and I'll pitch to something and then it'll, it'll, it'll come on. Uh, where are we at here? Um, so I love talk radio. She goes to the station from the field. stone. we get Jonah and we hear his backstory. He thinks his dad needs a new wife and Meg Ryan does a great job because most of this is just Jonah doing his thing. And the whole time we just get Meg Ryan reacting she's to good, what she's hearing. She's a good reactor. She's, she's, you feel for her, and you and you, that's, you do the same. Well, I do the same thing when I'm in the car and I'm listening to something. I just go, "Oh yeah, oh I see. Oh that's not good. Oh." But it's her in a car with a camera in her face. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just she's very good. She is. Um, Can't wait to get to you've got mail because whoa, <laughs> we're gonna have like a jar every time Liam mentions you've got mail during this episode. <laughs> he's gonna put something in it. He can make me a coffee. Yeah. yeah. Is this the Top Gun girl? Coffee? Uh, yes, that's her. Yeah. Um, sorry, what is it? The Top Gun? This oh, for a while, we, for a while, yeah. we were stuck in, in Top Gun Maverick, weren't we? We were, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, although Liam mentioned it earlier today, so that still exists as well. <laughs> God, I love Top Gun Maverick. Um, so, uh, Doctor Fieldstone tries to get Jonah to run the phone to Sam, and we meet Jonah, played by Ross Malinger, your favorite child actor. Not the first Jonah cast. Hang on, ninety three. Oh, you, you 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 won't get it. Oh. Not the first Jonah they filmed scenes with. Ooh. Nathan Watt was originally cast as Sam's son, oh Jonah. No, I have no idea. This. I'm not buying it. <laughs> you almost fell for yeah, it. I looked at you and went, nah, it's too big. Because I looked up his IMDb. He's done nothing. Chicago Hearts uh, of the West. Yeah, I've never yeah. heard of this, man. Uh, but after working together on set for a few days, Hanks found the child actor to be disruptive on set while trying to film scenes he was not involved in. As a result, he was ultimately replaced, a.k.a. Wow. Tom Hanks got a kid fired from this movie. <laughs> Wow. And he never did anything else? Nope. Wow. <laughs> now, granted, Hanks, no, no, nicest no, no, guy in Hollywood. No, no, no. Granted, like, if you're trying to run a scene and the kid's making noise, like that would be like... But surely there'd be somebody on set, especially a parent or something, to go, calm, yeah. calm, calm boots. Be, yeah. you know? Whatever happened, I guess he pl- played played his card versus the kid's card, yeah? yeah. Uh, he was re- ultimately replaced... With Ross Malinger, an actor Efren remembered from earlier auditions, although Efren did not like some aspects of his appearance. So this joins in the Nora. Oh. Efren's not a great person either. No. I thought he was cute. Uh, I've got my notes here. What was originally fired after not getting on with Hanks was replaced by Ross Malinger, even though Efren didn't like his quote. So quote, her words, chipmunk chin. Or, quote, oh. fat neck. Oh, my God. <laughs> Chipmunk chin is just about all right, but fat neck? How could you say that to he, a kid? He, he, is, he is awfully necky. <laughs> Look at it. I, yeah, I watched kiss. it after doing the research. I went, he is quite necky. Yeah. <laughs> it's endearing. That's the question is, do you find it endearing or not? Yeah. yeah. He was the voice on a cartoon I watched growing up as a kid, So like, and I found that out. So, like, maybe I'm biased there, but, like, he's a cute little kid. Tom Hanks, looking back on the film, says, I was an extremely cranky actor at that time. He said that he was a little bit low on his own ego and felt that his voice needed to be heard on things. But he does remember coming in and saying, why does the kid have so many good lines? Give <laughs> um, a moment. And producer Gary Foster says Tom's being driven crazy and this boy keeps repeating dialogue off camera while Tom's trying to film a scene and he's not adding to the film right now. So I think Foster should let him off the hook a bit. Mm. Why was the kid not just taken off, off the set? set? 
there's the questions going who's leading who's leading the set yeah yeah mm. uh the phone call jonah gives the phone to sam hanks is great at playing catch-up because he's going to say what's happened who's so he's really good in this too that's and, kind of that side. And, and you know what he actually is quite endearing to the kid he does he, he acknowledges that you know yep. he's reaching out and he go he don't he don't just go oh no and hang up yep so. uh, he calls sam out and they're both listening on phones it's kind of a cool moment uh <laughs> Where they have they've got the longest cords for their phones. <laughs> and why would you have two in such a small? Oh, you'd have two. Would you? Yeah, They're really close together. We never had one. I think in North we America, had, not two. Is that normal? I think in North America, you kind of have a phone jack in most rooms. Would you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Would you? Yes. As the person who lived there, yes, you would. <laughs> <laughs> we had one. I phone. don't believe. <laughs> you. I remember, uh, in, in my in my house, we definitely had one in the living room. You wouldn't have one in the kitchen or anything like that, unless you specifically wired it for, and that's where the main phone Rose was supposed Andy. to be. Yeah, so, so some families probably might. Yeah. I'm trying to remember my, my friends' houses and where they had their phones now. Um, we had one upstairs for sure. Uh, Parents' I think, bedroom? And then I think we had a splitter that went from... What's a splitter? Well, it just takes one and takes one port and puts it into two. Oh. oh so, so they plug one side. Line on, is yeah. like two phones. Yeah. Uh, either side of the wall. So you telling no, me? No, it was like an extra. So you just—it's almost like you plug one in. If I had one on the wall right now, you could plug it in the wall and go yeah. boom, boom. So there's one port, and I go now. There's two. But in the same put, way, but why I could, would you put? Why would you put a phone? Two phones beside each other. Uh, you could run the other, you, the other one. You could run like like a nice long cable for oh, along the wall okay. and go. So I think that's how we got one from my sister's room. Because so we went up the stairs. If you went left, it was her room. Right, it was my room. And we just—I think she had the jack. She had the larger room. So I think we just sort of ran a cable across. And I don't know why. I was very rarely on the phone. Are you telling oh, okay. me, as a child, you never had to do the run down the stairs for the phone? Uh, no one was downstairs, and it was ringing. I didn't get like, a phone till ah! very late. I don't know. I'm trying to remember all the, all the houses we lived in. I didn't get a phone in my room till really quite late. And maybe that's a quintessential like English household thing is that there's one phone. It's usually at the one front phone. door, yeah. down the bottom of the yeah. stairs. Yeah. And you have to like, it will be ringing. And if everyone's upstairs or in the garden, someone's going, I've there's, got it. There's, da, definitely, da, 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 da. there's definitely one. No, there's definitely one per floor minimum. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh. Do you know what? My mate didn't have a phone, but there was a phone box beside his house. And my dad used to ring the phone box. We used to hang out beside the phone box. He'd ring it, and I'd answer and go, I'm now on my way home. Hang up. My first serious girlfriend, if you get into the, the boondocks of like, uh, or the boonies, you might say. The boonies. The boonies of... Uh, Is that where goon, goonies, goondocks come from? I don't know. Boonies just means like the, the middle of nowhere, like farmland. Oh, okay. I'm way out in the boonies. Like, civilization does not exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had something called a party line. And what a party line meant was, if you were using the phone in your house... The guy at the farm, three farms down, couldn't use the, the the phone at his house. Oh, okay. So a bit like the dial-up days, <laughs> you couldn't use the phone if someone was on the. Computer. Yes, but except for this isn't about your house only. This is the whole neighborhood. Whoa! So imagine if I couldn't <laughs> go on the phone because because my neighbor was making a phone call. Like that's what we're talking about. Wow! Did you kick someone off for like an emergency call, or does that not work? I don't know because I didn't live in I didn't live on uh, live yeah. a party line, so I just knew that sometimes she'd get in trouble because we were talking too long, <laughs> and it was like there's a party line you can't do this. I wonder when the days stopped when they used to have. Uh, and this is like 1998, 99. You know what I mean? Whoa. Like this is in the old days. The telephone exchange well, thing where you'd call the the, um, the switchboard. Switchboard. Yeah. No, I, I wonder how long that was. Switchboards are cool. You know, like, they do, don't they? And they're listening in. to your phone call though. They're going. Great oh, job. Boop, boop, boop. Great job to have. Oh, yeah. connect <laughs> And the whole idea about get, getting the wires crossed like that yeah. doesn't. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so, where are we at? No <laughs> idea. Is this going to um, be they're, Benny they're and both June? On the, they're both on the well, phone with a much Doctor. more sober Benny and June, but yes. <laughs> ba, 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 Benny oh, and the so, so she goes, 
He goes, I don't, he goes, I don't mean to be rude. And she goes, and I don't mean to invade your privacy. And he goes, sure you do. And at the same time, Meg Ryan goes, sure you do. Yeah. And it's in unison. So we go, oh, Aww. they should there be together. Go. And for the most part, they do a good job with, with this sort of pairing. Uh, with one exception I have. And he says, look, Jonah and I will get along just fine as soon as I break his radio. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. That's a good line. Uh, Sam, she, she goes, look, you know, you're sleeping. He goes, I'm sleeping fine. And Sam, Jonah goes, he's not sleeping. <laughs> And he goes, how do you know? He's like, you know, I live here too. And he goes, look, it's Christmas. What? And he, he kind of comes clean here. It's Christmas. What do I want me to do? Yeah. It's Christmas. My my wife was great at Christmas. And now it's me and my kid. And, and I'm trying to give him the best Christmas I can. But I also miss my wife as well. Yeah. On top of what he needs as a mother. And so Andy stops at a diner. And the diner's talking about Sleepless in Seattle. And then we cut. And it's obviously the conversation's been going on a while. Because Jonah's sleeping in uh, Sam's lap. And he's just sort of stroking his hair. I don't think ever, I, I never, because I'm too invested in the movies, these are characters and stuff. I don't think, like, okay, okay, let's go ahead, let's go back. Jonah, pretend to be asleep. We're <laughs> just going to stroke your head. <laughs> also, right, would they have had somebody on that line that long? If if you're going, this guy's gold, yeah, sure. I say, if it was causing, like, people to call in and stuff, then, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Keep him around. If the producer's going, this is great, keep going, keep going, keep going. This is the dream because, you know, I'm sure they get tons of women who are talking about this whole film. A big theme of it is men don't talk about their feelings. Yeah. And then what is this key moment? It's Sam. Talk, he finally lets the guard down and talks about his feelings really quite openly. And it's like one of the few times it's in the America. film. He, it's one of the few times he does. And he has this sort of uh, situation. And so uh, and he stops. Uh, I said it already. And he, she, Dr. Fieldstone goes, do you think there's anybody out there who you could love as much as your wife? And he's going, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try and wake up tomorrow and then I'm going to breathe in and breathe out. Remember to breathe in and breathe out. And then one day I won't have to remember. Yeah. This is very similar to his speech at the end of Castaway. Yeah. You know, tomorrow the sun will rise. Mm. Um, <laughs> you keep doing that. <laughs> George was like bouncing to like an imaginary rave in her head. I'm seeing 90s flashbacks. She's picked up sunglasses for some reason. Today is going to be the day that's going to throw it back to you. I'm on about nine hours sleep over the last two nights. So I am like in rave mode. Well, well, Sam's not. Sam hasn't slept in a month. Yeah. And he's got no sleep. It's it's Benny and the Jets is in my head at the moment because you said Benny and you. Okay. Um, So we get to here. And she goes, well, what was so special about your wife? And what a great response. He goes, how long's your program? Yeah. Yeah. Thousands of And we cut and Annie's crying as Sam goes into his life story. And he goes, look, I just can't explain it. The first time I touched her hand, it was like, and there's a pause. Magic. And they both go, magic. In unison again. So now in the span of, she went from, I don't believe in destiny to magic is real. And if you don't believe it, you're a muggle. <laughs> the only ever character who ever changed his worldview this quickly was Luke Skywalker. When he yells at Han Solo, if you don't believe in the Force, do you? Oh, uh, that Family Guy said it best. That thing you didn't know about about an hour ago? No, I don't. Um, and then we get a very soulful somewhere over the rainbow as Sam puts uh, Jonah to bed. And I want to talk a little bit about Seattle, Washington as a setting. Um, it had always been the film's setting planned, uh, but the filmmakers only realized how significant the location was after they saw it for themselves. Uh, Jeff Arch was inspired to have Sam live in a houseboat upon watching a Seattle-based episode of This Old House featuring host Bob Vila uh, well, visiting like a similar boat. home. If you don't know who Bob Vila is, if you ever saw Home Improvement, yes, 
Uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor had a feud going on with the guy neighbor. who did it better. No, not the neighbor. Oh. Bob Vila was the actual other TV show host he was always oh, compared okay. to. So he came on and did a bunch of episodes over the years and would always get... He was the Gary's Old Town Tavern to Tim the Toolman Taylor's Cheers, if you want to look at that one. Tim the Toolman Taylor. I have a question. Binford. Yep. Where is Seattle? West Coast. Very Sorry, north yep. part. Yeah. Not slightly up. It's You go any uh, further north, you're in Canada. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, it's like- Very, very top left. Okay, cool. If you go any further, you're now in Seattle. What you're now the, in Vancouver. What are the states yeah. that are around it? It's Washington. It is Washington. Oh, okay. Seattle, Washington. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. See, this is just me going, and not everyone knows America, because nope. I really don't. <laughs> to be fair, we did show you it on the map about nine times. <laughs> and I kept flying from one to the other. they kept moving around the map, and I was just a bit confused. Okay. Uh, Ephraim initially believed that during the 1990s, young Americans prioritized their careers over their personal lives. However, upon visiting Seattle, she discovered it as a city where people have chosen lifestyle over work, and that is why Sam moves there Uh, from Chicago. Uh, I would say that I think that's the case about the UK for the most part. It's a place where people choose lifestyle over work. Especially if you go up north. And do you know what's weird? Around that time, well, probably not that time. When did did Kurt Cobain, 94? When does he kill himself? Yeah. Oh, yeah, about that, I guess. Because he wanted to get out of Seattle, didn't he? Well, for him, it's... Uh, he's probably got... Yeah, but for him, it's, it's not just the city. It's also the people, the people you know. Yeah, you know true. what I mean? So maybe yeah, it's about yeah. getting away from poisonous, toxic relationships. Yeah. Yeah. The way he describes it is quite run down. But the way we see it in the movie is quite nice. Yep. I imagine there's a lot of cities like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Different perspectives. Yeah. Annie goes to work, and someone, before she gets in, is pitching a story about a mean man who serves the best soup. This is the soup Nazi who became famous in Seinfeld. (laughs) He's based on a real guy. Really? So this is the first pop culture reference to the guy who will later become famous as the soup Nazi. Oh, wow. And we meet, and we hear a voice telling him what to run, and it's Becky, played by Rosie O'Donnell. Who's that? I know that name. She's in League of Their Own. Yeah, she was the Madonna's mate. She was Madonna's friend. Yeah. The slightly larger woman, but not like the really frumpy large woman who they... No, the dark-haired no. one. Yeah. With all the gab. Okay. Yeah, yeah the yeah. one that she's hanging out with Madonna, and they're like, some of these chicks think they can stay, and she, they throw a baseball on Gina Davis catches. and she goes, yeah. okay, so some of them are going home. <laughs> so um, this is... Man, talk about someone whose career has kind of had peaks and troughs. I mean, Rosie O'Donnell's a very complicated figure. She also was in um, When Harry Met Sally, wasn't she? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. This is kind of, you can, this is kind of her high point as far as like romantic comedy stuff sort of goes. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, no, it's Carrie Fisher in that, was it? Yes. There's the answer. She's the third member of the League of Their Own cast to be in this movie. Ooh. Because you got Tom Hanks. Yep. You got Rosie O'Donnell. Yep. You got Bill Pullman. You do. So, inspired by Whoopi Goldberg's Academy Award winning performance in Ghost, Efren felt hiring a comedian uh, in a a funny role would benefit Sleepless in Seattle. O'Donnell based her performance on Bette Midler, specifically emulating the way she walks and talks in order to convey the funny, caustic best friend with a heart of gold role she wanted to play ever since she decided to become an actor. Do you know the weirdest thing, though? Going back to Bette Midler, right? Mm hmm. I like Bette Midler. Mm-hmm. She's loud and brash and yep. everything else, right? But I don't normally like loud and brash, but I like Bette Midler. I don't like Rosie O'Donnell. I don't really like Bette Midler that much. Uh, probably for the reasons you're saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't mind Rosie It's hard because it's hard to look back at Rosie O'Donnell and not think about what Rosie O'Donnell would become. Yeah. So Rosie O'Donnell, for a while, is like a golden ticket. Like, she was Ellen before Ellen was Ellen. Yeah, she was. She, she was a massive daytime talk show host star. Yeah. 
Um, she was a lesbian icon. I believe she comes out while she's on the show, I believe. I think so, yeah. That, uh, this, this is why I know the name. And would later come on and become one of the main hosts of The View alongside, I believe, Whoopi Goldberg. I don't know what The is. View mm. is a daytime talk show where, uh, surrounded by where it's like four or five women. Oh, like these women like American here. loose women. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was like it was a cultural juggernaut. It's a really important program in the states. Oh, okay. And then somewhere around like nine eleven happens, and something happens to Rosie. I think she shot in New York City, but I think she kind of like she kind of she comes off a little less um relatable and a little more. She adopts a child and then like starts making like music. I remember she made a music video to a Macy Gray track yeah. and put like aired the video on her show of like, filming her kid <laughs> with the track. I'm related to a psychopath was the name of the track. And she was like, don't take pictures of my kids. And then puts like a full video featuring them on like national TV. And I was like, yeah, it feels like something's gone a bit weird here. And then she goes in The View. And The View is great because you want to have a Democratic-leading person and a Republican-leading person and all these multiple viewpoints. And so um, Rosie O'Donnell kind of represented uh, a very Democrat, liberal, um, LGBT-friendly mm-hmm. voice, a member of the LGBT community. And then she was put up against – there was a woman called – I think her name was Elizabeth – and she was uh, a Survivor alumni. She was on season two of Survivor. Oh. And she was adorable. Like, she was like America's sweetheart, blonde, kind of like Carrie Underwood before Carrie Underwood. Like, yeah, the yeah. blonde, uh, just adorable. She ends up marrying, like, an NFL quarterback. She's Christian. She's religiously conservative. She's politically conservative. Yeah, yeah. And so these two are kind of like this. And then Rosie O'Donnell felt the show was always taking Elizabeth's side on things because she was the pretty Christian, yeah. um, you know, attractive young thing and wouldn't it was these superficial reasons they were always siding with her and if there was ever a fight they wanted to make sure elizabeth was okay but no one's checking on rosie oh, now okay. how much this becomes confirmation bias once you think these things exist and now you're looking for it i don't know i don't know but it seems like things were happening publicly and it was so yeah she kind of just disappears mm. off of like but at one point she's massive so this is all to say like when she's in this people are like rosie o'donnell she's funny yeah i like her she's kind of yeah, yeah. i could never gel with her yeah her humor wasn't my humor. Um, where are we at here? Uh, she noted her experience was completely different from that of a league of their own, which had been largely improvisational. Uh, Efren's much more organized, except for looking after the original kid playing Jonah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> O'Donnell and Efren lived in the same apartment while filming Sleepless in Seattle, which Efren helped her obtain. Uh, Annie shares her personal experience listening to the show and, uh, Becky and Annie talk about how they're emotionally affected by media texts and how it shapes their view of love, both romantic and otherwise. Like, you know, you know, the telephone commercial, and that was a big thing that telephone commercials in the early 90s were making people cry because it was about how the phone helps you reach out between, you know, you've had a big fight with your mom or your dad or something like that. Yeah. And the phone is what brings people together. So, well, yeah. Like our John Lewis ads at Christmas. Yeah. Right? If, it does, if it doesn't make us cry, it's failed. So the idea being that, you know, how important is media in making us sort of how we see each other uh and then one of the boys says oh it's ridiculous you guys know it's easier to be killed by a terrorist than this to be married above the age of 40 <laughs> and they push back on that uh someone did say that this is all inspired because someone says that sleepless in seattle uh caused chicago phone service to be down for hours because two thousand women called the show and the show is based out of chicago <laughs> so wow. 
Becky tries to warn Annie. Uh, she goes, look, and they're at lunch. And I've got my notes. There's going to be a list of insults here. I'm going to say, which one of these doesn't belong? She goes, this guy could be anyone. He could be. Here's my list. Yeah. This guy could be a crackhead, a transvestite, a flasher, a junkie, a chainsaw murderer, or someone really sick. Yep. I'm going to go with that second one because it, yeah, it caught me by such surprise, especially for Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell, who's yeah, got someone exactly. else's words in her mouth as well, but I'm just going... Everything else is so harsh, and that's not. And someone really sick, which implies the other ones aren't really sick, but they're sick. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, to compare a transvestite to a flasher, which is a sexual predator, yeah, someone yeah. who's mm. a junkie, yeah. which is somehow different from a crackhead. I, yeah. I understand how it was different, but all right. Uh, a chainsaw murderer. I, I didn't yeah. I didn't get it. Well, no, me either. Yeah. Uh, Annie thinks, she goes, I think he sounded nice. And Becky clearly thinks he's got a crush. We go to New Year's Eve. Walter wants to meet Annie in New York on Valentine's Day weekend. Uh, she's like, oh, it'll be great. I'll take you here. He goes, I'll take you here. She goes, oh, I'll get you some dim sum. He goes, does it have wheat in it? What's and then dim sum? Dim sum. It's like dumplings, kind of. There you go. How is it? And he goes, have wheat in it? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And then she looks off in the distance like, oh, I've made a mistake. <laughs> How very dare I be someone who's celiac? Like, oh, couldn't do it. Yeah, I don't know what the thought thing with the allergies was. It's a bit weird. Yeah. I mean, like somehow he's pre- because of this, he has to be prepared for things, and that was a bad thing, I guess. I don't oh, he's know. Not spontaneous enough because he might die if he eats something that's wrong. I'm like, oh, bless. The countdown starts five, four, three, and then we cross cut the Sam counting down. I will mention they are three hours apart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now you could go with well, they just jump three hours. Okay, fair enough. But I'm just saying you made a big deal about time zones when she's like Doctor Fieldstone was like it's up awfully late for you, isn't it? Not like not in, in Seattle. She went, oh, that's true. That's true um sam talks to so he puts he puts uh joan in the bed we see howard the bear and sam talks to the ghost of his wife claude in white because she's a ghost <laughs> she goes what did i used to say and he goes here's to us oh, here's to us and he goes i miss you so much it hurts and then she's gone i don't know how necessary the visualization of his wife actually was in this movie. No, I don't. It just reminds me of Laura Palmer from Twin Peaks, where she's a literal ghost, but like it's just for oh, what's Carl McLaughlin gonna do this time? You could he could have looked at a photo. I hear you. I, yeah. I, I, which one comes first though? Because just because it's your biographical version of it. <laughs> yeah. You know oh no, I mean? I'm I'm saying more just as in like the okay. way that it showcased because Laura Palmer. I don't know if you've seen Twin Peaks. Uh, don't don't, don't be a spoiler. Just in case I ever get around to watching it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with with the programming. I think I've watched one or two episodes, but didn't finish it. Yeah, but like, so the the show centers around trying to figure out who killed Laura Palmer, because yep. that's the first one they find. And it's like, we, we see her in our dreams kind of thing. And it it's shot the same way. And I don't know when, like, if this is before or after, but because of the way that they show it with his dead wife, it just doesn't, like, I think there's more emotion if it's, like, just a still image, because there's, he's having to create the memories and, and, visualize them for himself not us getting them already pre-visualized because of we're seeing her living and about and i think if she is a still image you get that like emphasis of her um like of her absence yeah i mean i think it's it's a storytelling technique has been done in other Mm. things um don't film me and it's like the dead wife of the cop 
I mean, Thirteen Reasons Why season two. I mean, she pretty much talks to him the whole the whole season long. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, where are we at here? So we next day he's uh, um, what's his name again? The league guy Sam goes to work, <laughs> and he meets Jay. Three letter names are a big deal here. Uh, Sam and Jay, and it's Rob Reiner. It's Rob Reiner's second appearance in the pod. Anybody got the first one? Uh, Rob Reiner. No. I know more of a director. Uh, Ethan's okay. literally left his seat, so I can't even ask him, even though he should know. Is it a it's, Star Wars? No, no. It's got to be something like... I turn it up to 11. Oh, oh yeah. This is Final Tap. This is Final Tap. He's the fake director inside yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, what do we have next? It's uh, So Efren Kastreiner, who directed When Harry Met Sally. So they were both in that film. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. kind of done the same thing here. Yeah, yeah. See, he, he, didn't he direct um, Stand By Me as well? Uh, I believe so, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sam's friend in the film... Uh, is yeah, it's kind of a Seattle friend, um, and it seems as the whole crew knows about him phoning in, which then doesn't seem to have any lasting effects. No, it don't. There's lots of talk about men being able not being able to share their feelings, and Jay's like, yeah, it's all coming to gathering. He goes, what's it? C- hey, because the woman who they're trying to build a uh, house for, she's divorced. Hey, she's divorced. You're looking for someone. You're doing her kitchen already. What's it called when everything intersects? And he just goes, yeah, the, it's the Bermuda Triangle, which was a funny enough joke. Uh, Sam comes home. There's tons of mail for sleepless in Seattle. Uh, Jonah wants to know if he's going to call one of them. He says, no, because that's not how it's done. He says, you don't meet people this way. You meet people by seeing them and going high. Sam would not have liked modern dating. No, <laughs> I don't either. No, I'd agree with that as well. Yeah, I'm I've no got, good at it. I've got nothing against people who do it. So you're not good at it, or you're not I'm good no at it. I'm no good at oh, okay. it. But how can you sense something from someone just by a picture? I don't. Or these prefabricated sort of lines that yeah. you try on every. Like maybe it's the way it happened, but at least like ninety percent of communication is nonverbal. So when you when you limit it to just a photograph and here's something I typed up. Yeah. Yep. Um. So Sam says, he says, the difference between dinner and drinks, because drinks, you can bail. Mm-hmm. Dinner, you're stuck there for a while. Mm-hmm. And then they cut to them brushing their teeth, and Jonah's like, if you get married, will you have sex? And to his credit, <laughs> Sam's like, oh, I bloody well hope so. <laughs> and he goes, well, she scratched your nails down your back. And it's interesting this because that's about- what he knows about sex, because he yeah. knows about sex from what he's seen on movies. Yeah. So it's an interesting commentary. I felt they were going towards with like what we learn about stuff from movies, but they kind of abandoned this side. But he just goes, "Well, I think it was his friend Jay. He's got cable, is what we're told." Yeah. Uh, bedtime routines. Uh, we get this really interesting one between Annie and Walter, where like she's handing him all his medications and stuff, and the song "Making Whoopie." Is playing in the background. Is this yeah. supposed to suggest they have a sexless relationship? I don't know what this is. It feels I that guess. way because she kind of yeah. hinted it earlier, didn't she? She like, said, like, well, mom still thinks they haven't had sex. Well, yeah, true. Well, so they have. Let, let, let you know it's 1990, doesn't it? Well, of yeah. course, they're living together to share in a bed. I mean, they're clearly, are they living together? It seems they're living together. Yeah. If not, he's definitely at her place or she's definitely at his place all the time. Looks like Because they place. have a routine. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be because, like, when she goes and hides later, she hides. You know where everything is. Like that's the kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so um, then we cut, and it's a little bit later, and the blankets being blown by like snoring. It feels very much like it was like a cartoon, like the feather in the cap kind of. (laughs) 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 Um, I find your your version more funny. 
Yeah, it's, I wish it was the way I, I snore. I'm, I'm much louder than that, I think. Uh, Annie goes to yes. the kitchen and seems <laughs> unhappy as the song talks about the wee hours and laying awake thinking about the boy. It's a little on the nose. And meanwhile, she turns the radio like, welcome to the greatest hits of Dr. Marsha Fieldstone. Just and we, happens to be, oh, that's what they Happens doing. to be. And they do someone, I forget, if you didn't catch who the first one was, the second one is disappointed in Denver, who says every time I'm about to orgasm, he goes and makes himself <laughs> a sandwich. <laughs> Disappointed in Denver is voiced by Nora Ephron. That's cool. <laughs> and then, so like, the first one's like five seconds. The second one's like eight seconds. Yeah. The Fleabus in Seattle is like four and a half minutes. Yes. <laughs> they, they, they know their the viewership. They know their viewership. But she skins an apple. Now, I wrote this note before I saw the second part of it. I'm still going to refer to it. I'm like, who doesn't like skin on an apple? Exactly. Especially well, a just, green apple. It's, yeah. Oh, some of the best part is this. It's, yeah. it's the color. It's the pop in it. I don't like green apples. Uh, my girlfriend, take it a step further. She eats the whole apple. I eat the whole apple. Do you? Corn on, yeah. Well, yeah, she does. Half for years. Wow. I was a teenager. I was that crazy, hungry. Crazy, crazy man. Wow. I was like, I'm eating the core. <laughs> we didn't have enough. I don't know what the deal was. I didn't know how to cook or I wasn't. Maybe when I was a teenager, I was not more food before dinner. I was like, I'm getting an apple. And I'm like, I can't go down and ask for anything else. So don't give it to me. So I'm going to eat the core and found that it was all right. So I've always eaten the core. Plus, it got rid of a, a problem in my life. Yeah. How do you get rid of the core? How do you get rid of the core? Now, yeah. I'm not eating anybody else's core. It's like, here, finish this <laughs> off for me. I'm not like a trash compactor. That's not how it's going. So, but an apple tree you the whole kiwi? Of you. I don't think I've ever had a kiwi. What? Maybe maybe not like like a, like a whole, like, here's a kiwi. I've sliced it up and eaten it. No, no, no. Oh. You've never had a kiwi. Because a lot someone, of people someone, someone, someone bring a kiwi nothing. then. A lot of people don't eat the skin of the kiwi, but I do. Okay. No, it's hairy. I, I hate kiwis. Oh. <laughs> Can we, we answer that? Oh, I hate, I hate that's, I mean, Coming from you, that's quite yeah, funny. That's quite funny. Well, yeah. no, that's the, I, I despise the taste of a kiwi fruit. I love kiwi fruit. I'm just saying, you know. You just have to cut the top off and then you can eat it with a spoon. Listen listen for more of Ethan's views on Taika Waititi and other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I nearly spoiled my choice um where are we at here um the different uh, it's also so, so let's okay so i've got the part like look we're gonna talk about it later like if we're casting this jo- we've already said ethan should be should be jonah, jonah georgia yeah. should be meg ryan because all she's doing is responding to stuff yeah and george is very good at responding when she's on stage she is oh thanks you're welcome and you'd be tom she's she responded would i be him? tom yeah wouldn't you there's not enough male parts I want to be Rosie O'Donnell, if not Donald. Oh, Donald. Her name is not Donald. Oh, Donald. <laughs> oh, the other thing is that she just had to have a, a, a very public war with Donald Trump, and like neither That's one of them, of neither that. one of them came off well. So oh, like, wow. oh yeah, it's just uh, when you make Donald Trump look good, like there's there's an issue there. You know there what I mean? There is an issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like uh, just saying. I think you'd have been proud of me today. Well, oh, you were an audition. Things. Good. Yeah. Uh, where are we at here? Uh, so Annie goes to Dennis, uh, her brother, and says, "I got so why did you get married?" He says, "I got married because she said we had to get married or break up." This whole scene feels like his audition for Frasier. <laughs> yeah, I'll remind you. <laughs> he looks, he, he looks and acts the same. He says it rains nine months of the year in Seattle. For the record, Frasier is set in Seattle. It is. Yeah, just saying. Yeah. What are the odds of that? If you do it, commit to it. You sound yeah. like you're... Oh, baby, I hear the blues are calling to salad and scrambled eggs. I favorite nice. Like, <laughs> Good night, Seattle. Yeah. I love you. Do you know what's actually him singing it? Is it? Yeah. I, I assumed it was. Yeah. It's Kelsey Grammer. I think he wrote it, too. I'm not what? sure about that last part, but I think he did. What was the name of the dog? Because I like the dog. 
Eddie. Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the record, I said, great action match. She walks out of a door, and we instantly cut to Jay and uh, Sam walking out of a, uh, a restaurant or something like that yeah, in clever. Seattle. Yeah. I uh, suggest Destiny. They're sort of synced up. Serendipity. They talk about <laughs> butts and how everything now is about women liking butts. Um, and so we see the fish market. Seattle's famous for its fish market. Mm-hmm. Jay says a lot has changed. Uh, he says everything from... Oh, I forget. He talks about oh tiramisu. He talks. <laughs> he thinks it's. Uh, it is a sexual position. He talks about how yeah, it's different now. They ask you yada yada yada. <laughs> but the good news is you, you split the check. Oh, he says. Oh, you can have sex, but you have to work on him. He says. <laughs> but the good news is you split the check. And so he suggests, uh, why don't you ask out Victoria, a decorator? And uh, he says, he, he seems like he's a little bit like, oh, I don't know if I should. He's like, what are you waiting for? Let's do it. And then he goes home and it's raining. Or is it? And because it wasn't really raining, actually, despite rain nine months of the year, it had a drought while they were filming. Yeah. I was going to say, there weren't much rain there. Amazing. They hoarded water trucks to simulate the rain scenes, which angered the city because they thought it was a waste of water. And to be honest with you, it is not wrong. No, yeah. exactly. We meet Jessica. I hate jessica is he the, the one that you guys on a date with no jessica is jonah's little friend uh, oh <laughs> i recognize her from somewhere she swivels round she's got one of those chairs from like men in black <laughs> that he had to sit in and do his test on and you can't really figure out how to do it that's a great scene um and we're talking about how so those are the sergeant pepper because they're talking about how paul was dead if you play it backwards <laughs> and she goes h and g and he goes H and G, she goes, hi and goodbye. I'd be like, mm, mm, okay, Missy. D L T D H U A O T W O. Okay, I'm used to this. I forgot these. the worst. I, I forgot the first letter already. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. <laughs> oh. Get out of my house. Get out of my house. Yeah. Um, Get off my boat. That's right. <laughs> You're off my boat. <laughs> You're off my boat. Um, and so Sam stares at a phone and the song. I mean, the, the music in this is really well chosen. Yeah, I like the music. A bit on the nose, maybe, but really well chosen. We got yeah. back in the saddle again. Yeah. That's not the melody, but. Uh, <laughs> Sound like me. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the melody is for it all of a sudden. Uh, but he rings Victoria and asks her out. And he's really good at doing like a bad ask you out for a date thing. But she. Oh, she upgrades him to dinner. He's a step behind every step of the way. Oh, you'll meet me there. Yeah. Oh, okay, dinner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, she's clearly liked him for a long while. Yes. Annie's writing a letter. Um, she's watching an affair to remember while typing a letter to Sleepless and Son. And she pushes the idea of the Empire State Building at sunset on Valentine's Day, but ultimately gives up and crumples the letter and throws it at Becky. In the middle of the night, Jonah wakes up from a nightmare calling out for mommy. Uh, Sam struggles with what to do next. Uh, And they have a conversation. Jonah says, what happens when you die? He says, I don't know. He says, do you believe in heaven? He said, I never did, but now. He said, I have these dreams about your mom. Like, what's going on there? And he goes, I'm starting to forget her. Mm. You're a child, man. It's hard. Yeah. I've got pockets about my dad. Pockets. Yeah. I'm not sure I remember the sound of his voice. I remember key moments. I remember... I remember, it's weird. I remember the smallest. I remember my sister and I arguing, and he put the car into a ditch in the winter. It was snowy. <laughs> we had to get help out, and he blamed us. <laughs> okay. 
still drive it, still drive the car into a, into a ditch, Dad. Just yeah, saying. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I feel I still remember sounds, but like it's it's a very fleeting. Yeah. It's a fleeting thing. The problem is, my dad look looks like look like Christopher Eccleston. So whenever I'd see like old photos of Christopher Eccleston, I'm like, ah, eh, kind of. There, there we go. And then the memory kind of comes back, but like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, my mum. I remember her voice more than anything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's. Uh, now, I mean, today you'll never have to worry about that. We live mm. in a digital age where photos as easy as this thing in my hand. Yeah. I can capture someone's voice and it can always be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I've got yeah, lots. Back then was different, wasn't it? it? It was different. So if it were to happen now, you'd have you'd have a trove yeah. of things. So I was kind of lucky for a bit because we, we used to still pay his phone bills. We'd get his, uh, like his voicemail. But to, it, then it gets to a point like when when do you have to stop? Yeah, eventually, because yeah. like, w- what else can you do? So like that that sounds like the last thing I kind of properly remember. I think I have a YouTube video somewhere I did when I was like seven that maybe his voice is on. We'll never know. Talking of voicemails, I've changed my phone network in the last month. Okay, uh, I've been with Vodafone for over twenty years. Right, I've had the same voicemail. <laughs> right. For these years, somebody and people used to complain. Go, Liam, why do you, why do you leave that voicemail? That goes on forever. <laughs> Hello, is it me <laughs> you're looking, looking for? for? And the most people would stop there, but you're like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> carry on. I can see it in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but people used to get annoyed by it. Now I get people go, what happened to your voicemail? Why oh, really? You, you changed yeah, it. Yeah. I didn't change it. That's I'm changing networks so that. I haven't got the same. You'll, you'll have to record it again. It's what happened? Yeah, I mean, I recorded that years ago. Yeah. It's weird. On a side note, we got another ad. <gasps> yeah, we did. Oh wow! Yeah. So, how could what, what's the ad for? Uh, mean girls interrupted. They're called, <laughs> which you would think would be two girls. Yeah, that's two guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's a film. I think it's a film review podcast. Um, I mean, the ad's going to play in the middle of it for anybody who's uh, go. I mean, uh, I don't. I don't imagine there's any way they can track if if our uh, if our uh, pod help them gain more listeners or something like that. Not not directly. So, how does that work then? Because you obviously edit to what you put in. They just throw it in the most random place. Oh, okay. You can choose whether you want it in the beginning or at the end or in the middle. I think I choose. Usually, I think the idea is being that people might skip the first thirty seconds if it was at the start. Oh, okay. So maybe they won't I do it do in that. the middle. I don't know, but it's there. Wow, like it's sliding doors uh, recently. It's been, it's been a, it's been a few. Yeah, so it's it's a very interesting choice of a script for a commercial. <laughs> is it? Oh, very much. I need, to, I need to have a listen. It's it's among the most bizarre things. <laughs> it really is. I sit there and go, "What's your podcast about?" I don't, I don't, I know what it's not kind because they go like a bunch of like fake misdirects. Like the two people who I assume would be a good time to listen to. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. Do they give you the heads up first? Oh no, no, no! I listen. And I go, "Oh, we have an ad." Because <laughs> <laughs> at first I think, "What have I done wrong? What, what what's happened? Why is the audio feed just cut out?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "Oh shoot, I've made a mistake." And then I hear an ad, and I'm like, "Oh, okay." So every day it happens, we get a little bit more money. So oh, okay. oh yeah, we've got we got a oh that's cool. Yeah, I think we we have enough now for I'm trying to think of what I was. We'll use it for something next year. I forget what it is. I'll take it out and we'll use it towards Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we can do that one day. I can't yeah. wait for that. That's good. Yeah, cool. 
Beans have a upgrade cold burger headphones in my bag. I found out there's an eating challenge in King's Lynn. <gasps> is there? There is. Ooh. I, I, I've messaged him to see if it still exists. I really it's want to at do the tipsy teapot. Oh. oh, yes, it I is. I keep seeing yeah. the tipsy teapot. What is that then? Tipsy teapot's lovely. It's a, like a cocktail bar that does food and stuff as well. Yeah, it, but it's what's like a, the challenge? Oh, it's like, I'll show you when we're off. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I started mentioning that we had, we had, we had an ad. That is fantastic. That's always cool. Yeah. And at some point over the summer, we're going to go to uh, Brewdog and try their chicken wing unlimited. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which will be my cheat day on whatever. I'm, like, it'll be my day within the month. It's not like, oh, he's already planning chicken. Yeah, I'm planning for the summer. Sure. <laughs> does the does the Brewdog place do the other Brewdog products and not just the beers, do you know? Like Brewdog like vodka. Like the vodka and the gin. I imagine so. I can't I see why not. But the idea is, yeah, the idea is, to, oh, we can do that. We can set up a little camera and... Uh, and attack some wings. They do a bunch of different flavors and stuff. So, Ooh, yeah. It's going to be fun. I think it's like on a Wednesday. You'd be ashamed of me. I had some Greg's today, and your Greg's do like the hot food in there, don't they, as well? Yeah. And they did the southern fried chicken like strips. Yep. And I could only get through one that were too spicy. Oh, Jesus. I know. Oh, do you know what, right? We could probably make a day of it then. Yeah, I don't know what you want. Probably. Because you said over the summer, you're, you're off, aren't you, and everything? Yep. So, uh, Georgia, you, you make, make I'm a off for a, couple of, uh, for a couple of weeks. We can talk about schedules and stuff like that. Yeah. Sounds good. Sure. Look at us on air. Have a, just having a, having a podcast meeting. To be fair, this is about the, we never do this face-to-face. Usually it's just me dropping something in the chat going, I've made a decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah true, We're doing true. this. Be there. Any be concerns, fair. I get just like a thumbs up. Um, <laughs> Someone, Megs might go, I'm really confused. <laughs> yeah, 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 I see that a lot. Uh, yeah, so there we are. Uh, so I, I think the, part of the reason why Sam finally makes the phone call is that Jonah has a girl, like Jonah's got a girlfriend and you don't. Yeah. I think that seems to be the push for him. Yeah. Um, so uh, in the middle of the night, we said there's a nightmare, we talked about that, and he goes, your mom, he goes, which is just, I'm forgetting her, he goes, your mom could peel an apple in one long curly strip. And I've got my notes, hang on, hang on. We've seen this before. No, no. There are things I'm like, that's destiny. It's stuff between Tom and her. Giving giving Annie the same characteristic as the dead wife? I'm like, no, she's not a replacement for your dead wife. That's what it feels like. That's, that's, that's exactly yeah. what this feels like here. Well, he, he even the, says, like, I'm meeting my new mom. Yeah, that's all that stuff's fine. It's just, just don't mean like she's the replacement for the woman who died. Mm. she can yeah. be a perfect match for tom the rest of the mirrorings about how she's a perfect match for tom yeah this one's how she's a perfect replacement for the wife who died yeah not cool i don't think it's cool it no. isn't cool and he does some sleuthing this also isn't cool no i, she tra- I hate it she tracks him down and hires a private investigator to take pictures of him take i'm like pictures. this sucks this yes. is horrendous yep. and spoiler alert turned on the film really yep okay i i genuinely was like it's a bit boring but i don't hate it at this point, I then go, nah, fuck the lot of you. Like, this is not okay. Private investigators, though. You've got more attitude with sunglasses on, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Private guest investigators aren't a thing really over here, but are they more prevalent over in America? You know is what? A thing? I'm going to say I know them from movies, which is kind of what the theme of this yeah, movie is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um... You hear of it, people who hire private investigators because they think their spouse is cheating or something like that. Sure. I'm surprised it's not bigger with the advent of, like, cheaper digital photographing equipment yeah. mm. like you figure that would like everybody thinks they're a wedding photographer these days no, why doesn't why doesn't they. everybody think they're a private investigator <laughs> i was a wedding photographer last night I, they had a polaroid and i took some like candid ones when they were dancing at the end of the night yeah, yeah. my biggest polaroid. issue with this is for a, a woman whose whole thing granted not at the start was destiny and fate and blah blah written in the stars 
she's kind of manipulating the stars to her own gain to fit. Like it, it this really, is to really set up irksome. a red herring that doesn't need a setup. Mm-hmm. Like this is so that. Well, I can explain in a second because there's a little bit of internal logic where it goes a little bit sh- uh, shaky for a moment. Um, a little bit, yeah. Just a little bit, yeah. Um, so he, Tom's about to go. By Tom means Sam's about to go on, on a date. Um, the babysitter looks like a poor man's Anne Hathaway. She does. Yeah. I said the same thing. Um, and a, a gothy kind of uh, Anne Hathaway. Yes. Yeah. And so Sam's got these the letter by himself. He goes, this one's to us. Why do you give it to... If you're like, these things are stupid, why do you give it to Jonah? Yeah, Maybe exactly. it's to amuse him? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he goes, look, she says Brooks Robinson's the greatest third baseman of all time. Everybody thinks that. No, nope, not the case. Not the case. I think Mike Schmidt or Wade Boggs. Okay. Just saying. These, these, are, these are third are basemen. You, are you just making up words? Making up names. Like- no, nope, making up names. Wade Boggs used to play third base for the Boston Red Sox. Mike Schmidt played for the Philadelphia Phillies. You know you said know about um, being in an alternate challenge. universe where you think you're the only person and everyone else is. <laughs> this, this is what's happening now. Uh, who, who lives out west? Uh, Nate the Great lives out west in the US, I believe. Eatmeister lives out west. I think Nate would know his baseball. Oh, okay. Nate, let me know. Let me know. How, how, how's my third base rankings? George Brett. George Brett's also a better third baseman. Although George Brett was still playing at this point, so I can give you why George Brett doesn't make it. Even Wade Boggs. But Mike Schmidt, he was done. Mike Schmidt should have been the, the answer. Um, but I got my notes. Clarice is a terrible babysitter. She is. Like, okay, food's there. She's like, whatever. I'm like, you be fired. Yep. That same... Gee, whatever it was, don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> make some of the women in this the, the, the best... Which is surprising. Uh, well, you know what? I'm, I don't know. I mean, it was co-written by one woman, if not two. Yeah. It was directed by a woman. Yeah. Doesn't um, mean it's a good film. Though, no, no. What film were we doing the other day where women were treated really quite poorly? Was it big? Yeah, big. Yeah. Big. Yeah. And we're like, wow, this is really bad for women. Yeah. I don't think this is really bad for women. I think you can have bad female characters. Mm-hmm. But when oh, you're, yeah. But when uh, your lead female literally stalks someone and manipulates things so they end up meeting them yeah no yeah and we'll talk about how they try and get themselves out of trouble on that because they do do that yeah mm-hmm. um so we go Who to did? the date and the waiter knows her order <laughs> and i'm like okay so you go here a lot i guess on first dates uh jonah phones his dad and at the restaurant and he goes to answer it and he goes i want can we go to the empire state building for valentine's day and because he's read the letter um the pi's at the date taking pictures somewhere at the restaurant there's the producer we talked about he's in the scene somewhere apparently tom hanks thought he was too loud <laughs> tom Did hanks you also fired? loud people no you can't fire a producer the producer's the one guy you can't fire oh we, we can go, fire you yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when someone wins best picture that's 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 a that's an award for the producer yeah yeah we go to the fish market the famous seattle fish market and jonah meets uh victoria he's got a starter cap on i miss starter caps was starter caps the thing over here what's, what's that starter caps it was like a baseball cap with like a team name or something like that but it would have an s and a star on the back of it no it was no. a brand oh it was massive oh. um she's over laughing at all his jokes and jonah's like uh, and Jonah's our barometer. Jonah tells us how we're supposed to feel. Yeah. So if Jonah doesn't like him, we're not supposed to like him. They clean up from dinner and say, okay, Jonah, it's 10 o'clock, time for bed. I'm like, how late o'clock? are you people eating? Yes. Like, I eat late, but I don't have a kid. Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. I like, said the same a thing. A kid going, okay, it's dinner time, and then you go to bed. No kid's ever going to want to go to dinner then. No. I'd rather I'd rather not have dinner and stay up and play for an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. Also, that child is hungry by that point. What are you doing? 
Uh, Jonah spies on his dad and Victoria having laughs and Jonah and uh, Kirsten and Jonah picks up the phone and we smash cut to Annie. So for a moment, I think he's phoning Annie. Mm. Me too. And uh, it turns out it's Becky. And he's like, you've got me doing it now. He's on the radio and it's Jonah. And I got my notes. If it's a, it was 10 o'clock before he went upstairs. Yeah. It's got to be at least 11 now, right? Got to be. That's two in the morning in Baltimore. So why is Rosie O'Donnell's character, who's working for a newspaper, would get up? Guess what? You got to get up in the morning to do that. Yeah. Why? Why? Why is she listening? I don't understand this. No logic. They play kind of fast and lose with the, with the, with the rules of time when they have to. Of course they do. Yeah. Uh, Jonah's word is she's kissing him. He's kissing her. Oh, she's kissing my lips now. He goes, she's a hoe. My dad's <laughs> been captured by a hoe. What am mm. I going to do? Oh, this feels like it's a Nora Ephron line. Mm. And not only that, why do you get the direct line straight into the, you know, you'd have to be, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get a direct line straight into them, would you, to talk? Well, we don't know how long it's been because he picks up the phone and then we cut to Rosie O'Donnell phoning. It doesn't mean that it's about, that's in the same moment. It could have been 25 minutes since then. Oh, okay. Um, Tomorrow morning, over, she says, over tomorrow morning, over breakfast, tell your father how you feel. It's not good to keep these feelings inside you. To which point, Sam, uh, sorry, Jonah just hangs up and screams. <laughs> At this point, there's a perfect action match to Annie screaming because she's just the door opened on her by Walter, who's which, really which quite cool. He goes, Miss Scarlet in the broom closet with the radio. And they both lie cover lies. Jonah says, I thought I saw a black widow spider. <laughs> Becky says, sorry, um, Annie says that Becky phoned her because she thought she heard Rick on the radio, but it was some guy in Duluth. This is where Annie starts to go downhill in her relationship because she's mm. lying now. Mm-hmm. Yep. She needs to get out now if she's not feeling that yep. way. And the problem is she doesn't want to commit to going, because basically this whole thing is if it doesn't work out with Sleepless in Seattle, then I'll stay with Walter. But the why that's not, not, yeah. okay. not okay? And why don't she just go? I'll just listen to this guy on the radio. He's just you know this little kid keep phoning in. I'm just quite. It's like watching a TV. Today program. you'd be able to get away with it by going, "Hey, we're just huge fans of of this narrative." Yeah. And another yeah. episode just it's popped up live. That's good. We had to go see it because we've been talking about. I'm doing a story about it at work. Yeah. Done. 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 You're a channel. Yeah. Like. Yeah. This- Granted, I don't want to be like, here's how she should have lied to a fiancé, but at the same point. Well, we can talk about that. Uh, Jonah and Jessica. Jessica agrees that Jonah has to write back. She's Y-O-H. Y-O-H. Your only hope. Oh, I hated this so much. I'm rubbish at that. Uh, (laughs) I don't think we're supposed to get them. I think we're supposed to be just like everybody else, just frustrated by it. Oh, okay. I think I only know it because I've seen the movie like a thousand times. <laughs> uh, Annie's going to Seattle to check out Sam, and she does it by clearing it with her boss. Rosario going, I think I'm going to do a story on this. Like, oh, you probably need to go somewhere for that. Yeah, I probably do. She's enabling her. wrong. Yeah. And they go, don't you hate, and she's on the, the plane, and the person asks her, don't you hate flying? And the, the Annie interprets it as, don't you hate lying? And says, yes, I've just lied to this man who I'm supposed to get married to. I'm sorry, Meg Ryan saves this. She does. And she's going, she goes, do you feel that any lies a betrayal? And she went, oh, I said flying. 
to which point if I'm the woman, I'm like, tell me more about. Yeah. Put, like, we don't have podcasts at this point. Flight? Yeah. Oh, across country, you got like four and a half, five hours. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, want yeah, to be. Oh yeah, it's I a long all the tea. It's a long flight. Yeah. So yeah, I'll put this down. What you got? Let's have at it. <laughs> um, and so here's the question: Is any lie a betrayal? Do, uh, Getting serious now. Oh, uh, it depends who the lie is too, and if it's a generic lie or if it's I think specific. not any lies. I think betrayal. a betrayal. I think the the conversations is to your significant other. She's trying to cover. If she is just lying for you know a surprise birthday party, that's no. okay. That's different. Okay, fair you enough. Know, but I was, was going to say she was lying yeah. to cover any lie that's not like tee hee hee or something great coming your way. Yeah. Yeah, um, if she'd just turn around and go, I, I was just like listening. To, I heard this on the way when I was in the car before, and I like listening to what was going on. I want to see what happens, how it unfolds. Now, clearly, lying that's fair to, enough. I'm assuming we're all on board saying when she lies to him, saying she has to go to Chicago for work, and she's really going to Seattle to check out this guy. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, I hate it. Yeah. That's a betrayal. Yeah, yeah, completely betrayal. Any, I don't think any every lie. single lie is a betrayal because betrayal has a slightly different like context to it, but like. Most of the time, Does yeah. the other person deserve your absolute honesty all the time? Not all the time. <laughs> I like to think no, so. No, 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 no. Because if somebody, you know, like a friend, if someone says, you know, do I, does my hair look bad in this? I was just does saying, my, does my this make me look fat? You know yeah, what I mean? Stuff yeah, like yeah. That. You're not going to go, yeah, yeah, Is she yeah. prettier than me? Like, I'm not me. talking about those ones you do where it's like, this is going to cause an argument if I answer your question when you honestly. When you honest as in, like, honest as in, like, you know, how you feel about it. If them, I come yes. to you and say, I've got this thing going on. You haven't asked me a question. I'm just telling you I've got this thing and it's not true. I don't really have this thing. Yeah. That is, yeah, no, that's a dick. That's wrong. Yeah, that is wrong. Because yeah. I've constructed this. Yes, I'm yes, yes. dying. Yeah, there's a difference between oh, yes. constructed lies any... and like yeah. manipulated truths. Exactly. A like, lie within like, the context like of you, I don't love you. Say like say like you you're in you, you you like a certain girl or something and you put yourself in the place of her seeing you and you know that she likes a certain thing, so you make yourself like that certain thing and they go, Oh my god, this is amazing. You know, we're we're, we're very similar. No, you're not. You're lying. <laughs> Um, yes, as opposed to, hey, do you want to come over? And you're going, no, no, I got a big day at work. When actually you're just going, I'm just really tired. I don't want to come around. Yeah. This is an easier thing to say. I guess I'm okay with that. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. otherwise saying, no, I don't really want to come over and... and no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a, a lie that's different the, the, I once like, made the mistake of telling someone, I don't have any issues with hanging out with people all the time. I really welcome it. And then uh, I didn't realize that all the time and all the time. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I need some space. Lies that spare people's feelings as well, like that sort of thing. That's, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, that's it's so it's just like some people go, oh, I'm sparing your feelings. Could you be upset if you knew I was going to Seattle? So if you think about it, from a certain point of view, <laughs> Obi Wan says, yeah, <laughs> "It's yeah, not really. Yeah, yeah. He really, he really did kill your father." From a certain point of view, <laughs> but I just lied to like help you feel. The answer it. is, it's not black and white, is it? I just thought I sometimes feel, I thought I'd have a conversation. Sometimes yeah, yeah. these are fun. I, I, th- I thought alive. I thought we hadn't gotten enough enough tangents this episode. Yeah. <laughs> not enough it's tangents. not like we're already like two and a half hours into this. It's all good. I mean, I'm I'm oh, we're, we're heavier than that. I think. Let's keep going. Ooh. Um, where are we at here? Uh, so Jonah's being fake. He's at the airport, uh, Sam and Jonah, because they're, they're dropping Victoria off for a flight. She thinks that, she, oh, Jonah's being fake happy to Victoria. And Jonah sucks. Jonah's being unkind. Yeah, he is. Like, her big issue is that she's annoying. 
She's not a bad person. She's just annoying. But he's she being very rude to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She and Walter's worst crimes is that like they're li- not the competition. Little- they're not the enemies. They're just the competition. Yeah, the like the worst thing is oh he has medical problems that he literally cannot help. And she has like an annoying laugh and is like a little bit, a, a, a little bit like overly. I don't know. You, you, the, you know what I mean. <laughs> that no, fail, I was going so well, and then I just died. We're not running I'm, long enough. I'm imagining that we're running long. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, she says, "When we get back, maybe uh, we should spend some time, just the two of us." Just and he's like. All right. Sam tells Jonah, look, I'm not going to marry her. I'm not going to move in with her. She's an experiment. I will not. I'm like, oh, that's a bit harsh. Yeah, that is harsh. Yep. Like, she does these things. I want to know why. That's fine. But if you already know, I'm, I mean, I guess there's nothing wrong. Hang on, though. because The is, rebound. There is nothing wrong with it. Well, it's not a rebound. It's just getting mm-hmm. back in there. You know what I mean, yeah. But there's a thing where it's like, as long as you're like we're both having fun now, that, that's okay, I guess. Just you don't he- have to be just like hearing it phrased so coldly was a yeah, bit off putting. Like you don't have to be in a relationship and be like, "This is the one we're all we're in this." I know that for a fact. As right. long as both parties are kind of like aware of that fact, or at least aren't misconstrued yeah. to thinking something else. He doesn't seem I think to she's be more in it than him, though. Yeah, huh? I think she's more in it than him. Absolutely. She says mm-hmm. the date. I've been, I've been, oh, I never thought you'd call me. So she's been really. Yeah. Whereas when he, it's recommended, it wasn't like he was looking at her and they said, give her a call. They just want you to try her. She's not using him as an experiment. Mm. No, she's not. <laughs> no, but you got to talk to each other, right? Yeah. Um, speaking of which, do we ever get closure on this? I guess we don't. He's got to go back and, no. and have a conversation when he gets home. Yeah. Um, let you know how memorable this character was because none of us really thought about it. No, okay. Um, so. So, uh, then Annie, he says, look, there's no such thing as a perfect outcomes Meg Ryan. He goes, match. And we get the the instrumental version of a wink and a smile, which if you haven't heard it yet, get ready for the second half of the film because it's everywhere. I call bullshit on this. She uh, looks everywhere, but right in front of her. My thought was going to be, maybe she hasn't had the pictures yet. So that's why she doesn't recognize him when she's staring straight at him. But she don't really stare straight at him. She looks well, she everywhere, everywhere, but... but you, you, you figure that the guy you came there to find, he might spark out when he's there with a kid who at the he, airport Who gate. is he looking for? Who is she looking for, then? If she's not seen pictures of him, like how is she possibly hoping she's to just find looking, him? She's just looking around. I don't think she's, she's looking she's, for she's him. She's got an address. She's not looking for him at the airport. No, she's just She's going to go to his house. It'd be like in the road. Oh, that's a bit... And the, that's later. At that point, she knows what he looks like. Oh, okay. Because she stalked him for a day. Yeah. So she's got memory. It's a bit awkward, that, isn't it? And you stalk someone and then end up with them. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if you, like, met someone, like... like we're running long. <laughs> no, we, from his perspective, like, if you met there, someone... There's a scene coming up where we can talk about this organically, you. though. <laughs> <laughs> the airport in the color red. Effort and production designer Jeffrey Townsend deliberately limited the use of the color red during the first hour of Sleepless in Seattle. The color appears more frequently after Sam and Annie pass each other at the airport. Uh, with the soccer team who come through and they're all wearing red uniforms. Mm-hmm. Red, of course, meaning love, passion. And so as the movie continues, red shows up a lot more in the second half of the movie. And they hardly use blue because Nora Ephron hates the color blue. Just oh, as a okay. side note. Uh, and Ephron hired Sven Nykvist as the cinematographer as she was instructed to recruit, quote, the world's best cinematographer. According to Ephron, he can light a scene in as little as six minutes. Mm. That's pretty good. It was nice after a couple weeks ago we did big and we heard how Penny Marshall and Barry Sonnenfeld hate. Oh, she hated him. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
uh, in the car, and he's in the car, and now we have the version of the theme song with the vocals by Harry Connick Jr. Uh, that Love takes Harry place as she me too as she drives around. The map is literally on the side of the car, and I'm going. That was okay, but we got no. I'm not saying we shouldn't get rid of phones, but that's much worse. That is much worse. Someone should be pulling that woman over. Do you remember those days when you not like that bad, but when you actually looked at maps and was like, yeah, oh, I was, I was uh, good at, I was, I was good at reading maps. Yeah, me too. There was once I was with. Oh, do we have time for a tangent? We really don't. <laughs> oh, there was once where I was dropped off at a town, but I thought I knew really well. I thought I knew really well. I found myself on the outskirts of a town going i've clearly made a wrong turn too embarrassed to ask someone can you tell me how to get back into town uh, i'm lost i'm like 18 18 19 i'm too embarrassed to ask people hey mom was working as a lecturer at a uh, college and when i say college i mean kind of like what we call college in this country yeah not what they call college in the states and uh so i was like i'm too embarrassed i don't know what to do and then i came across this like convenience store i guess the equivalent would be like a a one-stop yep and outside there was a giant map of the town i don't know why there was a map of the town it was like divine it was a divine intervention it was it magic was, it was i was able to read the map and go okay i'm good and i walked i walked all the way back i memorized it and walked all the way back I was like yeah i'm good oh fantastic people do not realize how easy we have it now no even when i first started driving in this country which is 2014 uh the phones would cut out so you couldn't get a clear you couldn't just go on your phone and get your get your route you had to have can you remember when tom toms was the thing Tom-tom. yeah yeah, Tom-tom. yeah yeah well uh, I, we, I we still use one you know me and technology i'm not that great emma um but i am actually quite good with the old google maps now and i'm like oh how did i not discover this earlier yeah that's great <laughs> you know it's brilliant i was the guy you, the first thing was something called map crawler and you type in where you're going so when I went and tried out for Canadian Idol, I had to get down downtown Toronto. Yeah, I said this printout of directions that I had to follow. <laughs> the, yeah. the AA did that. And going, yeah. all right, here we are. Oh, Let's go here. All right, I'm good. And what's the next? Okay, it'll be this. Yeah. yeah. So I'm there. Yeah, always wrote down big print. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what's um, the next town? What's the next road? Uh, she just misses the boys at the houseboat, and the boat's got a red flag, as does her rental car, as is her red steering wheels. The red's showing up a lot more. Mm-hmm. She she sits, finds him by the, the shore, pulls over, and watches him play with Jonah for, like, the day. And well, I'm like, when does this go too far? Exactly, because she went to the it. door to knock on the door and go, hi, I yep. heard you on the radio. You just followed him. Yep. Why don't you just walk over and go, hi, um, whatever. I think, I think at that point I you have can, to go, I you, can tell you, you have to lead with, you have to lead with, I followed you here, <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to I've got your address. Which is never good. No, it's not good. Can I answer you with, where does this go too far? If you keep it, it under 90 seconds, yes. <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah, no, I think it goes too far. When? <laughs> when? 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 The question was, when does when? it go what? too far? No, sorry, I think we said, what did you say? Sorry, I'm... Um, I think it goes too far when she gets the private investigator to stalk yeah. him. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone's fighting you there. Um, and she crossed which, that line I mean, and goes I mean, further. I mean, today it would be Facebook stalking, wouldn't it? Mm. Which I still don't know. You just go on, you find out all the information but with the past that, relationships. That is like public. Yeah. Like, because you can hide that if you don't want it to be public. You, yep. Uh, mm. Hiring a private investigator, you don't have any choice well, over whether you're being stalked I remember or not. the days when you used to go into a public phone box mm-hmm. and you could look up people's addresses and stuff you know in the phone book yep so you yeah, rip, know, that's, rip, rip the page out rip the page <laughs> make things more difficult for the guy after you who wants to just yeah. look up you know a garage or something uh, um so she asks becky if this is crazy and this is the first time in the movie yes. goes no no you're okay because she goes no 
That's the weirdest thing about this. I've gone, Rosie O'Donnell, I, re- I said my exact notes, I reject this Rosie O'Donnell, you do not speak for me. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time we're about the five characters here to go, oh, this is, no, no, this is, this is great. It's a great love story. You do not speak for the trees. You are not the Lorax. Exactly. I'm not a tree. Shut up. She waits to cross the road. So uh, she pulls over. She's like, I'm going to talk to him tomorrow. Again, she's late. If he just got up a little bit earlier, this doesn't happen. Yeah. Alarm clocks are a thing. Up runs. Re- and if anything, she should be like up three hours earlier because of jet lag. Mm. But that's not, nah, that's not a thing. Up runs Rita Wilson. And if you look, they don't kiss each other. No. Nope. So until there's a kiss, you can't go. And so otherwise you go, well, well do you really have this big embraceful hug like that without a kiss if you're not dating them? No, exactly. You don't. No. no. So this throws Annie, and she stands there as a bright red truck almost hits her. They say hi, and she says hi back, and, and then, then runs off. the taxi almost hits her, and then she flies back by map and said, all I could do was say hello. It's in my movie. Becky thinks it's a sign. She finds the letter from Sleepless in Seattle. Now, you wrote the letter to Sleepless in Sun. Mm-hmm. It doesn't enter her mind for a moment. This could be Jonah. <laughs> You'd have thought, wouldn't you? you know what I mean? Like you've heard yeah, both yeah. of them on the radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a well-spoken dude. He's not likely to go uh, say things like this is to ridiculous. see if we're MFEO. Yeah, which she's he's, the only character the one... who knows how to interpret this because the kid can't pop out of a closet and go <laughs> made for each other. <laughs> or it he's could have been brackets on the other sheet. He's the one who calls up the radio. He instigates all of this and clearly like listening to to when um tom hanks like appears he doesn't sound that interested anyway so i don't i if if i'm her and i'm going the kid was the one who instigated he calls up again and he's upset i wouldn't for a second think that the the letter is from hanks i'd go that's the kid who's been very desperate about all of this also the film's got an issue with the fact that it just because it's cut we don't get to see how hanks ended it we don't does she run back to her car does she go hey come back like we don't get any of this it's just unknown hey are you okay just you just almost got hit by two different vehicles yeah. like do you need help i saw really? you at the airport really, yes. thought you were really attractive i see you here yeah he said what happened today we'd like to look at someone you asked him out like this feels like i don't know how yeah, hanks let, i don't know how hanks lets her go no because that'd been a natural because yeah. he, he was he's been looking for this yeah. yeah he's a bit like I really, why I've, have i seen you in two places and just caught you staring this is me? this is them just teasing the audience then taking it yeah, away yeah that was teasing. i truly yeah. thought this would be where you meet you didn't need to and i know it. you have your big re- resolution at the end but like it, it's a weird meeting them uh, Sam has dinner with Greg and Susie. He tells them, hey, you weren't here for act one of the film. Here's what happened. Uh, Susie says, it's like an affair to remember. And she goes through the script of it. And I've got in my notes, Rita Wilson's really good in this scene. She's As she so cries funny. talking about like what the movie's like. Yeah. She's so good in this scene. Yeah, and this one's is. not being played for laughs. The boys are looking at her like, what's going on? But she's playing it straight. Yeah, yeah. she is. Mm. But that's what I like about this next bit after. That is played for laughs. And you, one yeah. minute you're crying with her, next yeah. minute you're laughing with them. And then Greg uses the same statistic about getting married post-40 versus a terrorist. I don't know if that does anything, but it's there. And then Sam then goes, well, I cried at the end of a dirty dozen. And, they go, <laughs> and they're just throwing grenades down. The Nazis are dying. And even she's uh, like, would be grudgingly laughing yeah, at what's yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, that, that, this is funny. And it's this idea of what do you want from your movies? And guys don't, I mean, this is kind of what we talk about a lot of time, Liam. I mean, guys don't want that. What do you want? You want big blow up movies. Yep. That's what you want. Yep. Yeah. I want movies where families try and go to a beauty pageant. And I get, am, am I am I pretty, Grandpa? You know what I mean? That's what I want. I don't want movies where the person was supposed to like actually is a stalker. 
Um, this was all improvised, this scene between Hanks and Victor Garber. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so there we go. Uh, we get to the plan for Act 3. Jessica's watching. She's like an eight-year-old. She's watching a fair to remember. She's crying, saying it's the greatest movie ever. She gets Jonah on the flight and says, we can get you to New York, and says, no one will believe I'm 12. What if I just say you're really short and no one should ask you about your age? She said, just don't talk about my neck or my cheeks, and you're <laughs> yeah. fine. Would it not say on his passport how old he was? Don't need a passport. You're flying domestically. You don't? Oh. Oh, yeah. I'm so-and-so. That's it. That's incredible that you can be on like a five-hour yeah. flight and not need a passport. Yeah, no, I can. Uh, when I flew a couple of times, when I flew to Phoenix, I could get a much cheaper rate if someone would drive me to Buffalo or Detroit. Uh-huh. So I would drive to Buffalo, yeah, or Detroit. Get on the plane there, and I didn't have to provide a single piece of. Uh, That's mad. Yeah, like even to just make sure you're the right person, like to get on for the that manifest. Flight. Yeah, that might be something. But if you're a kid, you don't have a driver's license, do you? No, I was no. going to ask: Is this like a pre nine eleven thing? Because I don't, know, I I don't know what like American air. I imagine things tightened up post, but yeah. yeah, I might just be a bit of movie suspender disbelief. Yeah, yeah, mm. to make sure you're not just nicking some. Well, you got a ticket. I'm saying make sure you're not nicking someone's flight, but you've got the ticket with your name on it because you actually had to show up with a ticket with like a physical ticket. Yeah, I remember having a always have I lost my ticket like doing that like nineteen thousand times. Whereas well, like when you get on a you go on a flight now, you need your phone and your passport. That's bleep. it. Yeah. I just, it's about can my is my battery going to hold out long enough to get on the plane portable charges man I'm not being yeah. funny right when I was 16 I couldn't even like you got me remember I didn't learn to talk till I was 10 so by the time I was 16 I was just like I was so shy to go in somewhere into a shop let alone be blue yeah I was bad eight. with shops let alone be eight years old and get on a flight across America I still won't go into a shop if I'm the only person there will you not nah would you come into retro records? No, I'll go into that for all my retro <laughs> needs. No, it's more so the idea of it. I think it happens less here, though, but they hover. Oh, can, can okay. help me with something. No, no I'm, I'm all right. Oh, yeah, that's, that's very And then, I'm, I, then I either find myself buying something out of, like, compulsion because I feel pressure. Oh, okay. Or I'm like, I have to get out. Yeah. yeah. That only really happens in, like, the big department stores here. And they probably, oh, really? like, yeah. offer you some help, but um, usually... But the, um, Annie gets out of her house, and there's a silhouette of a couple on a box of chocolates in a shop window outside Annie's house. It is, in fact, a silhouette of Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Uh, again, to suggest that. to That's suggest cool. they're meant for each other. The soundtrack is great because right now the song is "Stand by Your Man," giving to arms to clinging. And this is as Walter gives her a Valentine. Annie states how happy she is. I'm so happy. I've got my notes. You know what happy people don't do? Go around trying to convince you how happy they are. I'm um, HAPPY. I'm an HAPPY. I'm an HAPPY. I know I am. I'm sure I am. I'm sure I'm HAPPY. Something like that. <laughs> this is why we had to happens. bring Liam in on like even, even Greece we had to bring you you better shape up <laughs> that's true see I got in trouble two, I got in trouble because they could hear me going three two, two one, one. I got, I, we I, can I, hear you in the wings dude, dude I appreciate it <laughs> I was like we need to get a sight line to leave the number of people we had stashed around to give you visual cues of when to start singing I had Laura tapping me on the shoulder I had you in the wings you had Matt at the bottom of the center for summer nights yep he brought you in. I had, uh, I had um, Amy. Did it, yeah. <laughs> so um, we, uh, she, so she sees uh, Walter at the plaza. There's a violated two shot of the two of them, and in the middle there's this globe with spinning hearts. I think to represent that uh, someone's traveling across a map. I think Probably. in order to come find you. I looked at tacky, didn't it? Uh, yes, it did. Uh, he reads her mail. I've got not until the next m- movie. <laughs> uh, she says that she gets nervous about forever. He goes, I don't. Really? Oh, okay. 
And then she goes on about how, oh, love is so overdone. And you have this feeling that you're always in love. I'd be like, I've got feelings here. Mm-hmm. It seems like he really loves her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, even when like she comes to the plaza and he greets her, he even like puts his hands out on the beat of like the song that's going through her head. Like yeah. that's, that's like, like he's done this great idea. Let's meet in New York on, on Valentine's day. It sounds lovely. He's being great. really lovely. Yeah. He gives her a gift. I thought it was from Tiffany's cause it's in the blue box, blue but it's bag, not, it? it's a ring, but it was his mother's. He had them size it down. He goes, she had really fat fingers. Really quite funny. It was, um, she says that, oh, and she goes, you know what I like about us? We're not those people who need surprises. I've got my notes. Were you expecting to be given his ring at this moment today? Because no. if not, you know what that's called? <laughs> a surprise. It's called a surprise. <laughs> Flipping heck. Back to Seattle. Joan is having a tantrum because Sam's going away for the weekend with Victoria. Uh, Sam talks to himself about, I'm getting laid this weekend. That's what I'm doing. Do you know what, though? That's quite a nice scene. Because yes. it's like slam, slam, shout, shout. <laughs> he goes, I hate you. He goes, no one in the 90s is getting laid. He's like, I'm, I'm only with six or seven people. And then sees Jonah there. He's like, how long have you been there? He's like, a while. Oh, forever. <laughs> he goes, you know what I just say? Six, maybe seven. <laughs> no, goes, eight, eight, eight. Eight. And he remembers eight. the eighth person. <laughs> Uh, Jonah wants to talk about Annie, and eventually just goes, shut up, Jonah. And I'm totally with him. Yeah. He goes, shut up, shut up. Mom <laughs> never told me to shut up. Mom never yelled at me. And they asked, did you see Fatal Attraction? He goes, you wouldn't let me. <laughs> oh, it scared the shit out of me. It scared the shit out of every man in America. <laughs> Especially when she comes out of the bath after being. I've never seen it. Oh, that's going to be, that's going close, right? Yeah. And Michael Douglas? Yeah, that's where the term yeah. bunny boiler comes from. Uh, yes, yeah, I've never seen that. Uh, I learned about that. I learned about that when I was on the, the multi-day stag do. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd yeah. never heard of it before. That's where that term bunny boiler comes from. It means from, a crazy woman, right? Yep. Yeah. Because um, they boil a bunny yeah. in real life. I assumed as much. Well, uh, not in real life, but in this film. The next day, Clarice shows up and Sam's going to leave and they can't find Jonah. Jonah. Sam discovers Jonah's wrong. In the original screenplay, Sam decides not to spend a weekend away because he's afraid he's going to upset Jonah. Hanks found this unconvincing that a grown man would do this, just in the effort that despite his son's feelings, his character would most absolutely be determined to sleep with Victoria after being single for several years. Efren rewrote the scenes so Sam only relents once he learns that Jonah's been stowed away on a plane to New York. Hanks believed the film's drama ultimately benefited from being root in logic, true human behavior. Arch explained that despite some resistance from the actor, Hanks ultimately rode that boundary between being a man and having feelings he's unable to ex- having feelings he is able to express, uh, which was rare for a male character in the 1990s. Efren described Hanks as quote mainly in a part that requires him to be tender and a lot of other things, calling him one of the few actors around who can do tender and irritable and angry all at the same time. She credits Hanks with teaching her that writers should always provide the main actor with something to play off of. So they're never passive or idle during a scene. And they're not idle because they're going over to see Jessica and say, hey, what's going on, Jessica? Where's Jonah? And he's in NY. And the dad, it's kind of a cheap joke. NY? Oh, it means, I mean, no way. I'll be NW. Do you know what? I thought, again, but my brain went no way. So you must yeah. have known that no. most people's brain would go that way. NY, New York. And we're back to flying by map. And we have two lines going across this time. We get to New York and Jonas goes to the Empire State Building and goes, what are you going to do, kid? Spit off the top of it? He goes, no. I'm going to meet, meet my, my new mother. mother. Uh, Not even mom. Mother. 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 And then Jonah goes up to every woman and says, hi, are you Annie? <laughs> what are the odds that no one there was called Annie all day long? Could you imagine if but it were was? were they okay? <laughs> he's on a, he's, the movie ends. Yeah, he's found He's got himself a new girlfriend, but Jonah's on a milk carton. And how long <laughs> is he? How long is he up that 
Empire State Building, right? They suggest he's up there for a very... Oh, hours and hours. Hours and hours. Yep. Now, that guy going up in the lift, you know, taking people up and down, people obviously would walk around to make sure that, you know, nothing untoward's happening. Why would they not go, look, kid? Don't know. You would, wouldn't you? You'd go, there's a kid up here asking everybody, I'm not sure, because they don't know what he's not... 12 because nope. he's not 12 he's eight yep. you'd say it to someone i think some kids lost his parent yeah you would really. yeah. yeah uh actress parker posey was cast in a minor role that was ultimately cut from the film uh nora Ephron wrote her an apologetic letter assuring her the removal was not because of her uh talent Ephron eventually cast her in a larger role in some romantic comedy that someone once wrote called you've got mail um <laughs> which we'll talk about later um in the year dinner time um walter and annie are having uh, dinner in a place that overlooks uh the empire state building which is framed perfectly between them it's the um thingy plaza isn't it? the rockefeller is, center is it 30 rock is there a restaurant there there uh, might be i don't know uh, i don't it's know rockefeller center i think is it i think so i've been to 30 rock so yeah is that what they call it uh, thirty. Well, it's because the it's because the, the the TV show was called Thirty Rock. Oh, it's, okay. ten, it's just Thirty Rockefeller Center. Yeah, I imagine there'd be a restaurant there. Yeah, and mm. it's got a great view of the Empire State Building. That was the well, thing. The, when I went be. to New York, the first day we went to the Empire State Building, I was jet lagged and tired, and I've been up for I don't know how many hours straight. The opposite of jet lag. I said I'm going to bed yet, and we took the kids there, and we're like, oh, I'm so tired. And um, but we got up there, and it was all right. But actually, for the pictures you want, you actually want to go to 30 Rockefeller Center because you want the Empire State Building in your shots of the New York skyline. Do you know what? Uh, talking of New York skyline, I'm glad they kept the Twin Towers in. Yeah. Because that was a period of the time. Because a lot of things they time. Yeah, I don't believe. Uh, but everybody got started to get rid of them. I'm like, I don't understand why. I don't understand, I don't understand why you'd remove them. Why? I don't. It's part of history. Yeah. Keep them There's there. nothing disrespectful about having them up there. No. no. It's disrespectful taking them away. Um. And so she finally goes, she sees the Empire State Building after Walter asks for a bottle of Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise. <laughs> uh, Dom DeLuise, you're, he was in the Muppet movie. He was. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who, uh, he's lost his way and Kermit says, have you tried Harry Krishna? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was the joke that took Liam three times to try and get. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I still don't remember. <laughs> Dom DeLuise was also the guy who was in the um, Cannonball movies with... Uh, yeah, he's he's in a lot of stuff. He's a comedic kind of a... Yeah, yeah. He's almost a punchline unto himself, actually. Yeah. By the time it was getting towards the end. Sam's in New York. Uh, he pays off a taxi guy to get a cab. Look, money, money, money. And we head towards New York. Uh, sorry, the Empire State Building. Jonah struggles with not finding any. He's crying. Walter, meanwhile, at the restaurant says, I don't want to be with someone that some... I don't want to be someone that someone else settles for. I agree. And she's mm. like... And she even asked him, she goes... She goes she says, I don't deserve you. And he goes, well, okay. She goes, are you okay? He goes, yeah. And I'm like, no, this no. is too easy. You are, you are making this so I don't shitty. hate her. Shit. This is designed. Shit, when he shit, said, shit, 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 I'm not, I don't want to be the one shit, that people shit, just shit, settle shit, for. Yeah. So much gravity there. He just gave her his and mother's it, ring earlier in the day. Like yes. He was all in. All in. Like I get that he's a rational guy. And that can be his character. But this movie's going, don't hate her. Do you know what yeah. the rational thing to do here is go? Is to, is to actually have an emotional reaction and be like, what do you mean? Where has this come from? Why is this now yep. happening? Um, the Empire State Building uh. lights up digitally. What are the, uh, 1993, digital. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not natural lights. Uh, she leaves. She goes, I have to go. And he's like... Because it's a sign. Yeah, okay. But... I'm like, this, is, this has been a very eventful dinner, if I may say so. This is not guaranteed. Yeah. Sam goes to the observation deck and they, well, yeah, but it doesn't matter if it's guaranteed or not. Like, that's this whole deal. I don't want to be the one you, yeah, you exactly. settle for. But yeah. I mean, why is she even contemplating? Because she has to know. 
So when her life's over, she doesn't go, was he there? I get that. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Because mm. um, that's the thing that triggers her. The minute she sits down and sees the sees the building, she, it's there. It's all building towards that. It's even him who goes, so she, she, he could be there right now. Like yeah, they even make true. him bring it up. Yeah. But the film's trying to, yeah. Uh, we, uh, Sam goes to the observation deck and they reun- he reunites with Jonah. He asks, look, have I screwed anything up for you? Have I been speaking so bad? He goes, no, no, you've been great. So, uh, cut to Annie running somewhat labored. And it's because she hated the shoes she was wearing. They were uncomfortable. She ran. <laughs> um, Annie's too late and they say, nope, no one else up there. And then she sort of pitches the movie and the elevator guy's like, fair to remember she goes you've seen it one of my wife's favorites and up she goes and we get the great one character goes on as another one gets off like serendipity, serendipity kind of thing yeah and uh we're like no oh no i was like if the movie ends like this and they don't meet i'm back on board <laughs> uh, she asks if she could have a minute the old guy's like yeah i don't want to go home uh, yeah. <laughs> she looks at the horizon and notices jonah's missing bag with why the would bear. you stop going through it I don't know. I'm okay with it. What? Let's go through the bag. Yeah, it's a kid's bag. It's not like it's someone's purse. Mm. I'd have picked up the bag and gone. A, I'd have, I'd have done two a, things. A, in a post 9 11 world, that bag would not have been allowed to have been that left would there. Not, no. Oh, exactly. No. That's another thing. Yeah. Um, so, especially the Empire State Building. Jeez. Yeah. Um, that's another thing. People must have been on top of the Empire State looking around when, when it was happening. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck um and so then jonah and sam come back and i actively booed and he goes sam, jonah goes are you annie she goes yes and then tom hanks goes you're annie and everyone meets everyone including howard the bear and then hanks goes we we, we better go and she looks upset and i'm like i don't know why you're I, I don't know why you're doing this tom hanks why no. why you why? he goes shall we and they go hand in hand. They can't stop looking at each other as they Fucking walk. Stupid. We get the song, <laughs> not Georgia apparently, but Make Someone Happy by Jimmy Durante. And the doors close and Jonah just stares ahead as the film ends. Uh, we then go to the map and the shooting stars go over the situation. Uh, the studio was initially denied permission to shoot some of the film's final scenes at the Empire State Building. That would have been a tough sell. Um, that is very digital looking though. Yeah, very computerized oh there's a there's a shot that's absolutely not there's a shot of jonah overlooking it and it zooms out from jonah all the way uh, obviously a helicopter shot this yeah 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 um the management originally refused to close the observation deck to allow the filming efren strongly believed that you're only two phone calls away from anybody and uh, knew the she knew the publicist who's representing the building owner the building owner leona helmsley was in prison for tax evasion at the time after this weird to think someone owns the building yeah after discussing the matter with her publicist uh, who visited her in jail, Helmsley granted them permission to use the building for only six hours. This allowed them to film the helicopter shot, Annie's lobby scene, and Jonah searching the observation deck for Annie. Uh, the observatory in which they finally meet, that is a replica built on a uh, naval base near Seattle rather than New York City. You kind of got the feeling of that, though. Uh, Hanks wasn't the only cranky one, as it turns out. I've got my final note here. A set designer reported that uh, working with Ephraim was so difficult that they literally begged to be fired from the film. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be bad, then, hasn't it? So there we go. And that is Sleepless in Seattle. I got bitten by a mosquito. We're in the end game now. And we are in the end game now as I try to take this thing towards the finish. Please join me on that journey. Uh, we need today's random word, please. Oh, oh yes, um, random word. Uh, uh, private investigator. <laughs> Pr- 
so private investigator or PI will take whatever PI, you got there. Yeah, yeah. But also we had a two-word random word. The money, money, money. $21 million budget. What does this take home? Let's start with Georgia. 140. Liam. Uh, that's big. What was the what was the opening? Twenty one million dollar budget. Twenty one million. Uh, one eighty. And Ethan. Oh, I feel like I'm highballing. Um, uh, three eighty. Yeah, you're definitely high. Uh two twenty seven point eight. So Liam wins. <laughs> how would you make the film today if you had to? How, how what would you have to change? The A lot script. of stalking. <laughs> Just I mean, so I guess, I guess I'm saying more along the lines of what, because there's certain elements of technology that have gotten in the way of some elements. How, what else would have had to change in the modernization of it? Like having them not be on social media, or at least one of them not be on social media, because you'd be like, you'd have like the Rosie O'Donnell friend be like, I tried, but I can't find them. You'll have to try, blah, 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 blah. like, and then you'd hire a PI and then go from there. But like, it's still stalking and it's not okay. You wouldn't have had a PI there, would you? You could have just done that all over the internet, couldn't you? Well, not necessarily if they're not on the if one of them's not on the internet for whatever reason. Uh, yeah. I'm sure we're also at a point where like men are, like are willing to openly talk about their feelings, especially for something like that, and no one's really calling into like a radio talk show as much, at least now. And You're not like do the demo, yeah, the demographic for that is more like stay at home. A kid's either not stay, be doing that. Let's yeah, either stay at home mums or like older people. Like it'd be it'd be YouTuber to be a podcast. Probably yeah. a YouTube filmed version of a podcast is is what would happen. Yeah. Hey guys, it's your boy. Today we're talking about yeah. this little <laughs> guy sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, you wouldn't have given that 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 title. No, no. Um, so there we are. Uh, the Oscars, well, the awards anyway. Two Oscar nominations. Anyone want to have a guess? Uh, uh, sound. Music. What do you mean by music? Ethan, you get more specific, buddy. Oh, uh, score. Uh, nope. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, cinematography. No. The other version of music. Editing. What is the other version of music? Li- license. License music. Yeah. Uh, there's there's no there's no award for best licensed music. There's one for best original song. Oh, is that what it is? Best original song. I was, I knew it was to be. That's Harry Connick Jr. with a wink and a smile. Oh, okay. That's, that's why you was, asked was, me to clarify. No, no, that's that's the theme for the movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. Best original song written for oh, this. I didn't know that. Uh, also, best original screenplay. So all those rewrites. Screenplay. Yeah. All those rewrites that was got be there. The next one. They didn't win. Uh, the piano won for best screenplay. Streets of Philadelphia won for best uh, song. Uh, two BAFTA noms. This one is best score and best screenplay. Mm-hmm. I mean, three Golden Globes, best film music or comedy, best actor music or comedy, best actress music or comedy. Nah. Okay. They're not really best. You only got nominated for, well, it's music or comedy, so for the Golden Globes, it's different. But don't feel too bad for Tom Hanks, because the guy who won the Oscar that year was Tom Hanks for Philadelphia. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah. So he won the Golden Globe for best actor in the other category, and then he won the Oscar. So he's done. He He had a pretty good 1993. And 94, didn't he? Yeah, 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 that's the start of the back-to-back. So, really, Sleepers in Seattle, I think, is the last kind of paycheck-y kind of movie he does for a long time. Because you've got males more about going back to the well and doing it one more time and having a, having a, you know what I mean? Like, it's not something he's doing well, for a paycheck. Type thing. Like, I don't think Sleepers in Seattle's like, let's get him. The gimmick wasn't let's put him back together again. It just no, happened to work out happened. that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas you've got male is very much let's get the band back together. Yeah, it worked. Yeah. Whereas Runaway Bride was a disaster. Yeah. Something like this is, is, is tremendous. There's actually a fourth movie they've done together, I found out. Really? In 2015, we won't be doing it. It was something that was, she, she directed. And, uh, and it's like they're both like divorced 
ex spouses, I guess. Okay. Whose kid has died, but they're like side characters in a, in a larger thing. That yeah. So it's we're not going to do that one. We're doing the, the, the three big romantic comedies. Is kind of the gimmick we're after here. When a man loves a woman's a good film with her on it. Okay. French Kiss. You know, there's lot, lot, lots of good oh, movies. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, who would you cast as who? I think we've done most of this already. Uh, we just talking about spot for Liam. And are we saying I'm Tom Hanks? Is that where we're going? Yeah, I think so. All right. It's scared the shit out of every man in America. I can do, I can, I can do grumpy and, and then and talk about my feelings. Sure, I can do that. Why not? You can talk about it. And you're, yeah. you're funny. I'm not. <laughs> well, so helps in a movie is someone else writes the, well, I was going to say someone else writes the words for you, but in, in my case, I'm going to have to go and like talk you, them you, into giving me better lines. You get child you? fired, yeah. You get child fired. I'll do that, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe that's who Liam was. Maybe Liam's the child who wouldn't uh, sh- shut up when he's not supposed to be on, st- on, on set. <laughs> Got fired. Uh, you could be, you could be, um, actually, you know what? You play really well. We, we, we bounce off each other well. So I'm gonna, I think you should be, um, oh, Victor Garber. Oh, okay. And we can do the scene about like, <laughs> yeah, shooting. That'd be fun. <laughs> I love that scene. That'd be good. Um, oh, something we started last time, Georgia. Ooh. New things. Muppet this movie. Yeah, Muppet the movie. Who would be... I'm going to need more clarification. So you have to put Muppets in the movie. You have to use a Muppet cast if one person gets to stay... Um, Gets to stay human. So obviously Jonah needs to be... um, Is his name Walter? Yeah. Yeah, Walter. Yeah. So who's the human? Um, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is the human? Yeah. Because you you have Miss Piggy as Annie. And that's funny. Oh, or you could do Kermit and and Robin as Jonah. Yeah. I just want to see Kermit be like, shut up, Robin. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Why I, think, I think Beaker uh, would be a great Walter because they're always on the edge of both breaks. See, my thought was Walter's the one human. <laughs> like, there, there's the idea that they're not supposed to end up together. He's just, it doesn't have to be the main guy. It's just who's, who's the guy who ends up being yeah, the, but he's the not, human. He's not enough of, enough of it for it to work. Otherwise, it's just a Muppet movie, not a Muppet movie with the humans. Like Janice with the Electric Mayhem could be Dr. Marsha Fieldstone. Yeah, I would Rosie O'Donnell be? Because I... Fuzzy in a wig. Fuzzy in a wig. Fuzzy in a wig. Or you could have just like one of the chickens and just do the bit where like... <laughs> the, like Miss like, like, like Piggy has to go, You're right, she does say this. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you sent the letter? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, be brilliant. Uh, so yeah I think that's pretty much it that's funny alright yeah. uh, that was a recommendation from Kara who, who I knew from back she, I love she, that. she said something about uh, Lord of the Rings and we have we had a lot of fun with uh, what did we do last week we did Truman oh we did uh, Truman Show yeah. yeah yeah it was a great idea so uh, uh, what do we have next uh, does this film have a villain problem there really isn't a villain in it no other than the stalking other than Meg Ryan I guess Meg, yeah, Meg, Meg Ryan, Ryan is, is the, the villain, villain. <laughs> like, again they try to make Victoria the villain but she's not the villain she's a competition yeah, yeah, yeah. this is not good whose like story it is, bad. is it it's it's did Sam's. you get it did you yeah, get the I think, one I think I did uh, look I th- what it did to me yeah it's what it's Sam and Jonas doing. isn't it Hurts. Uh, yeah it's probably more Sam's than Jonas yeah. ever so slightly yeah. Yeah, well, they make it more Jonas. Although he's the last image, like they're busy looking yeah. at each other, and the doors close, and he's looking out at the. Uh, yeah, a, a shot I always love is when someone looks straight ahead. When the I said Ocean's Eleven, two totally different movies, but they both end with <laughs> kind of on a character with the, the doors close on their face, just staring straight ahead. It's cool because yeah. Andy Garcia. That's how he, it ends for him when uh, he's been robbed. I love Andy Garcia. Yep. Did you know that Andy Garcia played Jonah in this film? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Andy Garcia is a twin? Is he? Yeah. Did the but, twin die? Yes. Yeah. He was on his back. 
Conjoined? Conjoined. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. wow. Um, musical inspiration. Songs that should have been in the Ooh. soundtrack. I got one. Blind Melon, No Rain. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, guess who? Come on to the rain. Oh, that sounds a little bit rough now, actually. And it's hard to hold a candle in a cold Seattle rain. <laughs> okay. Because that one's... Cause that Is that rough. November rain? Is that what you're November doing here? Rain, okay. Yeah. I don't really like November Rain. Oh, I love that song. Oh, I'm not really a fan. Um, when we were doing best rock bands and Julian kept going on about it, I'm like, I hate this song. Oh, I love November Rain. <laughs> I like that guitar. It's oh, so yeah. overindulgent. Oh, uh, that's why I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. uh, In a New York minute, ooh, everything can change. <laughs> it had to be you. <laughs> oh, there we are. Yeah. Uh, New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose concrete jungle where dreams are made of. But like the clean version, not the one with Jay-Z in it. Yeah. The one that's Alicia Keys and uh, uh-huh. just by herself. Every breath you take. I'll be watching you. There we go. I think we'll leave that one there. We're not get better from that. Um, I'm on a boat. <laughs> Georgia, roll a woman. Um, she's, she's a stalker and people tell her it's okay and that's not okay like this is not what you do and she's leading on her fiance and she's being a bit of a dick and it makes me upset i genuinely wanted it to end without the meeting because fuck you like that's not okay no where do you end it okay here you she doesn't deserve a happy ending where do you no, leave, she doesn't where do you leave it for tom though Finding solace in the fact that he is building a relationship with his son again and being more open. It's a very subtle ending you're going for. <laughs> well, yeah, he can you know what, son? What's that, Dad? I've learned that maybe for now, this was enough of a step for us. Yes, I think so, too. Maybe, maybe, just for now, we're not having to think about breathing in and out anymore. Maybe we're just getting on with the day. Such, all the trappings of a rom-com and you at the end. Just a subtle life lesson. I just thought of another song. <laughs> any any song. Don't know. That's uh, John Denver. Okay. Um, Leaving on a jet, jet plane. plane. <laughs> Half our episodes. Um, where are we at here? I actually think, right, I love the ending when, you know, they meet. I get goosebumps when I saw yep. that, right? But the lead up to it, yeah, it's a bit, isn't it? Because I had to end that way because that's the way... Uh, the a night to remember or the affair to remember ended, wasn't it? That's how that ended, and it had that very old school feel about the way that was shot and everything. So we were always going to have that ending, but everything leading up to it was just not really. I felt Tom Hanks's character was more genuine when he saw her walk through the airport. You know, see her in the middle of the road. That's a nice little scene. Her standing there. And startled because, oh shit, I'm, I'm not observing anymore. He's seen me. I hate to add to the runtime, but how could I dance with another? Woo! When I saw her standing there. Uh, favorite character, Georgia? Um, annoyingly, Tom Hanks. Nothing against him in this film. That annoys you that you couldn't find anything against him? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Liam. I quite liked uh, Bill Pullman. Yeah, okay. Because he got the rough end of the deal. And I think he handled things quite well, but too well. Yep, I agree. But, um, yeah. I, yeah, come. I, I was going to say Walter as well. I just left the film feeling really, really bad for Walter. Uh, I'm going to go Meg Ryan. 
Meg Ryan's great in this film. She's a good reactor. Yeah, they get her to do a bunch of stuff we don't, don't want her to do. So as a character, I guess they want for performance instead. Mm. Meg Ryan's so great in the scenes where she has to say things without saying anything at all. You say oh. it best when you say nothing those car, at those all. Those car reaction scenes are good. Are good so the car reactions, the bit where she's in the, the, the closet with, with the radio, the bit where... Oh, wait till um, you get to You Got Mail. Oh, <laughs> oh she, was she in that? Was she? Um, geez. Uh, then we've got a favorite moment or element, Georgia. Um, the bit where it made me think that they weren't actually going to meet, and then they did, and that ruined it. <laughs> All right, Liam. Uh, the bit where Rita Wilson is doing the <laughs> fair to remember, yeah. and then they do the dirty dozen thing because you're with her. You 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 you're like, oh yeah, she gets it too because we've just seen it with the others, and it's a female yep. thing. And then they start taking the piss, and you're like, well, it's a slow to catch on to start with because you think that he's being serious. Yep. And then the and then Guber, what's the name? Gerber. Oh, Victor Garber. Yeah, Garber. Him. He um he joins in. Then you're like, oh, that's funny, actually. You know, and she always tries not to laugh. Indeed. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I mean, you've already talked about the uh, the car scenes, which I think are, are brilliant. I really do. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I think this movie sticks to the ending. I think it does. So. Yeah. I'm going to make up for George's curmudgeonly viewpoint and go, this is the first time. I haven't seen this film in 20 years, at least. It's been a while. And I actually went, wow, that's a really nice ending. Isn't it? I gave him goosebumps. Yeah, I'm less cynical maybe now than I was. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. Oh, um, it's not often me, that- me. Oh, Ethan, sorry about that. It's okay. Pick me, um, pick me. <laughs> it might be just a like a false reading. Um, but there's the part, the part where, where Rosie O'Donnell and, uh, Meg Ryan are watching an affair to remember. And Rosie O'Donnell is really cynical and she's like, oh, I was divorced and then I met this other guy and he sucked too and this tree sucked. And then she's, she's watching the film's like, oh, but I love this part and like kind of falls back into that. Just want to be happy, want to be with us. I thought that was really interesting for for a character, and then it never like continued, which was a shame. I think it's this notion that uh, what you have is um, what happens in movies isn't real life. You know, Alf mm. was the tree. What do you mean a dead tree? Well, if a dead tree came over, I wouldn't. The tree guy wouldn't come over. You don't love? I didn't say love. <laughs> I mean, you kind of skip that part, but the idea that re- life is chaotic, but movies give us meaning and destiny and dreams. And so maybe it's a little bit of a wink going, don't judge this too seriously. It's just a movie. Mm. It's not real. It's not real life. So there we are. Um, let's go with Grumble. I don't know, Georgia. You seem to have been pretty positive <laughs> on it so far. Yeah. I've said all I need to say. This is not okay. Imagine flipping the roles. It's not okay. All right, Liam? Uh, I, I echo what um, Georgia says to you because, in, especially in this day and age, it doesn't doesn't sit well. Um, my issue, um, again, in this day and age, and that should have been right from word get go. Why would you put a transvestite amongst the cha- chainsaw killer and piece of dialogue? Drug not, addicts, not aged well. You know that's yeah. that's not funny. Nope, not funny in any way, shape, or form. They thought they were being edgy, and clearly. Um, yeah, I mean, even the word transvestite. Yeah. Like, you know, Rocky Horror, sweet transvestite, you know. that's a Transvestite's a word that was used... To describe men and women cross-dressing back in the day. It's weird. I've never... I believe you. I've never heard it applied to a woman dressed as a man. 
not but, so you, much but, now. But, but you don't hear so much about women dressing but, as men. But early, early on, like in the like turn of the century and stuff. We have a much... Actually, George and I released in our most recent episode of uh, Friends of the Podcast another thing that's... Fu- uh, I think it's more successful being funny. I think this is it's not even a great line in this movie. Mm. We talk about a joke that was done in Friends, which was actually, I think, they pulled it off very well. It's actually an iconic scene in in the early seasons of Friends, but it has not aged well at all because it, the, the punchlines that Chandler was sexually abused mm. by this Taylor. Yeah. And it's played for jokes and really, really funnily. Like, it's it's encoded really, really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't. This is just a throwaway line where you're like, you could have put, you you put, put anything else in there. Why does that anything. come in there? Why? Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I mean, Buffalo Bill, Silence of the Lambs, we talked about him. Yeah. Mm. And so, you know, is the only thing I can go of is that is that film that significant? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Where somehow that version of him has made its way into the public consciousness as he is the representation of that. Maybe. No, he's not only well, that. I mean, it's like a, he, he's even That's because he's, he's that. Well, no, because he's always he's a murderer. He's always everything's on top of it. It's not because he's a transvestite, but he does these things. Yeah. Yeah. It just suggests that, you know. Someone who is a transvestite is wrong yep. in some way, and that's not the case. It's sitting on top of your headphone bed. <laughs> there you go. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> it's just sitting. Yeah, I got mosquitoes in the house. Uh, it's by, by your eye. <laughs> Bastard. There we go. Do you get I it? I got it. Excellent. Hey. Uh, Ethan. George and Liam both kind of like hit my points really well. Um, so I'm going to go with another thing, which like is just a bit irksome. The the like 20 minutes of the uh what's it is it noah jonah jonah Jonah. Jonah, there we go uh of jonah on the plane to all that it kind of feels like like there to me it feels like the runtime is padded a bit with some of this especially like the i watched you from the beach kind of thing where like it some of the scenes i don't understand the the reasoning when you could sort of streamline it to make the narrative you need a little bit stronger you need her to give up yeah, and the yeah. only way to do, and you also need to frustrate the audience, and you do this by giving us a. Oh, if only they'd said hello. In real life, you would have done. Nah. Yeah. Uh, mm, I don't like the kids. Yeah, I don't like the kids. I hate Jonah less than I remember hating Jonah, but I hate the girl oh, way more oh. than I remember hating the girl Talk before. Attitude. <laughs> so you know, the characters are kind of you know the only ones who are. You know, when when Tom Hanks said that the character of Sam was underwritten, jeez, I mean, the character of Victoria is woefully underwritten. Yeah. She's just shrill. That's her character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Janice before Janice. Yeah, she's shrill, and Walter's just a nerdy, nice guy. Like, they're so one-dimensional. Yeah. So it might be the number of people who say, and you have to do it to get the ending you want. I get it. But the number of people who go, it's okay. No, what you're doing is totally fine. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah. I thought Walter was going to die because I, I thought the whole, like, I, the first time I've ever seen this. So I was like, oh, Tom Hanks' wife is dead. So that means that we're going to have to find a way for, for them to meet. So we're going to kill Walter in the car crash because he's in a separate car and they just got oh, engaged. That's clearly, and I was what so you, what, do you, what do you think this is? Rebel without a cause? <laughs> yes. Someone's going to get over a death that quickly? Come on. No, I thought it was going to be about two people, like, coming together and dealing with their loss and grief at two different parts like of the journey and i was so woefully wrong all right let's do uh, anybody's best role ever mm, not hers no. not 
hit. Oh, they're not going to hit us, no. No. Uh, everyone else has been better things, so no. Absolutely. Uh, means we're at this. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Age game, age game. Let's all play the age game. We are running long. Tom oh, Hanks. This might be Benny and June. Jeez. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Tom Hanks. Oh, uh, 93. 33. Ooh. 35. 34, then. <laughs> He's 36. Georgia gets hey. the point. Oh, well done. Uh, Meg Ryan. <laughs> you, sorry? Meg Ryan. 31. 29. Uh, 20. No, 32. Ian wins. He, she's 31. Boom. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell. Oh. Quick fire round. 34. 33. No! 31. Ian's the closest. She's 30. Uh, Bill Pullman. You're good. Is Bill Pullman Walter? Yeah. Uh, 34. <sighs> 32. 36. Ian gets that again because he's 39. And then finally, Ross Rallinger, no. the little boy Noah. 8. 10. 9. 8! Hey. Hey. Anyway, <laughs> so that's 3 to Ian, 2 to Georgia. Well done. When do they have a cast of the age? I've been doing better these last few weeks. I've been doing rubbish. Yeah, you have. It's when been... I am going quick, I think the adrenaline sets in for you. Uh, where are we at now? We've done the age game. Now it's time for the critics. The critics, the good, the bad, and the eaves. Georgia, what we got? We have got Vincent Camby from the New York Times. He says, Nora Ephron, Sleepless in Seattle is a featherlight romantic comedy about two lovers who meet for the first time in the last reel. It's a stunt, but it's a stunt that works far more effectively than anybody in his right mind has reason to expect. Uh, then we have got Jonathan Rosenborn from Chicago Reader. He says, if one could ignore all the s- straining for lightness here, this is watchable enough, though hardly anything resembling a tearjerker. And then finally, we've got our good friend Roger Ebert. Ebs. He says, sleepless in Seattle is ephemeral. Ephemeral? Ephemeral? Yeah, that's it. I can never get that word right. As a talk show, it's contrived as the late show, and yet so warm and gentle, I smiled the whole way through. That was Ebs, yeah? Yeah, it was Ebs. Excellent. Uh, yeah, 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. So a generally uh, well-received kind of uh, film. Uh, 6.8 uh, on the IMDb, though. I think that's probably that man vote. Uh, there are people who usually responded to us who said things like, oh, uh, you know, haven't seen this one. We'll, 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 we'll listen to your podcast. I'm just going, hey, that sounds a little bit like, uh, you know. Mm, what? That sounds, you know, the breadth. It's not a boy movie. Boys don't watch this. It's something our pod does, which I'm really quite proud of, as we do a full range of movies. So uh, let's take a look at uh, where we are at. We have I put out a fleece, as I'm known to do. Is it a great film, good film, okay film, or poor film? 46% called this a good film, with 15% going great, 23% saying okay, 16% going poor. So I'll say we're going, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, 61% if you add up the great and the good for our own little sort of internal rotten tomato metric yeah um i suppose the last week's movie was like 90 percent yeah. 0% said it was a poor film georgia it's not truman ba- show zero percent I, I get it. it's not a badly made film oh, okay. i just don't like it fair enough uh let's go with uh anything from the friends of the podcast no wow it says a lot about the film doesn't it, it says a lot about film podcasts i think yeah and, and what people are expecting to hear about audience yeah. I yeah. even double. Yeah, you did a reminder thing. I saw that. I did a reminder, yeah. and I also did a test to go through to make sure that the link I yep. put up was working. Okay. Yeah. 
So there we go. At very least, I was hoping Richard would come and tear it apart. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I, I'd welcome that. Um, let's go ahead then. Maybe the new we'd be running long. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, let's go ahead and do. Is there anything from the fledgling fandom here? Uh, as I said, having closed mine, not much actually, very little. Uh, Lestat says the remake you've got mail was better. Mm-hmm, no one's mentioned that yet. Back when I was a kid, and a film was a film was a film. I honestly thought Hanks in the same boat as bumbling floppy bonnet boy Hugh Grant. Turns out I wasn't old enough to see his other movies yet. Dwayne Smith says I'm not. Oh, sorry, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. I'm not entirely sure I've seen this movie all the way through. Certainly not confident enough to put it in the fifth chair. Good film from what I remember. And Ed from the film effects says didn't vote because I've never seen it. Never had any interest in this one, but I'll be listening anyway. That's kind of what I'm talking about. People who got a hold of us saying, hey, there's this uh, there's this thing here, and uh, I'm not sure it, it fits. If you're in your Tarantino blow em up sort of stuff, maybe Sleepless in Seattle's not your gimmick. But if you're into car chase movies and martial arts... <laughs> so not you mean let's talk about if you have this film or episode you will like well do joe versus the volcano for one yeah um whatever rom-com sort of things have we done pretty woman pretty woman yeah we've done love actually we've done bridget jones yeah i love bridget jones. in time is a good in time about time yeah about time, about time even good. yeah in times that justin timberlake one um, too bad either yeah but it's definitely not a romantic comedy no <laughs> uh, oh, if you oh. want romance we did the notebook we did The Crow. It's a very good romantic <laughs> yeah, comedy. It's got, it's got romance. It's got comedy. It's a romantic you know, comedy. <laughs> That's about as deep a cut as we get at the BFE. <laughs> Ethan is frozen. Hopefully, one. Yeah, you want to try it again? Oh, hi, I'm back. Yeah, if you want a romantic film with a little kid who's better than Noah, Jerry Maguire. Cause oh, Jerry, Jerry Maguire. Little, he's great in he, that. He is, actually. He's way better. So all those uh, good choices there as far as we go. Time for our ratings our ratings where are we going to go with this let's start off with georgia <laughs> um i just don't think it's very good i can appreciate the acting performances but i don't think the story is very good and i don't i just don't massively like it i think it's complete i, I was gonna say it's, it's completely unrealistic and no films don't have to be realistic but like the fact that everyone the movie's like she's a good person and i'm like no, i don't think she is um it just put me off it massively um but it's relatively well made i don't hate how it's made and i don't hate the acting um so i will give it a mm, seven signs that aren't signs out of ten wow let's go let's go ethan i wasn't expecting that not me either (laughs) neither was i and now i've been thrown off um this is like last week when you came in way higher when i thought it was you yeah I think last week yeah you were kind of down it the whole way and you came in like really high (laughs) ethan and i were like Oh, you give it, yeah, you give it an eight, and we were like, "What is this?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you got today, uh, Ethan? Sorry, what you got today? Oh no, um, I I enjoyed this. This is the film that like thrives when you do a deep dive and like analyze every character choice. And um, I I still kind of enjoyed this. This is much like Rosie O'Donnell's character, like you said a bit before. It's a film. It's it's a rom com. It's got that air of like magic and whatever. And I get that. Um. These films aren't made for me. It's probably a reason I've not really watched many Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks, just rom-coms in general. This is cute. It's fun. It's nice. Never going to see it again. But I am. I'm actually. I'm really glad that I watched it. So for that, I'm going seven of a seven and a half times that someone's gone. I'm allergic to bees. I'm allergic to bees. Out of ten. Yeah. Okay. So I thought I liked this movie better than I did. Um. I still like the ending. The ending, um, if there was a different build-up to that ending, I think that'd be a better movie. Um, 
because there are ropey bits in it. Uh, I I still like this movie, oddly, because um, I do like certain aspects of it. I do like um, how Meg Ryan reacts to certain things. I do love how Tom Hanks is a bit more funnier than I thought he would be, um, and quite coarse at times. Uh, I love the soundtrack. I love the feel of the movie. It's got that, maybe it's because of my 90s growing up, I've got that nostalgic feel for the 90s. So I have a little bit more of a warm feeling for that sort of era. Uh, So with that, I'm going to give it seven seconds away as I'm staring at you on the beach out of ten. Okay. (laughs) All right, my go. (laughs) Your go. I remember disliking this film more more than I felt. So I watched this and was actually sitting there going, when it was over, I had a big smile on my face. And I went back with my notes and went, you wanted to make a timeless film. You missed it just by that much. Yeah. Because unfortunately, you know what a timeless film can't do? <laughs> and it's give us a couple of lines that are just like, oh, if you just hadn't put this line in here. And there's no need. Yeah. It's it's the attempt to be, what was the 90s? The 90s were the attempt to push the envelope, and it was the start of it. And it starts there, and it goes till about 2004 and five, and then we go, oh, shoot, we shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. And then we start to go back the way we came. Um, in some sort of, maybe I'm a little bit late on 2000, maybe it's a little later in 2005. The 90s, the 90s are the attempt to try and go a little bit sarcastic, a little bit, whatever, and that's why she's hired. And that that line, the line we spent a fair bit of time tonight talking about um, from Rosie O'Donnell, that's got to come right out of Nora Ephron's perspective. It feels like if it your job was like to make it feel sarcastic and snarky, which is what it seems like her her, her remit was, mm-hmm. that seems like something out of there. And it was just really poorly placed. And the minute you look back at it, you go, because oh, I think for the most part, they've nailed it. I think it is a timeless film with this one line where you're going, what are you thinking? And then certain elements of stalking-like behavior that we would definitely identify as being toxic and red flags and all that sort of stuff now. And it's a film that's not meant for me, and it's not meant for you. It is meant for women. Mm. Uh, it's it's funny that you have Tom Hanks say the line, "Oh, it's a fl- it's a film for it's a film for chicks," <laughs> in the middle of his own film that's clearly meant with a female demographic in mind. But the ending that is, is, is just uh, yeah, I don't like how they got there. I don't like that basically Walter ends up being Tom Hanks's wingman. No. But the end, there's still something movie magic about it. There, there really is. is. And they I, leave I and I. Cheers. They've got absolute brilliant chemistry. And what a great idea to keep them apart till the very end. Yeah. Yeah. The, the so, bit they didn't want them to, did they? In the early days. Film studio thought. No, they thought that was. No, you have to, they have to meet cute at, these, at the start of the second act, the yeah. end of the first act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so as a result, I, I like this better than I, I thought I was going to. I have deducted a score for. Or of a line you've referred to as ropey. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I want my movie on that. Uh, it's weird. It gets nominated for Best Original Screenplay. I think there's a line we'd very much like back yeah. out of that. Um, Jeff Arch, I hope you're still spending your sleepless in Seattle money because I'm going to give this eight excited in East Anglias. <laughs> out of ten. Wow. I actually, I actually was sitting there going, "Is it eight and a half? Is it nine? And then, and then, um, as an overall, and then I went back over into my head, and when I got it, I got to talk about that one scene, mm. and then there was just some things with how far is too far, with what 
with unfortunately what Annie's character does both to Tom Hanks and to Walter. And I'm just going, I just don't like her. No, and that, it's hard to like it. You know what? It's Meg Ryan's performance that saves it because it is. It, in, a, in a lesser actress's hands, oh my God. She has that endearing you, about her, doesn't she? You know what it is? It, it's like the positive version of Andy McTell's character from Four Weddings where because of her performance, I dislike her more. But yeah. in this, she has she has a more endearing charisma. I'll give it that. Uh, this week, uh, well, all we have really to do is to figure out what we're doing next week actually but Ooh. as we march towards that just want to thank one more time our patreon backers that's julene hermes james de guzman lena oberholzer ensign and davies chris peterson randall silva Dwayne smith the eatmeister reverend bruce nate the great andy dixon holly callan cheesy with a fish on a bike richard ryan kukets and canadian chris dykstra if you want to know how you, if you enjoy the pod even after all this time <laughs> Yeah, this go ahead. Is the longest run share, share it with a friend. Yada yada yada. Uh, you can get a hold. Look, look at all the good stuff we got available up on the Patreons. Patreon dot com slash bfe. You can't argue. You don't get value for money with a bfe episode. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. As far as like pure minutes per episode, who's bringing out like the bfe? And also, Megs, <laughs> this is not the gauntlet thrown down. Either. Yeah, this is the challenge <laughs> to beat this week. <laughs> no. uh, now the question is, Q Georgia, because you're literally telling us what we're doing next week. Yeah. Are you going to react to it or are you just not? Yeah, do you yeah, want to? Yeah, go on then. Go. All right. Oh, hang okay. on, hang on. I'll get myself set up. Uh, video. You ready? Cool. Yep. Okay. Um, so I have decided to pick a film. We've done a lot of my favorite films. So I was like, I'm going to go a little bit left field because um, why not? Um, and so we are going all the way back to 1976. It qualifies. It wow. is 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. I need to watch it anyway. It's got one of Liam's favourite actors in. We are doing the original Carrie. Woo! Oh! John Travolta. Wait, the original Carrie? The so original we're doing, Carrie. We're doing horror. We're, going, we're, we're pleasing the patrons. We're doing horror. Wow. <laughs> I am a happy little egg. Wow. <laughs> Russell the Post is going to love this. Yeah, that's not horror horror though, is it? I have see. I, I don't. Does this look a face bit, that has any idea what he's in for? Yeah, well, granted, my my yeah. view of horror is different to everyone else. It's like a little bit spooky in the end. Like, it's teen horror. But, yeah, okay. I can handle teen horror. It's like it's like you scream like a bit, a little bit more. Not where I thought we were going. Jeez, not me either. <laughs> that's not where I thought we were going. Big, when you said big film like, summer. Geez. I'm like, mm. yeah, I mean, it fits more the hot film summer branding because of all the fire. Yeah, it's been big fire. film this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Burn you in hell. Oh, just just Woo. don't yell at me when I go. Somebody call my <laughs> the songs next week. All right, so next week we are going to be doing Carrie. Specifically Ooh. the 76, not the 13. We're going to prom. Yeah. Classic carry. There's a second one um, with... We're running way long, oh, Liam. Are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut you off there. So please join us next week as we head back to high school. Yeah. Going to prom. Yeah. As we watch the 1976 version, Carrie. With Sissy Spacek. Spacek, yeah. Spacek. Yeah, and John Travolta. There we go. For best film ever, uh, I've been Liam. I've been Ethan. And I've been Georgia. And first off, we're sorry we've gone so long this yeah. week. I'll try and keep this brief. In fact, I'm going to turn it into an acronym. TTFN. <laughs> That's ta-ta for now. We'll catch you on the flippity-flap. The flippity-flip-flop.